The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. What's up? Oh, shit. <laughs> When's the last time we did one of these? <sighs> two years? Shit. Over two years. A little over two years. Before the pandemic, right? It was like just No, no, before? it was- It was during? It was during. The beginning. Yeah, it was during. Because I remember yeah. I asked, uh, it was a fight companion, and I remember I asked uh, Callan and Shab. I go, if you had a choice, your whole family gets COVID, or your whole family gets hit by a drunk driver on the freeway, what would you choose? Exactly. Exactly. And uh that was the last one, I think. Um yeah. You know, it's been a while. <laughs> Bro, I like the gray beard. Oh, you shit. went with it, huh? Fuck yeah. Fuck dude. it. You become the old wizard. <laughs> dude, I was dying. Uh about a hundred percent of the pictures out there, the old pictures of me with a, a black goatee. Those are, I'll, it's all dying. I would, I started getting gray hair early, dog. Yeah, you were like 30, right? Earlier than that. Really? I was getting, yeah. And at first I'd get like one or two and I would just pluck that motherfucker out, boom. <laughs> you know, and then there was three. I'm like, okay, boom, boom, boom. And then there was like, damn, there's a cluster here, boom, boom. Then I'd be spending, fucking plucking out all the grays. And I go, you know what, I just gotta dye it. So I started dyeing my fucking beard and, uh, <clears throat> You, then you get to a point where you're so goddamn old that it looks fucking goofy. <laughs> like when I see when I see dudes uh, in the, in their fifties and sixties and they're dying their hair. I, if you're a rock star, yes, keep dying your hair. I get it. You know what I mean. You got to keep that image going. But um, you know James Hetfield, he lets the gray go. You know, what yeah, I mean? he can pull it off. Yeah. So I figure, fuck it. I'm just gonna just let the grays uh, embrace the grays. This shit can't be good for you either. That dye. It can't be. We were we we. Uh, what, we're looking at just for men the other day, like people that have had like burns all over their face. Oh, really? From doing that shit? Yeah. Pe huh. Some people have like allergic reactions to it. But there's some new foam that I'm thinking, damn, maybe should I dye this motherfucker again? Is it too late <laughs> to go back to dying? Because there's like, because it's a pain in the ass. Right. Because you, you, at home, you got to fucking die and you're doing, yeah. and then your skin's dyed and then you got to scrub your skin to take the dye off your skin. And then, oh, you got to put a Vaseline around it so there, there's no skin or, or dye on your skin. And then it's a big fucking ordeal. Yeah. And then you get lazy and then you see like grays like half the gray your hair you have hair with half gray half dye and it looks really stupid so um <clears throat> my shit's all yeah hey hey i have no hate for anybody still dying their hair you know i just i, I basically just got lazy there's a weird thing that old guys have that like weird reddish brown color where you know it's dye it looks like shit <laughs> you know that that weird like that weird like they're too old for their hair to be that color anyway and then they got yeah. that weird reddish you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a shitty yeah. dye. Yeah. Some do-it-at-home type shit. Yeah, at a certain age. Let it go. You, it looks ridiculous. Yeah, come it's on, man. Let it go. It's <laughs> counterproductive. <laughs> it's not helping. <laughs> I mean, you, you look, at a certain if you're 80, you look like shit, period. You might look good for 80. Yeah, yeah. You know? Focus on lifting weights. And, yes. and yeah. Be one of those 65-year-olds with your yoked. And, There's a lot of jacked. those guys nowadays yeah. with testosterone a replacement. A lot of inspiration. Yeah. I see a guy that's 65 and he's and his body looks like it's 25. I'm like, yeah. okay, let's try to do that. You yeah, know? that's possible. Yeah, so, um, you know, I got the stem cells in my shoulder. I had yeah. my stem How's that doing? Well, the, the first time I went down to Chipsa, um, 
This is the Tijuana. We should let everybody know this is the place that's in Tijuana. It's run by Scotty Nelson, Ed Clay. Yeah, Ed Clay. He's the man. Scotty Nelson, the man. They're in Tijuana and they got like a on the beach. It's like it's a nice part of Tijuana. It isn't. It isn't like the the favela looking part of t- Tijuana. It's it's by the. I didn't know Tijuana had a beach. I showed him like, damn, this is nice. And uh, they they did. First and foremost, they were a cancer hospital, and then they started doing stem cells. How did they start? Ed Clay is the kind of guy that just wants just to do the best at anything he's doing. He just wants the best. And he was involved in, um, you know, healing people with uh, different herbs and different kind of plants and stuff. And then that evolved into trying to, you know come up with the, not come up, but combine all the best cancer treatments in the world and combine them and use them together. Did he do it because he knew somebody with cancer? His mom was really, um, she had rheumatoid arthritis and uh, it just, I don't know, the whole, like I forget the whole story. I had him on my, uh, I did this podcast and we talked about it, but long story short, Ed Clay and Scotty Nelson are two of the, the most awesome people I've ever met, man. And Fucking great guys. That, yeah, once I, once, they started, um, you remember when Mel Gibson was on your podcast and yeah. he was talking about Panama and how yeah, they're doing Yeah, Dr. Like, Neil Reardon. Yeah, all that yeah. stuff. So Ed Clay is working with one of those guys. They brought the stem cells to Tijuana and um, they just they just started slowly and then just started working on jujitsu athletes and MMA athletes, you know, test it out. And this guy, the guy they brought in from Panama, he's like, he knew, he was like right in it, you know, and... Um, he, I went down there and they, and Ed's like, dude, come down. Because I had shoulder surgery. They reattached my bicep to my shoulder. They did, they did something on my ro- rotator cuff. My shoulder was fucking jacked. And um, it took, you know, after like six months or something of healing, I started rolling again. And I, I came back too soon. And um, one of my students, Michael Plaster, who videotapes my online series, Mastering the the system, he was videotaping me doing this overhook. Uh, it's called the, the Cobra Clinch, and it's like an overhook, but with um, it, it's I'd have to show you on the mats, but it's a it's a great way to hold an overhook, hard to pull out. And I taught th- I taught it, and he's videotaping it, and then afterwards we rolled. He gets me in it, and I couldn't get my arm out. He swept me. He mounted me in the mount. It works too, and I couldn't get my arm out for like five minutes. He was just seeing how long he could hold it. I couldn't. And it was my bad shoulder. And sometimes when you tweak a knee or you tweak an elbow, you don't feel it till the next day. And you're like, oh, shit. Usually when you pop a knee, you don't feel it till the next day. Right. Sometimes, unless it's brutal. That, right after we rolled, dude, I couldn't move my shoulder. I'm like, dude, my fucking surgery shoulder is fucked. It felt, dude, it felt like I just had surgery. You know that feeling when you can't move it? Did you get an MRI? No, but I just felt like it was just fucked. And uh, stayed off it for a couple months, and it just wouldn't heal right. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to have to go back in and fucking get a- another surgery on this thing. And that's when Ed Clay said, dude, before you do that, just come down. Let us sh- shoot you up with some stems and see what happens. He goes, you have nothing to lose. Just come down. And I'm like, okay. So I went down, and, uh, man, they just they got one big syringe and stuck it in the back of my shoulder just one big one boom and went bam and i'm not gonna lie i was 
painful as fuck. I was screaming. I was in this hospital room and I was screaming. Remember when I did ayahuasca or DMT? Yes. Remember when I did DMT and I was like screaming at the top yeah. of my lungs? I was screaming just like that. It hurt so much. I could, it, 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 it was uh, excruciating. But it worked, man. My shoulder came back and it's like, a, you know, a few months later, I forget the exact timeline, but a few months later, it's 100% now. Um, so uh, then I hurt my other shoulder. Tore my labrum, stayed. I didn't know I tore the labrum for a while. I just knew something was off, like, oh shit. I couldn't pick anything up. Like, at the end of every day in class, like, after we mop everything up, we put these dirty, wet mop heads into a plastic bag, and then I test it that way. I go like this, like, oh fuck, it hurts, fuck. And then my good shoulder, I could do it all day. But that's how I know every night I test it. Bam, oof, something's wrong. And I didn't do shit, I hadn't been rolling. The last, the last, Four or five years, man, my rolling has been so sporadic. I'm, you know, I had back surgery in 2016. That was massive. And then shoulder surgery, knee surgery. And then now my good shoulder's fucked up. And I'm just giving it time, giving it months and months. Started getting into yoga, doing yoga every morning. I go, maybe yoga's going to fix it. And it didn't fix it. And then Ed Clay said, come on down. We got it, we got it down now. They, they, the whole system... They got it wired. Because when I when they did this shoulder, they had just started it. And they fixed it. They go, come on down before you get surgery. Come on down. So I went on down. So now they got the system down. You go down, you uh they get you get a they get your hotel, it's all included in the package. You have a hotel in San Diego in the marina. It's beautiful. They pick you up. You stay there at the hotel, they pick you up. So you in stay event. in San Diego? You stay in San Diego. So you don't initially. stay in Diego. No, no, initially. Initially. Oh. You land in San Diego, they pick you up on a Monday morning, you come in Sunday night, spend the night, you wake up Monday morning, they drive you across the border, um, <clears throat> then you stay, there's a nice ass street in Tijuana that looks like LA, it doesn't look like the Tijuana, there's the, I, I hear like the cartel just fixed it all up and everything, but it looks really? nice, there's a street, and there's a Marriott there, it looks like you could be anywhere in the United States, it doesn't look like the TJ you're thinking, the TJ you're thinking does exist, but I, you know, it's there's certain spots there, it's really nice. Because i watching a lot of this uh, yeah. cartel violence that's going yeah. on in Tijuana now. Yeah, none of that's going on by the beach where they're mm -hmm. at. So, how um, big is Tijuana? I don't know. I don't know the dimensions. I mean, is it like big, like Burbank? Like, is it big, like? Uh, I would say. How big is it? I don't know. I have no idea. But it ain't small. Mm. I mean, there's, there's a lot of bad. Most of it's bad and favela looking, but they got some good areas too. And that, and then you you get there Monday. Um, you go get your MRIs right away. Whatever injuries you have, you go get your MRIs. The first time I went, I didn't get an MRI. They just said, they just shot me up. They were just, they were just trying it out. Now they got it down, dude. They got it, they got it down to a science. Now they, they do so much that I wish Ed Clay could explain it. But you go, you get there, you get your MRIs, and then all day you're on NAD. You're on all this. Stuff. It's not just hyperbaric chamber. Hyperbaric chamber every day. A Gerson therapy juices. They got what a, is Gerson therapy? Gerson therapy is a combination of juicing and coffee enemas. Oh Jesus! That's that. That's the, the. That's what saved Javi Vasquez. Javi Vasquez had colon cancer. He did Gerson therapy, and the 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 way to do it if you have cancer, it's something like this. Something like this. You juice all day, like probably eight to ten juicings. You, you and then in between coffee enema, juice, coffee enema. Ju you have to have fresh squeezed juice. Juice. And what kind of juice? Coffee. Um, 
green. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> Spinach, <laughs> uh, beets. Or, I'm not sure, but so it's a lot of fresh green produce. Juices. Green juices. Um, and then it's just juice enema, juice enema, coffee enema. Something and about so the coffee you, enema. It, something about coffee. And It, it probably it, gives you a rush, it, right? Javi Vasquez is, is totally healed. Yeah. You know, so they do a little bit of that there too. They give you a little bit of that NAD uh, with, with the IV, um, <clears throat> hyperbaric chamber chamber every day. Some electro thing that they put on and they pulse on your injuries. They Super healthy everything food, at it. everything all day. They're throwing everything at it. Gerson therapy here is thirteen times a day. One glass of juice hourly, thirteen times a day. You have three or four coffee enemas and perhaps also castor oil enemas. Whoa. Something about those enemas. What's yeah. a coffee enema feel like? It's coffee up your butt. Like coffee in your butt, dude. Is coffee it coffee grounds or actual coffee? Like this coffee? It's like fucking... some black rifle coffee, just squirt up your butt? It's some some lot caramel latte or something. Do you, <laughs> I don't know. Do you know. get a, like a like rapid heartbeat, like stimulated from it? You know, like with uh, the drink in it? I don't remember. I don't Because people take drugs up their butt, right? That's yeah. the reason why they do it. Because yeah. your your body absorbs things. Yeah. Yeah. Into your bloodstream. So I went down and then, you know, got my uh, MRI. And, man, like I said, before I went in for my good shoulder, it was fucked up for a while. I was doing yoga and it just would not heal 100%. So we get that MRI, torn labrum. I need surgery. Mm. So um, it's very, apparently, I'm no doctor, but apparently it's when labrums are torn, it's hard for your body to heal it. It's hard for blood to get there. Yeah. I don't know nothing. That's what I've okay? heard too. But that's what I heard. And generally, um, based on the MRI I got, you have to get surgery. So they said, let's shoot it up. So <clears throat> instead of one big shot, it was four different shots. And now they're using uh, ultrasound. So they're going right to the labrum. So the doctor that's shooting it up, he's looking at a screen and you could see the needle and he's going right to it. Boom, hit it four different ways. And that first month of healing, the first month, uh, I could barely move my arm, man. My arm was fucked. Those from the shots? From the shots. Wow. I could barely, I could barely move my arm. It was, it was, it was, it felt just like I had surgery. And, um, you know, it fixed this shoulder, so I had faith, but I'm like, maybe, I mean, a torn labrum shit. Maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's not enough. Maybe I need surgery. So then um, two months rolled by. And this was, I, I got it done in March, March 20 something. And uh, after a month, I get my range of motion back. After two months, it's feeling a little better. And every day I test it, I grab the bag of dirty mop heads and I, and I do that. Boom, ooh, I still feel it. Damn, don't feel it here. This one's 100%. So that's how I, I gauged it with dirty mop heads. And <clears throat> every day. And then uh, three months go by and I'm like, oh shit doing yoga, and in certain different yoga positions. I tested in this one, I always feel it. Ooh, it feels a little better there in this position. And in certain positions, you could feel it. You feel the little boom, you know? And um, even downward dog, you feel it a little bit. And then the pain started going away, and I go, okay, let me fucking try to do a little jujitsu. So then I started rolling with, you know, little people, you know, and, uh, and girls, just little people, and then it, I felt like I took 10 steps backwards. I'm like, oh, oh shit. Again. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I didn't do shit for like two and a half months, three months, and then it healed, 
it healed a certain way. It was like at ninety five percent. That's why I felt. And then you retore it. So I felt like it it healed a certain way, and my body said, "Dude, I didn't know you wanted it to heal a jujitsu way. I thought you wanted to wanted to heal it in, in a way where you're not doing shit because I wasn't doing anything." So I figured, okay, maybe it's it's just temporary. Take ten steps backwards, let let my body reconfigure, and then heal the jujitsu way. And um, that's what I thought. So I've been waiting, and then I didn't go back to jujitsu. And it's starting to get better. Starting to hit the ninety percent. I could still feel it a little bit. And I'm like, I'm not going to go back to jujitsu and fuck it. I was like worried, worried to start rolling again. And then this is what happened. And I don't know if it was a coincidence or not, but I decided, you know what? I got to start lifting weights, man. I got to get my shit together, man. I at least lift some weights. So I started, I started doing light uh, bicep curls, lightweight, high reps, just bicep curls. And I did, I did like eight sets, just burnt, because I hadn't lifted weights in a while. And did a little back stuff too, but not too crazy. But for a week, you know when you haven't lifted weights for a while, and then you, that first set, that whole week, you're wrecked in that body part? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. My bicep was so, my biceps, I couldn't even straighten out my arms. Like, oh my God, my biceps fucking so sore from all those sets of lightweight, high reps. Then after a week, it heals, and you could lift weights again. And when it healed, my shoulder healed. So I'm thinking maybe since I, I brought all this healing power to my biceps because they were all tore up and my body said, let's go heal those biceps, labrum's right there. And I'm thinking maybe they're like, hey, let's fix this labrum while, while we're here or something. I don't well, know. Well, it was probably on the way to being fixed. Yeah. You probably just aggravated all the tissue yeah. around it because you hadn't used it in so long. And it was probably very stiff. It's 100% yeah. now. That's the nice. shoulders a hundred percent. So it's been like that for about two weeks, and I've been lifting. I've been lifting heavy. Full length rotator cuff tear in my right shoulder. It's completely gone from stem cells. The doctor was freaked out. Doctor Roddy McGee in Vegas. He shot it up, and afterwards uh, we did an MRI six months later. He said, "You have to understand how extraordinary this is." He goes, "That kind of an injury almost always requires surgery," and he goes, "Now you don't even have an injury anymore." He goes, "It doesn't even exist." Like when you sh look at it on the under an MRI, it doesn't exist anymore. Hmm. It doesn't bother me at all anymore. Stem cells are fucking incredible. I got my back shot up too, but that's a whole different animal. I got what was that like? Because that's like when they can actually make your discs fat again, yes. right? Are they yes. going into your discs? Yes. Not. I don't know if they're going into it or around it. I'm not mm. sure, but they shot up my back. I was laying face down, happen? and same day, same day, they shot up my shoulder and they shot How's up. How's that back. feeling? It's hard to say because it's a, like I said, it's a whole different animal. I got steel and titanium and shit and screws and bolts and shit in my back. So I don't did know. They only, screw, they only uh, do that part of your back with the stem cells? Or my lower the... back, L5S1. Mm -hmm. And um, I you know, had an MRI uh, on my back too, and there was some bulging disc type stuff. A, a disc degeneration. Um, Everybody I, in jiu-jitsu has that. I forget what it's called, but there's like facets or something like that that hold your vertebrae mm -hmm. together, they were all worn out too, so they shot those to see if they could regenerate the facets. My back was a wreck. So that's totally different than your shoulder and your labrum, so I don't know. It was, feeling, it was feeling good, it was feeling good, but but 
two days ago, I was weightlifting really, really hard. Uh, like, I just feel so good that my shoulders are back. I started hitting bench, and I was hitting bench and um, putting a little bit of weight on it. It wasn't that light. And I guess I was arching my back mm. a certain way, like wrong, you know. You know, when you're, you arch, maybe I arched it uh, a little too much, but man, I pulled a muscle in my lower back and it's fucked. Right now, my lower back is is uh, frozen. Mm. There's something got pulled back there from doing bench press, so. I've well, been doing we'll a lot of core exercises uh, that like I didn't used to do before where I have a one whole day where I just do core stuff. I just do like back extensions and then sit-ups. Mm -hmm. You know that um, uh, machine? It's a machine where it's like, what is it called, Jamie? The one that we have out there, the Rogue one? It's like uh, you do back extensions and you also do sit-ups on it. It's like GHD. Yeah, glute, hams, buttocks, I don't know. But it's fucking great, and I, I do those with weights. So I'll, I'll do like back extensions, like I hold on to uh, two 25-pound um, dumbbells, mm -hmm. and I do back extensions with that, and then I'll do sit-ups with that. The same thing, that fucking thing. Yeah, glute ham developer. Glute ham developer. That thing's the shit for for. It's great for your glutes too, because at the top you like flex your glutes, and it makes your buttocks. Nice and juicy. What's the difference between that and that hyper thing? The, the, I have, we have that out there, too. The reverse hyper thing is you're using weight and you're lifting your legs up. This is your legs are isolated and you're lifting your back up. Okay. But they're both really good for your yeah. back. So I, I do that a lot. And I do um, these, uh, uh, these straps that strap onto your ankle onto a pulley machine. And I do, like, knee raises, like lying on my back. So I put like a 75-pound kettlebell on the ground. I use that to hold on to. And then I put 100 pounds on the stack of the cable pulley machine. And I put my legs in these straps. And I'm just doing knee raises lying on my back. I'm just pulling my knees towards me, which I think would be really good for jiu-jitsu. Really strong, good muscles for like butterfly guard and shit like yeah. that. Yeah. Yoga for me is, um, that's a, <clears throat> you know, I'm 52 now. You know, you hit 50. In, in my opinion... If you're not doing yoga at least three to five times a week at 50, your body's just going going down. There's just, you got to, you got to. You got to do something. Yeah, it's basically you got to remind your body not to shut down certain angles. That's yeah. what I think yoga is. I think if if you are not doing yoga and you're just sitting watching TV, I think your body is magical, but it's kind of dumb too, in the sense that it just does whatever you do. Like if you just sit there, your body's probably thinking, okay, let's, he wants that body that just sits there. Let's create that body that just sits there. So when you get up, you, you know, you could, your, your back sore and everything. But if you're doing yoga, you're telling your body, listen, I want this. Don't shut that down. Let's keep yeah. this one going. Your body's like, oh, we were about to shut that shit down. You should. Okay, he wants to keep it well, going. It's just atrophy. Yeah. It's yeah. atrophy. Yeah. It's like when you get a broken arm and you put it in a cast, it's not that your body says, oh, you know, you're just going to Of course, lay it's here not now. talking. I'm just yeah, saying. It's just, you're it's just, just responding atrophy. to what you want. Yeah. Like when you lift weights, your body exactly. builds you a strong body. When you don't do shit, your body makes you a shitty body. Yeah, your body just deteriorates. Yeah, so that's and what when that... you get old. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you're not yeah. lifting weights, if you're not doing something that yeah. like like makes your muscle tissue fire, 
Yeah. It's going to do. I get Tai Chi now because, you, you know, you grow up in your 20s. You see old Chinese people yeah. doing Tai Chi. Like, what are they doing? Oh, that's. Yeah, it's all it is. We yeah. were looking at it like like they were thinking it was a martial art. Yeah. But Tai Chi is like it's like yoga. Yeah, it is like yoga. you got to keep your body yeah. moving or it will shut itself down and think it's hooking you up. Yeah. Isn't it funny when you see like young people that don't do anything with their body and they just think it's always going to be that way forever? Yeah. Like people that, that uh, skip PE or ditch PE class. <laughs> it's funny because when we were kids, we were taught that, you know, like that all that hard work is like boring and bad for you. you yeah. Know, but fuck, it's essential. It's yeah. essential. Yeah. And as you get older, you know, when you see men that are older and they, they look, have, look like their shoulders literally, you could just grab it and just pull it off their body. Yeah. Like it's barely attached. Yeah. You see them, you're like, man, that ain't no way to live. Yeah. There's no way to live just being feeble all the time. You think, you think Instagram is uh, influencing more and more people to work out? Yeah, for sure. Right? Because yeah. on Instagram, you just see everybody working out. Everybody's yeah. got to show their workout. Every so, girl's got to be working out. Everybody's working out. Yeah, for sure. It's Unless also, that's just my feed. You know what I mean? It's also influencing <laughs> people to use filters. We were Someone, this uh, comedian p posted this video up of her like complaining about something, but she had a filter on it. And she didn't realize that when she puts her hand by her face, the the filter you put lips over her fingers. Oh shit! It's okay. the most ridiculous shit. Filters are fucking. That's the devil. Because <laughs> they're telling people, they're, "This is how I look." But that you're that's a cartoon. That's not even you. Yeah. You got some weird fucking filter over your face that pretends you're 29 years old. Yeah. And you're 46. Like this is horseshit. <laughs> this is so weird. It's so weird that people think that that's okay. Like that you want to lie to people and pretend that's what you really like. But when you like. post a picture on Instagram when it's a picture mm -hmm. and you have like there's like 25 different shades and filters, like that there's nothing wrong with that. No. But it's the vi the video yeah, filter yeah, 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 where yeah. you're making a video and there, your face is a cartoon. That's kind of weird. Yeah, it's total horseshit. <laughs> it's complete horseshit. And uh, I guess women are affected by that more than men because they see other women use it and they feel like, well, I better use it too. Cause these bitches all look fantastic and I look normal, yeah. you know, like it's just, but it, but then you meet these people, if you meet them in real life and you're like, Hey, what happened? Did you just age 20 years? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Where'd your you, lips go? You know, when you click something on Instagram, the AI somehow starts sending you more of that shit. Yes. Like you click on, like yes. I'll click on a kiss, a, a kiss picture. Right. When, when you look at my suggested reels, there's always going to be, like, kiss or something. And then um, if you say something, people always say that. Oh, I just said something, like, walkie-talkie, and now I'm getting all these walkie-talkie ads. Google ads. Yeah, yeah, something like that, That shit's right? real. So, oh, for sure, for, for sure. For sure. Yeah, people yeah. people always say that. Everyone's got a story. Like, dude, I, I said something about a, a Silverado Dodge or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like some and shit then, that you would never think would show yeah, up as a But I think, I think it's even beyond that now. How because so? I'm like scrolling through and then every now and then when you scroll, there's like three videos of suggested reels. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. It's usually shit you suggest. And there was one of a hot midget. And I looked at it and I didn't click it. <laughs> I didn't click it, but I looked at it. You know what I mean? And then I kept scrolling. You didn't click it. You know it what I mean? Didn't I didn't click it. it. And then all of a sudden, dude, dude, every day I got, I didn't know there were so many hot midgets, dog. There's a lot of them out there, and they're on Instagram, and they're doing the same type of pictures that normal girls do, like uh, uh, bikini pictures. Of and course. All. One thing that I didn't think was popular, I had no idea, 
but apparently it's really popular, is Moose Knuckle. Moose Knuckle. Uh, Camel, Camel Toe. toe? That's popular. Dude. Of course it's popular. Dude. You're looking at pussy lips. Dude. That's exciting. That's huge. <laughs> I had no idea. Do, you, do, do they pop up like yoga, chick, yoga chicks and in, with the camera in a certain angle when they're doing yoga positions, boom, you see the pussy print real quick. Boom. And then out. And then boom. You never see that? It doesn't I, pop up on your feed? No, my feed is a lot of butts. There's a lot of girls' butts. <laughs> a lot of yeah, butts. Yeah, I get a lot of that, too. I got a lot of butts. But, dude, now I'm getting I'm pussy prints, pull up prints, my feed right dude. now. I guarantee you it's like mostly butts. <laughs> Let me see what I got here. Like every time I pull up my Instagram feed, it's like butts and muscle cars. Let me see if I can find a pussy print one really quick. <laughs> yeah, it's all butts. See, it's all it's all this kind of shit. It's all girls in their underwear <laughs> wandering around. And it, they just keep sending you that. And it's a lot you of kettlebell clicked, stuff. Yeah, you clicked on one and then boom. Yeah. Um, this, like this kind of shit. <laughs> but then it's like watches a lot of watches a lot of muscle cars a lot of elk shit like that <laughs> it's it the algorithm's interesting and this is something i posed to mark zuckerberg the other day and i said well what if you didn't have an algorithm would you just let, let everything exist the way it exists just you put it out there it goes out there in a specific timeline and exists how it exists you know like you post it i see it and he said the problem is that people would game the system. Like companies would just post all day long. Yeah. And that's all you would yeah. see. And then you would totally. miss things. Like he, he used an example. Like if my sister is having a baby, I want to know when the baby comes. I want that yeah. to be at the top of my feed. He's like, you got to. But I was like, I, I wish I asked him this, but I didn't. I, f I forgot to ask it. But wouldn't it be better net overall to like stop people somehow or another from gaming the system? But let things exist without an algorithm. Because it seems like the algorithm... You did ask him that. You did say that. Did I and, say that? And he said it was a good question. And he didn't really have um, an answer, I don't think. You know what? That's the thing that they all need to come to grips with. This is a fucking giant experiment. It's a giant experiment in human culture. And it's, it's happening with these social media companies. And they didn't know it was going to happen when they built the company. When they built Twitter... Do you remember what Twitter was? It was like you would write at your name is going to the movies. Like at Eddie Bravo is going to the movies. Like, Picture your It was meal. weird. The way people would write on Twitter was not the way they write on Twitter now. It was like, you know, you know, at Eddie Bravo is getting my oil changed. And like it was like dumb shit that people would do. And I was like, who gives a fuck about this? This is so stupid. And then people started using it for comedy dates, and they started using it like for one-liner jokes and stuff like that. Like, oh, that's a good like joke writing exercise because it's only 140 characters, so you have to have like you know economy of words and make it nice and crisp. But then it just started getting crazy, and, th and then it became just people arguing over shit. Like yeah. as soon as people realized that arguments and like what whatever you're interested in, if you're interested in arguing, if you're interested in things that upset you, that's all you're gonna see all day long. That's where it's fucking people up because it's getting people just outraged and, and climate change shit is like all over my fucking feed. I clicked on a few climate change things and because I'm, I'm trying to find what, like what's true and what's not true. And I've had two different experts come on. One this guy, Steve Coonan, who is a physicist, is a brilliant guy. He wrote this book called Unsettled. And he says the way they're looking at these graphs, he's like, there is no question that human society – whether it's pollution or all the other things, the carbon that's in the air, we're having an effect. He goes, but the effect is greatly exaggerated by fear-mongering. 
And he said, if you look at like the overall trends of like thousands of years, he goes, it's always done this. He goes, we've had crazy hot times and dry times and crazy storms and all kinds of shit. But if you look at like during our time, that's when people get scared. Like, oh my God, it's happening so fast and it's eroding and it's ne it's never going to go away. But And he's like, no, it's always been like this. It's always been up and down and up and down. And they've always been fear mongering. There's always been fear mongering. We posted yeah. something yesterday that was one of the craziest ones. They were saying like that zombie icebergs is going to melt and the ocean is going to rise yes. 10 inches. Yeah, zombie ice. If the ocean rose 10 inches, do you know how fucked we would be? Yeah. We'd be so fucked. Like one inch is not good. Yeah. One inch is like all those houses that yeah. you see in Malibu that are on Florida, sticks. Florida would be underwater. Yeah. Well, Florida's going underwater. Florida's going to go underwater. They always say that. I doubt it. I because you had a guy on your podcast who, um, you know, there's a clip out there. There's a clip out there. And you had him on your podcast and he breaks it down Do you remember the guy? Let me see. I have it right here somewhere. Was it Steve Coonan? It might have been him. Is that him? Yeah. Is, is he? Yeah, he must be the guy then. But he's got this clip. It's so good. Do you remember what he says? Okay, here it is. Oh, here it is. I found it. Let me send air, it to Jamie. Yeah. Airdrop it to Jamie. Okay. Uh, it's so complicated though, and everybody like people will argue about it with fucking zero information. They don't have any information, and they'll they'll argue pro and con. I think it's an interesting conversation, and I like to have interesting conversations with people. But it's I, wild how that's become. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, Dan, what is his name? Pena. Yeah. yeah. This is interesting. I've got the money. Yeah. Okay. I got. Yeah. I got a few, Bob. Yeah. Okay. You support Trump? You do? Yep. Okay. I was one of the first endorsers, public okay. endorsers of President Trump. What are you Trump. guys gonna do when our ocean level rises? Thank okay. you for asking that no. question. I have the answer, though. No, let me finish. I have the answer. Let me finish. Well, well, uh, thank right you for now. the question. Yeah. Right now, for, okay. For the first time on earth, we're changing the gas. Now you're level. full of shit. Sit down. I'm going to answer you. I'm going to answer you. Just Dad, shut up and you. shut up and sit down. No way. <laughs> sit down. No. No. I got to finish my question. Uh, you. I'm going to answer global warming. Right, All right. Finish now, the question. Then answer. Is changing on earth, and it's changing to CO2. What do you people with the money, what are you doing about this? Because I'm going to tell you right children. now. No, I've got children. I've got 21, 23-year-old children. And what's their future with you people with money? You, you, you talk about money all of the time. Okay, okay. Sit down, okay. please. Sit down, please. What In the front row. Excuse me. Earth. In the front row. Please about sit down. Earth. Okay, you've asked your question. Thank you very much. Okay, you I'm going gonna, gonna to answer. Excuse me, ma'am. Will you please sit down? And, please. Thank you. That's okay. Please sit down. Let him answer. Okay. In 2011, my wife and I were in Antarctica, renewing our vows. For most of you that don't know, Antarctica's on a mountaintop. Okay? And uh, there is a $500 million fa um, facility, uh, scientific facility there, and, and the scientists came to give us presentations about global warming. And they had cores of ice that they had drilled. They had drilled four or 5,000 cores and they only brought 15 or 20. So they're going through the second or third core and they said uh, 275,000 years ago, this was the temperature, blah, 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 blah. And then 55,000 years ago, th the world was two degrees warmer Celsius than it is today. This is 2011. And oh, wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. 
And he said, and I said, well, you mean the whole world? He says, yes. And the polls are only benchmarks. And I said, well, what about the things that the, the young woman alluded to? Okay. And he said, it's all cyclical. And although the gas may have exacerbated it, in the cosmos of time, it's not a fart in the wind. In the cosmos of time, of the 13.8 billion years that we've been on this miserable planet, it's not a fart in the wind. And as I told Joe Rogan on his show, and he said in his infinite wisdom, and uh, Joe, if you hear this, I thank you for the opportunity to be on your show. He said, then in 25,000 years, it's most likely not going to be a problem. Now, my direct answer to your question, if that were really true, would you believe, and let's just for a moment say that it is true. That means that the best scenario vis-a-vis -vis global warming is about 10 feet raising water. That's the best scenario over the next 40, 50 years. That's the best scenario. The worst scenario is about 100 feet. But let's just take the 10 feet. If the water on the planet is going to rise up 10 feet, that means the southern part of the United States is gone. England is gone. Most of Europe is gone. And I can go, uh, most of Central America is gone. Okay. If that's the case, let's just take Florida, for example, which is one of the fastest growing condominium, beachfront condominiums on the planet. In the prospectus, when you invest, there should be, in the footnotes, if global warming is for real, they won't put it that way, global warming happens and water rises 10 feet, this investment you made is fuck all. <laughs> Not one single investment prospectus written since 2000, this century, has alluded to global warming. Not one motherfucker. If it were really true, the banks wouldn't invest. The banks wouldn't finance. Not one motherfucking condominium. So the people that have the money, and I'm, I'm jealous of the Vice President Gore, which Sally and I rode on a plane from South America with a few years ago. I am jealous he came up with a scam before I did. Because the financial institutions, the banks of this world know it's not going to happen. Otherwise, you couldn't get a goddamn loan in London. You know those 30, 40 year mortgages? The world will be over by then. Is Barclays Bank going to give you a motherfucking loan? With the greatest respect, ma'am, it's the greatest fraud that's been perpetrated on mankind this century. Why do you think they're doing it? Why do you, if, the, if he's correct and you think it's a, a giant scam, who and why? why new do you world think, order. So, One, it's part of the new so world order. So you think order. it's like the One world government. They need it. World Economic Forum type shit. Remember that... that uh, uh, Project Veritas video where they, it's an undercover video and it's someone at CNN. We're too sober for this. Someone at CNN is going, um, oh, yeah, as soon as we're done with COVID, we're going to hit climate change real hard. We're just yeah. going to scare everybody with climate change. I thought once that got out, they were going to pull the plug on the climate change push. I go, oh, now they can't do it. Look at these guys. They, they busted them. But they didn't give a shit. They, they moved forward. You know what I'm talking about, that clip? 
that CNN clip uh, from Project Veritas? Yeah, they they were saying that that's the next thing that they're gonna push really yeah. hard, the same way they push uh, COVID stuff. Look, I don't know anything. I don't know shit. But, that's... but I'm very. Uh, it's very suspicious that. Uh, Knowing that that's what they're going to push and they're going to push it once COVID's done, they're going to push climate change. And then you're seeing all this climate change being pushed. And then you 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 listen to all the people pushing it. Nothing but demons pushing that shit. It's the same people. Listen to all the other shit they're saying. There's, they're all saying it together, pushing it together, along with all the other bullshit. So right there, I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm with that guy. That guy that we just saw, I'm with that dude. Well, what he's saying does make sense, that if they were really concerned that the ocean level was going to rise in 20 years, there's no way they would be interested in dumping all their money there. If they're going to be alive in 20 years, that's going to be a terrible investment. They've been saying that shit forever. So do you think that they're doing that because they're trying to scare people and then they can do things like have uh, like centralized digital currency exactly. and a social credit system yes. and say your climate, you, like your contribution, like this is a thing that they concentrate on a lot right now, like how much carbon are you emitting? And they, if you're emitting too much carbon, you're going to be causing problems. What are you doing over there, Bill? I'm looking for there, – there's a video that goes along with this. There's a, a woman. She's at – Jamie uh, can find it. Uh, it's, it's, it it's, really, it's really hard. Let me, let me just – And it's the same sort of deal? It's the same deal. That she's basically saying – she's basically saying that um, uh, she's reading something from – some kind of CFR trilateral commission mm -hmm. plan, like a agenda, agenda 21, agenda 2030. You've heard of that, right? They write this shit down. They got to Basically, they got to scare. The way you control people is you scare them with shit. Only the government can, can save solve. them from only anything else. They're not someone has to come in and regulate things, because if they don't regulate things, you're fucked. Pandemics, asteroids, uh, global warming. And then the big one, the big one at the end, extraterrestrial threat. Mm. Only the government can save you from that shit. And it brings people, it, it, looks, it looks like the ultimate, I mean, the Great Reset. Klaus Schwab, he, he wrote a book called The Great Reset. They've been talking about this. They, were, they, were, they ran a... What is his uh, synopsis? Like, the Great Reset is the one, we were talking about this, that he says, you will own nothing and you'll be happy. Yes. If that doesn't freak people out, just that's some Orwell shit right there. You yeah. will own nothing, you'll be happy. And just also, if you want to fucking have a guy in a movie that was uh, an evil bad guy who dresses like he's in Star Wars, who talks with a German accent, who just wants to control the population. People would be like, that's, that's corny. That's too James Bond. That's too on the head. You know, that's too. Yeah, nobody knew about Klaus Schwab before. What are you looking up now? I'm, I'm trying to find that video, but I might not be able to find Sorry. it. Um, yeah, I can't find it, but anyways. Uh, to me, again, I don't know shit. It just looks like I'm. I, the, the one thing I know it for sure. Doesn't look good. The one thing I know for sure. What do you I, know for sure? The one thing I know for sure are who the demons are. I know who they are. There's no way I'm being brainwashed, and they're actually good people with big hearts. I know who the demons are. Well, they're always fear mongering, and everything that's that they say is going to happen. It's always way less than what they're saying is going to happen. So when I when I'm looking for the truth in whatever subject. You first, the first step is, what are they saying? What are the demons saying? And what is mainstream media saying? Okay, that's a, like a big uh, hint as to which way the truth lies. 
You know so what's for sure the demons aren't telling the truth. For sure the demons are pushing whatever it takes to get us into a one world government. I think we're in some kind of communist takeover or something. Do you so, think something's going on. It's one of those things where they realize like the only way to compete with China. This is my fear. They feel like the only way to compete with China is to be like China. Because I think it was Maxine Water said this, that she was talking about a digital currency, that we have to move to a digital currency to compete with China. Which is wild, because the way China does it, if you say anything bad that they don't like, you can't go anywhere. You can't travel. You can't, yeah. You try to buy a plane ticket, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, they you just turn you off. You buy certain things, you can't, yeah. you can't do shit. Who wants to live like that? It's nobody. nobody. Well, somebody wants us to live like that, but most normal, healthy people don't want that to happen to them. I think the people at the top, they're, con they're in whatever meetings they m might have, whether... Well, they have those meetings at Davos. You, exactly. You, you can watch. That's the crazy thing is you could watch the meetings yeah. online. This yeah. is the first time yeah. I think ever in our life where we've been able to watch those things. Yeah, you know, nobody nobody knew what Davos was before. Nobody knew who Klaus Schwab was before. I never even heard of him until like four years ago. Yeah, nobody. They're they're huge now. Right. You know? Remember the Bilderberg group? That was always this thing going. Yeah. But they all meet the yeah. Bilderbergs. Yeah. They yeah. all get together and meet. I wouldn't doubt if he went to Bilderberg group. I mean, I'm sure but, it's all but, part of the same. But you know what I'm saying is like yeah. that was bull that was like not bullshit, but we didn't know what they said. We didn't we didn't watch a video of it. So when you watch a video of them, imagine the compliance. If you can have a medication that will have an electronic in there that sends a signal when you've swallowed. Imagine the compliance. You have yeah. to take your medication and they know yeah. if you've taken it. They don't even trust you. You. Like yeah. if you're taking medication, isn't it to heal you? Yeah. If it's it's effective and Common it's sense. real, but wouldn't you take it? Yeah. If you have staff, what do you do? You take fucking antibiotics, yeah. right? You don't want to die of staff. So it's medication that you know is good for you. you. Take. They don't have to have a a chip in that to make sure you're complying. Why would they need a chip to make sure you're complying with medication that you should want to take? Easier, good for easier you. to control the masses, one world government. Conv New, to New world order. people also that they need more medication than New they world do. Order. You think those motherfuckers care about our health? You think they care about our health? If all this shit that we're going through was about our health, right away they would have shut down fast food. They would have just shut down. You know how yeah. easy it is to shut down businesses? They have no problem shutting down like that. They just, boom. They right. say, Gavin Newsom just gets on Twitter and says, you know what? Starting Monday, no fucking restaurants, no movies. Uh, if you want to eat outside, I guess that's like it's like that. They just shut everybody. If oh, they have a but a not dilemma. Taco Bell. Oh no, not Taco <laughs> Bell. And then you ask them like, oh, could then the oh oh the poor people won't be able to eat then. Mm. They 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 got to do some How much money would it cost to just give poor people healthy food? That's yeah. a real good question. Yeah. Imagine if they had places like if we if we just recognize that there's places that are really economically fucked. And we just made it so they can get free food. You know who does that? Mr. Beast. You know that guy, the YouTube guy? I don't know Mr. He's Beast. He's fucking great. The he's guy with the tremendous guy. abs? No, 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 not at all. No, he's the guy that has the biggest YouTube channel. He's like a game show. He does like game shows, like people have to solve puzzles and they have to try to find him and, and he'll give them all this money. Well, he's got this philanthropy arm of his business and he gives free meals to people. Look, he's, he's given one million four hundred fifty nine thousand ninety eight pounds of food one million two hundred fifteen nine hundred and two hundred fifteen thousand nine hundred fifteen meals delivered a hundred and eleven thousand nine hundred twenty nine individuals fed and he does this all just out of philanthropy he's just a good guy he makes a shit ton of money off these YouTube videos but he pumps 
almost all of the money back into his business. And he has his, his show translated into multiple languages, into Portuguese and Spanish, and he puts them all up on YouTube. And then he opens up these food pantries and gives people free food. He has like these Thanksgiving Day things where he gives out free turkeys. So they pull trucks up filled with turkeys and people just pull up in their car and he says, thank you, here's your turkey. And he hands people food. Hmm. It's fucking great, man. Hmm. How much money would that cost to do that everywhere? You think about how much money we put in Ukraine. You think about how much money we, we spend doing all sorts of things that we don't agree with. How, how hard would it be to give people healthy food? This is not about health, man. No, like exactly. I said, they would shut down Jack in a Box, McDonald's, all that shit. Oh, yeah. Like, it would day like one. That. And they would have taped, you know, they were taping off. They would outlaw Coca-Cola. Think about all the dumbass shit they did at the beginning of the lockdown. Like, they would, like, tape off certain parts of grocery stores. Like, you couldn't buy this shit. How, why don't you tape off the fucking, the cereal aisle? Yeah, right, right. And the candy aisle. Right. Why didn't you make that illegal? They could have shut that shit down. They could have said people right are getting away. too fat and they're right eating away. too much cornstarch and corn syrup. And if we just take that out of everyone's diet for your own good and your own safety... The world would be a better place. And if, if, it, if it was really about our yeah, health, if it was if really, it was about, really about the health, our health, it was not about our fucking health, man. This was not about our fucking They don't give a fuck. You think they care? You think those motherfuckers care about our health? Oh, we got we to gotta vaccinate everybody. We got to help you. They don't give a shit. The problem with it is there's no liability for the companies that sell you the what? medication. That's the and biggest. That's, that's the, the craziest dude, thing ever. Dude, you can't. You can't, there's 1,200 side effects, at least, and there's no liability? Zero. By, that's, no, that's the number one Not only that, they topic. wanted to hide the evidence for 75 years. Yeah, and you can't sue them? But just imagine how, that. How, how is that? Imagine them saying that to you. Imagine if you run the, com the, the government, you're the president, and you're thinking that this is, you know, this is all legit, this is good. And then they say, um... We don't want to show you the data for 75 years. You'd be like, what are you doing? We need everybody dead first before that shit comes out. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> they need everyone dead. Come on. They, they literally banked on everyone who was involved being dead. There's so much obvious That's shit. That's so crazy. But you know, you know what's crazy is that uh, Big Pharma has been immune uh, from vaccine injury lawsuits since 1986. Yeah. Did you know that, Jamie? If you, if you look up... Uh, National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act of 1986. National Childhood Vaccine Injury. That, that's the year, that's the act <laughs> or bill or whatever it was that gave Big Pharma immunity from vaccine injuries. What? What? And the store, if you look in the store, I didn't just find out, find out about this. There's documentaries and shit about it. But apparently, apparently Big Pharma was getting sued so much they go you know what we're not going to make va we're not going to make vaccines no more we're getting hammered with the lawsuits and then the government came in and said no 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 yeah but they have a no fault compensation system so because of this fact congress passed the national childhood vaccine injury act in 1986 establishing a federal no fault system to compensate victims of injury yeah, caused so the by taxpayers pay for it not the manufacturer so right. they 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 set it up so the story goes and i don't know nothing i hear the story was Big Pharma was like, dude, we make w way more money on pills and shit. These vaccines are just fucking people up. We're going to, it's just not even worth it. We're getting sued our, our, up our asses. And then the government is the one that said, listen, 
We'll take care of Keep, it. Keep. We'll take care of it. We'll have a fucking national. Well, they must and, have made some sort of agreement to donate to campaigns and to. You know, how crazy is that? These, it's, it's crazy dude, that the government dude. actually owns part of the Moderna Moderna vaccine. You would think. You would think. You would think. Okay, you get uh, injected with some shit, gives you a fucking heart attack. You would sue the shit out of whoever made that. But not shit, only that, right? But what if you could find out that they knew that there were more complications than they were letting on? They've done this over and over again with yeah. Vioxx. Yeah. They've done this over and over again with the opiates. Yeah. The opiate crisis that they caused in this country, they lied and said that shit wasn't addictive. It's some of the most addictive stuff we've ever encountered. Yeah. Isn't it's the that, number isn't, one cause of death for people the, 18 to 49. Isn't like the biggest lawsuit ever from like Pfizer or something like that? 2.6 billion or something? Yeah, there's a, there's quite a few big ones. where Which these, is the biggest one? How much money was that? I think the biggest one was the Vioxx one because the Vioxx one killed 60,000 people. John Abramson, who's a guy who's a doctor who litigated against the pharmaceutical companies explaining how this all works. And one of the things that he was saying is that the people who do the peer-reviewed data, they don't get access to the raw data. They get the access to the data that was reviewed by the pharmaceutical companies and then given it to them. It's crazy. He's like, that's not how you do science. And they can run 10 studies and they can do it as biased as they want. And if two of those studies show any kind of benefit... Then they go with those studies. And all the other studies that show that it doesn't do anything or it's bad, they can hide those. They don't have to reveal those studies. It's, there's no transparency. Come on, man. We're living in a fucking... That's this a, is some kind of demonic world. we're the world. only country that lets it do this. In all the other countries except New Zealand, you can't even advertise for pharmaceutical drugs. Yeah. But in this country, it's 75% of our ads on television. 75% of the ads on TV are pharmaceutical drugs. Yeah. It's no wild. wonder. No wonder the media covers for them. You know, they have to. They co- have to. They're running cover. They have to. All that horse dewormer shit, they have to. Yeah. That they, they, they clearly are in bed with these people because they charge 75% of all their ads to them. Yeah. At what point, you know, I think, I think uh, people ask me, where are we headed? I'm like, I don't know shit. But it doesn't Don't ask good. me. Don't ask me. I don't know shit. I am um, in the trenches every day trying to figure it out. You know, I'm not always right. Sometimes I'm wrong, but I'm trying to figure this shit out. But the one thing I'm right about, like I said earlier, I'm a million percent right about. I know who the demons are. There's no way they're not demons for real. I now think... the question is, on the other side, there's there's the either it's the great awakening or the great reset. One of them. Either and they're 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 racing right now. A lot of people are waking up, but damn, that great reset's powerful. Fuck. But then people are waking up, and that great re. So also, I don't know who's going to win. Have gotten real used to over the last two years of like blanket compliance. Yeah. People have gotten real used to it. Wear your mask, even if you don't believe in it. Do this, do that. Yeah. Stay six feet away. All these things that we know didn't really make sense. Now. Yeah, but everybody just complied and you get people to comply for something that only kills like a small percentage of the population that get it And most of those people are fat and old. What if something comes along? That's really bad. What if some smallpox shit comes along? You know smallpox wiped out 90% of the Native Americans 90% when people talk about the genocide in this country You know they talk about the genocide of the Native Americans one thing they don't probably realize is that most of it was disease they definitely did horrible shit and murdered Native Americans. They did terrible, terrible shit. Yeah. But like when it comes to history. The disease burned through the entire. If something like that comes now, 
then we go straight China. That's what I think. Yeah. I think they, they go straight totalitarian. They go straight Justin Trudeau. Yeah. The, the, I mean, that's what he would do. I guarantee you, if, if some smallpox came to Canada, that shit would be wild. They would yeah. have all the excuse they would need in the world of having total control over the people. Because do you people think, are dying. Do you think in the future, if uh, the demons are still in power and we just keep marching along and, you know, little by little we, we're we turning into China, uh, in in the future... The history books are, you think they're going to legitimize, they're going to make this whole scamdemic seem super legit, right? And they're going to use numbers like fra- it depends. fraudulent numbers. We're talking about fraudulent numbers. It like- depends. I don't think they can do that anymore. I think there's so much data and then there's always going to be people that want to pass the blame off on somebody. And they're going to try to figure out who's the scapegoat yeah. going to be, which yeah. is probably why Fauci's backing out now. Yeah. And you know, if the Republicans get into control, as I understand it, they 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 want to do something and yeah. some kind of investigation yeah. into the NIH yeah. and when they funded gain of function research and all do, this do, shit. Do you remember when they announced the WHO announced that turns out that the PCR test, which weren't even made for something called COVID, uh, the PCR test, they made the announcement that. Uh, they got to bring down they got the settings were set the on 40 cycles yeah. and they got to set it to 28 cycles. Explain what that means. You know what that means? It means that they, we should actually get the actual physical definition of it. But the way I understand it is, is like how many times you run it and the minuscule, the tininess of the particles. So 40 cycles is a lot. Yes. It magnifies it a lot. It's a high cycle. It's yeah. The PCR test, those COVID tests. You get a lot of false negatives because yeah. of that. So they made the announcement. Yeah. Do you, do you remember when they said it? I don't about, remember. January 20, uh, 2021. So almost a year into the lockdown, they say, oh, guess what? It, we set it at 40 cycles. It's too high. Bring it down to 28. Turns out 40 cycles puts out 90% false positives. Is, is that, that 90% false yeah. positives? Let's that... find out what that is. There's, I know there's a lot of false positives. Yeah. I know yeah. that Kerry Mullis, the guy who invented the PCR tests, he said it was never designed to detect live viruses. Yeah. Never de- designed yeah. to detect whether or not someone's actually sick with a virus. Yeah. You're, you're finding these tiny microscopic particles that it can detect. And, and if you ramp it up high enough, that's when you get a. Apparently... And he says, he also says that Fauci, I mean, he's calling him out, man. Yeah, like, no, I know. I saw that, too. You see that video? He, yeah, he died before the pandemic, unfortunately. Yeah. He was so basically it been saying interesting that to Fauci see. doesn't know anything. That's what right. he was saying. He's saying like, he's a bureaucrat. Yeah. 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 So and He's not a scientist. So, so when I hear that, when I hear January 2021, this all started in March 2020, you're telling me we've been... At 40 cycles this whole time, all those numbers, does that, how does that affect the numbers? If it turns out it's 90% false positive, doesn't that affect the numbers? It does, right? There's no way it's, you keep the numbers the same. There's no way you keep the and numbers then, the same. Right. It affects it in some certain way. Sure. And then later on in the year, turns out, they make the announcement, turns out PCR tests can't tell the difference between influenza or COVID. We need a new test. But not till this. Is that the, true? That is true. So they can't at all? No. I thought it was like some versions of the flu also get So they needed a new COVID. test. See what so, that is. so they announced a new test starting December 2021, not next oh, week. I well, I was reading the thing about the 90%, which I have. What was the thing you just asked me to look at? Okay, li- let's, let's go with the 90% thing first. All right. Uh, new York Times put out an article 
this blog is describing it. Here's what it said in the quote. In three sets of testing data, including, including cycle thresholds compiled by officials in Massachusetts, New York, and Nevada, up to 90% of people testing positive carried barely any virus, a review by the Times found. On Thursday, the United States recorded 45,604 new coronavirus cases, according to a database maintained by the Times. If the rates of contagiousness in Massachusetts and New York were to apply nationwide, then perhaps only 4,500 of those people may actually need to isolate and submit to contact tracing. So that's a big number. That's a big difference and between the amount of people that get it. Uh, there's another quote, virologist cycles. Um, yeah. Any test with a cycle threshold above 35 is too sensitive, agreed Juliet Morrison, a virologist at the University of California, Riverside. I'm shocked that people would think that 40 could represent a positive, she said. A more reasonable cutoff would be 30 to 35, she added. Dr. Mina said he would set the figure at 30 or even less. Those changes would mean the amount of genetic material in a patient's sample would have to be in the 100-fold to 1,000-fold of the current standard for the test to return a positive result. A thousand-fold, that's crazy, or even a hundred-fold. At least one worth acting on. Dr. Mina is a Harvard Medical School epidemiologist. Michael Mina, an assistant professor at the Center for Communicable Diseases, He's, he also told the New York Times, in Massachusetts, from 85 to 90% of people who tested positive in July with a cycle threshold of 40 would have been deemed negative if the thre threshold was 30 cycles, Dr. Mina said. Oh. I would say that none of those people should be contact traced, not one. So that's a person, obviously, standing up for the science of how this stuff works and the, how these viruses are detected. That's, that probably infuriates people who really understand how PCR tests work, these real scientists, and they probably can't even talk too much about it, right? Well, the guy who invented it said Fauci doesn't know anything about anything. Yeah. You could put that video on. That's no, on YouTube. Carrie Mo well, Kerry Moss has always been like a very, he was, uh, he died, I think he died in 2019. He was a very outspoken, controversial guy. He came up with um, something for detecting, what was it? The, something about the double helix strand of DNA that came up, he came up with when he was on acid. Just find that. Like Kerry Mullis, I forget what the invention was exactly. I believe it had something to do with DNA. And he there, was on there's acid. A, when there's he a documentary it out. coming out on uh, exactly what we're talking about. There's a documentary coming out, and they're, they're going to break it down, you know. We'll see. We'll see. So, do you think that in the very beginning, I sent them a, I sent them a trailer of that. Who, if you want who, to see the trailer of the documentary, I sent it to. If you're going to use something as sophisticated as PCR testing, if those are the top scientists and virologists and epidemiologists and th you know, these guys from Harvard, and they wouldn't set it at that cycle, well, who would set it at that cycle? Who would set it at forty? It's that. That is evidence of a pandemic, like it was planned. Do you think that's that? I don't think that's that. I think it's evidence that people always capitalize on any opportunity. And I think that's what it is more than anything. I think what I worry about more than people planning things, because I think it's hard to plan things out. I think playing to people's basic human nature, playing to fear and anxiety, and then capitalizing on something that happens. The thing about the COVID thing the, the thing that creeps me out about that is that they're still trying to say that it might have come from an animal when most of the scientists now believe that it came from that laboratory. The moment of discovery, as Mullis described in his memoir, seems psychedelic. Lurid blue and pink images of electric molecules injected themselves somewhere between the mountain road and my eyes, he wrote. 
Later in a BBC interview, Mullis wondered, if not for LSD, would he have been creative enough to invent PCR? Oh, so it was the PCR test. So I don't know. I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. To come up with the idea behind PCR, Mullis said he tapped into his understanding of computer programming. He reasoned that in order to find a particular segment of DNA, he needed to design DNA fragments that bookended specific gene sequences to narrow his search. Duh. And because DNA replicates under the right conditions, the isolated segment could reproduce the hell out of itself in an iterative fashion. Yeah. To me, wow. it's this whole... Uh, scamdemic, and I call it a scamdemic because they, when you um, manipulate the data, uh, a that, that's a scam. That's right. fraud. You there guys manipulate the data. It's been manipulating the data, so that's a, it's a scamdemic. So I'll, ne I'll never refer to this one as a pandemic, but um, it's really only three. Like, what is it? What's going on? It's e it either came from some kind of animal, bat, monkey, or whatever, uh, snake, whatever, some kind of animal, or some evil scientist leaked it, gain of function, money's going to virology labs, all that shit. Or the third choice, there's some people that believe this too, is all they did is hijack the flu. Because the, the, the tests they used, the PCR tests were flu tests. They weren't COVID tests. And I, got they another, the, I got another possibility. Is there, is there a fourth one? There's a fourth one. Okay. The fourth, was, the fourth one is they get funding to work on these viruses. And this, this funding to work on these viruses, it didn't make sense to Obama, so he shut the fucking la the, he shut the program down. Okay, because he said gain of function research is dangerous. Okay, he's like you're creating better, more infectious diseases, but they get a lot of money to do that. So they get a lot of money to test on these things. So there's a whole industry behind it. And if you have top top experts who are saying it's imperative that we study these things, and then they do it and they farm it out to China because you, they don't want to do it over here, and they do some of it over here. But you could farm it out to other places, and it kind of alleviates you of any responsibility. And these okay. places, imagine if you're sending money to a place that's been cited for safety concerns. Okay. That's the Wuhan lab. Okay. And then people who worked there specifically got sick. And they're the people that gave it to the fucking world. Okay, so the that's people four. from that lab. And that once they realized that all this was happening, they didn't know what the actual effect was going to be on people. They didn't know how many people were going to die. And then along the way, we picked up data and we figured it out. But for sure, the PCR tests were set too sensitive. And for sure, they take advantage of the fact that this kind of shit is going on, the anxiety and the fear, and they try to get more control over Were people. the PCR tests created before COVID came out? Yes. Okay. All right. So there's four now. There's four. There's uh, animal. Evil scientists leaked it in a... Like someone function. did it on purpose. Yeah, someone done it. It's evil scientist. Uh, it's just the flu. They just swapped it out. Uh, called it Corona for a while. Got the test all yeah, up. Yeah, but it's but they know what it is. Like it has very specific cleavage sites in the virus that indicate that it was somehow or another manipulated. I, I, don't, I, I don't know what I'm saying here right now. I'm just repeating things that I've read. I know a very. Uh, I know a doctor. He's written a lot of articles on the immune system. He knows. Uh, I trust him. He, uh, he doesn't want to come out and say this, but there's also people people that believe the third, that believe that, dude, they just swapped out, they just hijacked the flu. Well, first of all, no, people but, but, definitely got the flu, and they had no flu cases, which yes. was the wildest shit ever. Like, mm -hmm. if you look at the flu, there's a map that they had, like, red for a positive test of the flu mm -hmm. during flu season, and then they showed 2020. Mm -hmm. In the year 2020, it's like a non-existent flu season. Yeah. 
It was the lowest recorded numbers of flu ever. Now, they would say, well, that's because people stay inside. Mm-hmm. Well, then how come they're still getting COVID? Mm-hmm. Interesting. That doesn't right? make any sense. Yeah. So this doctor, uh, he's telling me, and I've, I've also, it's come up and there was a, a case in Canada. It was like a COVID case. And they were trying to get physical proof, physical proof that um, they isolated COVID. And based on that court case, they couldn't provide, CDC couldn't provide physical proof. But this doctor's telling me they uh, never isolated it. So if uh, you never isolated it, uh, is it possible? What does that mean when you're saying never isolated? I'm going to send you the article. Because somebody explained this to me the other day. I asked a scientist. I said, someone said to me that they've never isolated COVID. He goes, no, they absolutely know exactly what it is. They know how it works. They know how it gets into the body. Not this doctor that told me. Okay. Not this one. Well, oh. since neither one of us are doctors, this is a fucking problematic discussion. Yeah. Problematic. Um, here, this is an article. Maybe COVID's a real put, disease. Maybe you could put this up. Um, I don't think it's the flu. I don't think in, in any are, way, shape, are, or form there are people that think that, though. There are people I believe, that think, I believe and, there are people that think that, but I don't think it's the flu. It has a lot of same, a lot of characteristics of the flu. The average age of death, also, a- average age of death, 81. Yeah, same thing flu, as the flu. Flu is dangerous for kids. COVID's not. Not nearly. Not even close. It's not even in the neighborhood. Like, when kids get COVID, it's not really a big deal for most healthy kids. Did you get that article? Yeah, check this out. Watch. Just read this okay. article. What's it in? Uh, I don't know, but this doctor, he sent it to me. You know him. Okay. Has the SARS-2, uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus ever been isolated? Okay. It's the highlight, the, the title is Scamdemic. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is wrong. The document was talking about a process used to understand the lower limit of detection during the creation of PCR tests. SARS-CoV-2 has been isolated many times. Well, read the article. Okay. It was the wrong article. So this is what was claimed. They're saying the CDC document the la- confirms. Label. Okay. So go, but, but go back to what that says. What is in that? What is that? Fullfact.org. Okay. Isolating a virus means taking a pure sample of the virus from an infected being so it can be studied. As we have written before, there are numerous reports of SARS-CoV-2 virus being isolated by teams around the world. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention document that post and the Daily Expose article refer to what was published in July 2021 and includes instructions for use for PCR tests. One passage in this document states that no quantified virus isolates of the 2019 uh, COVID-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, were available to the CDC to use the time PCR tests were developed. This is not the same as saying the virus has never been isolated as claimed by the Instagram post. In full, it says, since no quantified virus isolates of the 2019 covid Cove were available for CDC to use at the time the test was developed and this study conducted. Assays designed for detection of the 2019 RNA were tested with characterized stocks in vitro transcribed full-length RNA and gene gen bark accession, blah, 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 uh, of known titer, blah, 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 spiked into a dilute consistent, di- how do you say that, Jamie? Diluent? Diluent? consisting of a suspension of human A549 cells and viral transport medium to mimic clinical specimen. 
The meaning of this passage has been debated before and has been used by some to suggest that SARS-CoV-2 has not been isolated. However, Dr. Thusen De Silva from the University of Sheffield's Department of Infection, Immunity, and Cardiovascular Diseases has previously told Reuters that this is not correct. He explained that the document is outlining a very common process that is used to determine the lowest amount of viral genetic material the PCR test could detect. To calculate this limit, he said, you need to have a known quantity of virus to extract genetic material, RNA from, or alternatively, a known quantity of RNA identical to that carried by the virus. In this case, the identical RNA that the CDC used was transcribed RNA. This is synthetically produced genetic material which is identical to that carried by the virus. And according to Dr. Stephen Griffin, a virologist and associate professor at Leeds Institute of Medical Research, means that scientists already know how much genetic material is present in the sample. De Silva explained to Reuters that the time the tests were being created at the start of the pandemic, not many standardized and quantified viral stocks would have been available. These are stocks of the virus where the amount of viral, uh, viral RNA present is already known. I think what they're saying is that I think this is a Read complicated process. Though. But this but, is the but, debunk. This yeah. is the debunk. Uh, well, this is checker. someone. This is a this fact is some, Sort of. It's actually an expert explaining how this stuff works. I think the problem is someone like you or I reading this shit, I'm not exactly sure what they're saying. And if I read the other one, I bet they can probably convince me that well, they read, have it Let's isolated. read the other one. Let's, let's see what I, it says. Let's read it. What does it say? Do, 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 do. Freedom of Information Act requests have been made. The Center for Disease Control asking for evidence that CDC has isolated or purified the SARS-CoV-2 virus. On June 7, 2021, the CDC informed again in writing they do not have any records showing that they have ever isolated or purified the virus that allegedly causes the disease called COVID-19. The problem is this is not written by experts in immunology. If it was, I would be maybe more interested in, in hearing, like, they could explain why those people were wrong. Well, someone, well, okay. I'm, that's, you know, read it. It says the written requests were made by Dr. Miss, Miss Christine Massey, not doctor, to CDC, ATSDR, FOIA, Chief Officer Robert Ando to isolate and deliver any records, research, or, any find, or, or findings for any viral isolation and purification by anyone, anywhere, anytime in the world from a patient sample via maceration filtration and or the use of an ultra centrifuge which is called the gold standard for isolating and identifying a pathological micro or nano organism the gold standard for isolating identifying microbes okay here's a side-by-side -side comparison of the coke's postulates and the river postulates so this is just like how do they how do they find viruses and bacteria this is a long ass fucking conversation I, I think the problem is neither you or I know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I don't know. How you know, this is one thing. One that. thing I know for sure that uh, zero people died in jujitsu from COVID. Zero in my in my association. I didn't, and including most of BJJ, maybe maybe one got labeled as as COVID or something. But I have 150 black belts worldwide, and they got about 100 to 300 people under them. 
zero deaths. And jujitsu is the opposite of social distancing. We're mashing our bodies together, sweating, sweating, each mouths. sweating and then <laughs> every eight minutes you get a new random dude yeah. clinching, squeezing, sweating. If that shit was what they say it was, Dude, every we would be shut down. Nobody would be doing jujitsu. We would be completely shut down. We would have too many people dead. Every school would have twenty-five people dead. Everybody just oh, you, I lost a couple purple belts last week. It, but nobody died. Nobody died in the NFL. That doesn't make sense to me. Major League Baseball. Well, it does make sense, right? Because those are athletes. Yes, but what about then? Okay, so it's just like the flu. The flu. Do you the know flu, few, the flu no, doesn't fuck with high-level athletes. A few athletes got fucked up by by COVID. Hamzat did. Hamzat was hospitalized twice. It might, be, get it might be three times. That happens he, with the but, flu too? But, you, but, but no, with Hamzat, he's too tough. He wouldn't stop training. So that motherfucker was training while he had COVID. How come the homeless weren't wiped out? Completely? That's, that's homeless would have been wiped out. That's a Dude, very good question. Go downtown. Plenty of homeless. It didn't do shit to the homeless I in downtown. This, I, I, that's where my school's at. This lady's at the, at the gas station yesterday. I stopped to get gas before I came over to the studio. And this poor lady, she was just... A disjunky mess. She had like a giant gash on her forehead and on her nose. She was just face planted, yeah. and her neck went like this. Like here's her back, right? Her back goes straight up and down. Her neck goes horizontal, and her head was like this. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. This lady had the worst posture I've ever seen. She probably weighed like seventy pounds. Yeah, yeah. She probably kicked COVID and didn't even know she had it. I'm a big. Isn't that wild? I'm a big Cleveland Browns fan, and when Nick Chubb got COVID when he tested positive. Uh, nobody was interviewing his parents and, and like praying. There, nobody was praying that he was going to make it. People were just pissed off that he was going to miss a couple games. Yeah. Remember that shit, Jamie? And no one ever thought for one second that he was going to die. And there's supposed to be some disease that, that uh, uh, or we shut down the whole world. Nobody was concerned when they, oh, I got. Uh, the, there was one one game where Baker Mayfield and the backup quarterback both tested positive for COVID. They used a quarterback that practiced for two days, and he almost won the game too. But but both the quarterbacks are never fine. Nick Chubb, he, he goes, I feel fine. I feel like I could play, but I guess I don't. You know, for the safety of others, I don't want to. I, I you guess had to say that right there. Yeah, yeah, but he was fine. Yeah. So um, you put Meanwhile, all he could that play together. With the flu. He you could put, play with the flu and he'd be a hero. Yeah. Imagine if he won the game with the flu. Yeah. Didn't Michael Jordan score like sixty-two oh, points yeah. or something like that, that when he bad had the flu? Motherfucker. You can't. <laughs> flu's not going to stop Michael Jordan. Yeah. Guys yeah. have fought like when Luke Rockhold beat Chris Weidman, he had fucking staph infection and he was on antibiotics. Yeah. You know, teaching, when he won the world title. Yeah. Teaching jujitsu, I one thing that's uh, comes up all the time for the instructor, and not so much for anybody else, just the instructor. Every day it's a different group of people. It's not like college where every day you gotta show up. And if you miss a day, you gotta catch up. You gotta copy somebody's notes. In jujitsu, it, every day it's like a brand, it's a mixed bag, every day. Some guys train every day, but, um, uh, and then every now and then a guy shows up and I hadn't seen him in a couple months. This happens all the time. I go, where you been? I go, dude, I was sick, dude. Like. Fuck, I, I was laid out for like three weeks, dog. And I'm like, okay, cool, now he's back. I don't like make an announcement or start texting everyone, oh, he got sick. Oh, it's like before all this bullshit. Right, before uh, COVID. Yeah, yeah, you just yeah, say, oh, he got, now, you got yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah, back. And then yeah. the next the next week, like, where you been at? Yep. Uh, I was hurt. Oh, where you been at? Dude, I was sick, dog. Dude, I was out for like two months. I was just sick. I hear that all the time. And it's always gone. People always get sick. But what happened when, when, when all this bullshit happened was as soon as someone gets sick, everyone starts texting each other. You know, everyone, everybody knows about it. And you got to tell everybody somebody's sick. Yeah. You know, so it seems like Contact people are getting tracing. sick. When 
as an instructor, I'm like, dude, this shit happens all the time. People get sick all the time. People tell me they're gonna, they feel like they were gonna die. But 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 the thing is, like, jujitsu people are like more risk. They're more risk takers anyway. They're doing a risky thing. Remember when they told us? Remember they were all about washing your hands every day. Remember when they stopped? They dropped that. What happened? What happened? What happened to washing your hands? Wash your hands. Hand sanitizer was everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> where's that? We'd have Bro, to wash our hands. People, people that use those things all the time—they freak me out. I knew a guy who's like really crazy, and uh, uh, he was selling his house. And friends of mine went to look at the house. They didn't know who who owned the house. And they go into the house, and they're like, "Wow, this place is really nice." And they're looking around, and they open up a closet, and the whole closet was filled with Purell. The whole closet. Yeah. All it was was hand sanitizer. <laughs> and the dude was like, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Because, like, he's one of those dudes that thinks that, like, that energy is in this fucking house forever. Yeah. It's crazy. And the wash your hands. Yeah. Wash your hands. Yeah. That kind of crazy All the dumb anxiety. shit they did. All the Dude, they let prisoners out because of this yeah, shit. Yeah, because of COVID. They let prisoners out. Are you fucking kidding me? That may have been that's top three dumbest shit. Did they, they let they like did. robbers and thieves, or was it just like guys who sold coke? Like what kind? Of, was it violent criminals? That that's a good question. I'm pretty sure most of the people that were let out were either like within way thirty out. days. Yeah, they were very close to already being let out, or they're not. Oh, okay, non, then that's fine. Then too. let prisoners out because of this shit. Well, they're letting <laughs> prisoners out for way worse shit. They're letting so many violent prisoners out. Um, there was uh, Colion Noir. You know Colion? The guy yes. that's a YouTube channel and yes. Instagram channel. He had this clip on his page about how uh, this L.A. gang member was getting out of L.A. because it's too hot. He's like, dude, this is too crazy. They're letting 70,000 dudes out of jail now. 70,000 like violent criminals are going to let them out early. And he's like, it's already bad out here. Yeah. He it's going to get worse. He's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And he, he moved. Ozzy Osbourne moving back too. to England because he's fed up with mass shootings in America. Jesus. Well, that's a little different, though. It's, well, the way I read it, I pulled it up too fast. I read that he didn't want to. He said he didn't want to die in Los Angeles. There's a lot of violence there. Well, there's that too. But he's saying he doesn't want. Yeah, yeah they twisted it to mass shootings. Yeah. He was probably everything's fucking ridiculous there. I'm fed up with people getting killed every day. God knows how many people have been shot in school shootings. Mm. And there was that mass shooting in Vegas at the concert. It's fucking crazy. Osbourne said in a new interview with the Observer. Yeah. Okay. That fucking it is Vegas, crazy. The Vegas shooting was nuts. That one's nuts. That one's nuts. Yeah. That one never. Uh, they kind of just let that one go. Well, I mean, the guy's dead, so they're like, "What do we do?" There's all the conspiracy theories about it, but whatever happened, some guy smashed windows open and shot sixty fucking people. It's really crazy. What are the conspiracy theories? I, I uh, that uh, like. A, he didn't do it, and someone else did it. There's more There's than like one shooter. Team. There's always something. There's always something that, that this was uh, that he was a Manchurian candidate. That they programmed him to do this. This is all about uh, trying to enforce gun control laws. That's what the really crazy people think. I think sometimes people fucking blow a fuse, and sometimes people have been thinking about doing didn't something they, like that for a long don't time. Don't the conspiracy theorists say that? Uh, um, where's all the camera security camera footage of him hauling um, all that? Uh, artillery to his room is like isn't there isn't that what they're saying something like that i'm sure there's uh people saying something like that i don't know if that's true though I that's mean, one conspiracy that, that, one... that guy brought up to his room yeah that is one conspiracy that uh there's so many that i never really look too deeply into at all it, it just what do you let me ask you this one then what do you think about 
all this, the Pentagon saying that there's crafts that are coming from another world. That's that's a new world order. What do you think that is, though? Uh, getting people to f- believe in the fake alien invasion. So what do you think those things are that these people keep saying? Uh, it's probably, um, who knows? Uh, the Nazis were scaring their people with UFOs. They made UFOs, like, and they were like, Scaring people. It's like a. It's look at the timeline. The, the, the timeline. were trying to develop some kind of an actual flying saucer, and right? they were scaring their people. And they were using like, look, we're going to save you. Look, UFOs. They were scaring them. The government's going to save you from the UFOs, right? So, 1946, World War II's over. Uh, 1946-47, Operation Paperclip, that's when we took a bunch of Nazis and Russia took a bunch of Nazis. And so 1947, Roswell. Right there. That was Roswell was the beginning of the UFO craze. Right after Roswell, all these comic books, Mars Attacks, in the 50s, all these shitty-ass space movies and alien movies. There was Star Trek came, but it, Roswell kicked it off. That was the first one that kicked it off. So like, wow, that's 1947. That's right when we brought in all the Nazis. Uh, who knows, man? Maybe, maybe them Nazis were like, dude, you guys aren't scaring your people with UFOs. You dumb motherfuckers, just get on it, boom. So that Roswell, like, they just uh, take some craft, and then they get pe- the people that they interview probably think it was real, like, it was a crash. So you think it was an orchestrated crash just to freak people out? I think that so. That seems like a lot of money to oh, you cover think, it up and hide it. When is anything too expensive? When is anything too the expensive for answer, the government? But the official answer was never that it was a craft. The official answer was that it's a fucking weather balloon. And everybody yeah. believed that. They get people, yeah. They but, showed the wreckage. But, but, but uh, people that believe in UFOs, like myself and you, back in the day, I, I no longer, I have a different view of UFOs now. But uh, back then, we didn't care that they said, like, the fact that they said that, oh, it's just weather balloons, we were like, oh, dude, you guys are bullshit, and you're trying to cover up the real shit. So, so they're playing 3D chess. Exactly. So that's so what I think. So think it's drones? I'm, I'm, it I'm of the opinion. Drones, and, and you know how you, you, there was those little red laser pointers? You know you fuck with your cat with that shit? You go, tsh, tsh, it's incredible speeds. Yeah, but there's some stuff. There's some stuff but, like the Commander David Fravor one is pretty important. For sure they're seeing not. stuff. For sure they're seeing stuff. Like I think, think, Bob, I think Bob Lazar saw some shit. Yeah. I think they set him up. That's what I think. I think he's telling the truth, but they set him up. That's what they do. They take. The, that's what William Cooper said. He was set up too. He worked for the Office of Naval Intelligence, uh, setting up meetings, like high level meetings, and and they. He said he thinks that he was reading. He was setting up meetings and looking at documents, going, "Oh shit, they're going to be discussing crash UFO shit and and reverse uh, engineering crash UFOs." So at first he believed it. Then eventually he realized, "Oh, they set him up." Um, so they uh, set thinks, him up so that he'll he thinks talk they about set it. Up, yeah, he said he he thinks they set up dudes who talk a lot, big mouths that are drunks. That's what he thinks. He set they set them up and they fucking and that's they what he set believed. them up, big mouths that are drunks because they know they're going to give out the information and talk. They want oh, wow. them to talk, so they let them get in there. They let them see it. And they go, just, don't go into that room. We'll be right don't back. Don't anybody. go in that room. Uh, We're going to go. And then they go in. They see like a, you know, like Philip Corso. Remember that guy? He, yeah. He, the, from the Pentagon. Back in the day when I was into all this shit, I was like, look, dude from the Pentagon is saying it. And of course it's got to be true. Dude, a Navy pilot is saying it. Of course. They're the most credible. You're like, but now looking back, I'm like, dude, now of course it's the dude in the Pentagon. Philip Corso said he wrote a book the day after or something. He wrote a book about how he saw the bodies in the coffins. 
He saw the bodies. He goes, I was there. I saw the bodies. I mean, so either he really saw alien bodies, like he walked in a room and they were in a casket and it was open casket or something like that. Either he really saw that or or, or he did see it and it, they weren't real or something and Could he was set up. Could you imagine what set kind him of up. fucking crazy diseases would come from an alien body? Can you imagine they would just have an alien body in a room yeah. and you could do an autopsy on it with one of those stupid masks on? Yeah. Can you imagine? Just stop and think of that. Because like, think about like the Europeans that came to North America and killed 90% of the Native Americans with smallpox. Imagine what the fuck aliens have. Imagine what shit that is in there. If they're a biological creature, they, they probably exist like we do. We're filled with bacteria. We're filled. Like there's more, there's more E. coli in your gut than have ever been people ever. We're filled with this stuff. Mm -hmm. Imagine what kind of crazy diseases some alien body would have yeah. that you have no immunity to yeah. no, and just r ravages the population and everyone's dead. And these guys just have these little stupid masks on. They're cutting into this alien. What do you think about Elon Musk saying that uh, overpopulation is a myth and it's actually the opposite? What do you think about that? Well... It is the opposite in places where the developed world exists, like in in big cities, people are having less children. Yeah, I know a lot and of a lot of guys in their forties. They're not even close to being married. No kids. They're not going to yeah. have kids. That's happening everywhere. So it's lifestyle choices for sure that happen when people live in big cities and mm -hmm. they concentrate on their career. Mm -hmm. It also happens when uh, in these uh, places most people are in where, the big cities though, right? And where women aren't oppressed, where women aren't oppressed and they can pursue careers, mm -hmm. they pursue careers, mm -hmm. they put off childbirth. Mm -hmm. It's like this, that's the the theme of idiocracy. Remember the remember idiocracy that movie? I didn't see it. I hear I about it all the time. Until recently, it's fucking. I gotta hilarious. go back. I, it's Bro, my it's, judge, right? Yes, it's I love still my judge, man. Really fucking. The new funny. Beavis and Butthead movie, better than ever. Really, Have I haven't seen it. Dude, I haven't seen it yet. The new I Beavis, Beavis and Butthead. It's like though. two months old. So good. I had Mike Judge in here a couple uh, months ago. Dude, they go to space, dude. Beavis uh. and Butthead go to fucking. <laughs> dude, it's so good. It's. So good. So the premise of idiocracy is there's this really smart couple and they keep putting it off, keep, keep putting it off having kids. And at the same time, you're showing this dude lives in a trailer park. He's fucking all these chicks near him. He knocks up her and she's chasing him with a frying pan because she finds out he knocked up her too. And it's wild. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like, it just shows how people are just getting dumber and dumber. The dumber people are overpopulating. The smart people aren't having any children. Like your bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the bit from 2005. So that's really what it is. I mean, this is exactly what Elon is saying. Yeah. Is yeah. that in these cities, there is a depopulation problem. Then there's also another problem. Dr. Shanna Swan, we had her on the podcast. She wrote a book called Countdown, and it's all about phthalates and how phthalates are getting into people's blood supplies from plastics and how it's directly affecting our reproductive systems. Mm. It's making men's dicks smaller and oh, balls no. smaller and taints smaller. And the way they identify mammals, males or females, is the male's taint is 50 to 100% larger. And the introduction of phthalates, they know these from studies, when you introduce phthalates into the blood supply of these, these creatures, like mice and rodents and shit like that, yeah. they're, all of their taints shrink. And that's exactly what's happening to people. And yeah. we have phthalates in our blood. So they do these, these blood tests on people and they find all these microplastics and all this residue from petrochemical products. And if you look at when petrochemical products were introduced and plastics were introduced in America and then look at sperm counts, look at miscarriage rates, look at dick sizes, all that stuff, testicle sizes, it's all shrinking. I'll skip that part. 
all shrinking. <laughs> hey, if a girl, it's all if shrinking. a girl licks your taint, does she get credit for eating man ass? It's pretty close. She's in the neighborhood. You know, it's like your Beverly Hills adjacent. That, <laughs> <laughs> does she get credit? I think she does. Damn. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's a risky. <laughs> so the, the whole, remember, uh, I don't know if you remember, but I've, I brought this up on the podcast before, and I don't know if it's true. I hear it. No, uh, you got. We didn't have a, de- a debunking website or whatever, but um, the uh, saying that the entire population of the world, whatever it is, seven billion or something, can all fit in Texas or Alaska in their own house. Remember that. I think if you stuffed everybody yeah. together like a yeah. favela. Totally. No, no, totally, yeah. right? Yeah. It would have to be that, yeah. that way, right? And then the rest of it's farmland. But, but even, even, even if it wasn't Texas, it has to be the whole United States. Like you could fit the whole population. Of the world. Of the world in the United States. They're right. saying you could fit them in Texas or Alaska. That's what they're saying. Yeah, Nobody's debunked that. To, and I, I don't know. No, but, they probably could fit them physically. The problem is where are you no, going to no, get I'm all not the saying, food? I'm not saying, I'm not saying, hey, let's, let's all move them to Alaska. This is just all. Oh, here it is. Standing shoulder to shoulder, the entire world's population could fit within 500 square miles. Of Los Angeles. Of Los Angeles. What? Okay, so shoulder think about that. So if that's true, so it must be true, right? right? If that's true, even if let's just say that's off. and it, That's only LA. It's the, the whole United States. I know it's only LA, right? If that's true, okay, there ain't nobody on this motherfucker, dude. That would mean if we got everybody in Alaska or everybody in Texas and the whole world was empty, right? all of South America, okay. Asia, Russia, to me, that means this overpopulation bullshit is a fucking myth, man. But wait that's a minute, a that doesn't make any sense because what they're saying in this Los Angeles thing is people stand shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, I'm you just saying if that's like true, that. if that's no, no, I'm not saying to live that way. I'm just saying if you can do that, if you could fit the whole population, then just you by think size, there's plenty of room for everybody, dude. Right. Back in the when I first started flying and uh, teaching seminars all over the world, I would always just look out the plane and go. All I see is just nobody. I see a city way over there, city way over there, and go, it's empty. I go, we should all have a plot of land. <laughs> That's what I'd be thinking. I go, there's so much wasteland. When you fly across the United States, dude, there's only people in L.A., New York, Miami, and San Francisco. Everything else is empty, dude. You're on a plane. There's nobody. There's nobody here. So I don't want. So when people talk about climate change, well, we're we're causing climate change or overpopulation, and then you got Elon Musk saying that's the one thing. I'm like, damn, Elon Musk is saying that. He's saying that overpopulation is a myth. It's actually the reverse. I'm like, whoa. So I don't want to hear anything about overfucking population. Oh, it's it's it seems overpopulated when you're in a city and you're living in a favela and they got you all crammed into a city, super smart cities and all that shit. Yeah, it's overpopulated, but the rest of the world's empty. It's fucking empty. Well, there's a lot of people that you have to feed. That's the problem. The problem is not just the number of people. The problem is the resources. Do you believe cow farts are melting icebergs? Cow farts are not the problem. It's actually burps. Dude, it's that's methane. hilarious. It's that's methane. Hilarious. But, it's just, but there's also ways that they use regenerative farming. So it's carbon neutral. You know, there's people that have like, discussed regenerative farming. The only problem is like scaling it for millions and millions yeah. of people. But it's just a natural product of animals eating grass. They they do know that that happens. Dude, you know how bad those farts gotta stink do you for ever them to melt in? icebergs. No, it's not that it's melting icebergs. It's just releasing methane. That's what cl- climate change. It's all about melting icebergs, rising it's, sea levels. Yeah. It's all about the icebergs. It, but it definitely polar bears. It definitely contributes to the gases. Do you know? Have you ever gone to like one of those places that just grow cows? 
My parents used to live in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I used to have to drive through farmland. Bro, it smells so bad. It smells so bad. Like the people that have I've to I've driven live... through farmland before. You could smell the cow shit. You no, no, the... no. It's not just cow shit. Where they raise cattle. Yeah. Not, not I mean, like millions and millions of cows. I will never believe cow farts are causing climate change. There's no it's way not, anybody's going to believe that. Or the burps. The burps or the farts. It's contributing to the gases that are in the environment. <sighs> the, you know, what Dan Pena is saying and what, what the Steve Coonan is saying more specifically is that we're talking about a negligible effect in comparison to all these other effects. I wonder. I want to see a documentary on how they they found out cow farts are are burning a I hole in the ozone. Farts. It's really burps. Burps. It's just it's just <laughs> methane, man. But I'm telling you, these uh, carbon neutral farmers, these people that use regenerative farming, they take the manure and they put it back into the soil, and that's that's what they use for fertilizer, and everything is organic. And they're saying if you do it, that's the way animals and the, the environment are supposed to interact. What we've done that's so fucked is factory farming. And we've taken all these animals and shoved them into these places and made these toxic lace, waste lakes of animal waste. Have you seen those? They fly a drone over these um, factory farming setups that they have for pigs? Mm -mm. Like, dude, if everybody wants sausage and everybody wants bacon, you need a lot of fucking pigs. A lot of pigs. And it's horrific. What they have to do to raise pigs in an economical way so you can get cheap bacon is pretty fucked. That's real. And is that is 100% contributing to the amount of methane that gets released and gases that get released. Because if you go anywhere near those places, they're fucking terrible toxic. They smell awful, man. Like that shit's – if you live in that city and they open up like a, some sort of a factory farming setup right outside of town, guess what? Your city's ruined. You're going to smell that shit. You're gonna smell, and you're gonna get used to the smell, unfortunately, because olfactory senses, the olfactory senses, detect changes in smells. That's why people stink; they don't smell themselves, because otherwise, be like, "Oh my god, I smell! I gotta get the fuck out of here." You detect changes in smell. So if you live in a place that stinks, like some parts of New Jersey when they were like really polluted, they have factories out there. The people that lived there didn't even know it stunk. People had to come visit them and go, "What the fuck are you living? Where are you living, man? You know how bad it smells here? It makes it smells normal." Because they're used to it. They get accustomed to it. That 100% is contributing to pollution. So whether it's factory farming or whether it's factories, all the different things that people do that we enjoy, if you want electricity, something's got to burn. Like, how do you do it? Do you use coal? What do you do? Unless you're going to do nuclear, it's gonna, you're going to have some fucking, you're going to have some negative effect. So even people that are getting electric cars, there's people out there thinking they're doing a great job. I have this electric car that's powered by a fucking coal plant. Which is the craziest shit ever. Fire and coal is yeah. powering your super clean, super green electric car. That's the that's the fraud right there. Well, it's it's completely illogical, that's for sure. That's like this thing like Gavin Newsom said that by twenty thirty five they're not gonna sell any more uh, gas vehicles in yeah. California. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Like for, not only that, but that's denying technology. Because what if they come up with technology that allows you to filter out all the negative effects of gas? Like, they used to have leaded gas. Do you know that? Like, gas used to have lead in it. Mm -hmm. And the reason why it had lead in it is, like, engines would knock, okay? And so they would make these, this horrible, like, knocking pain. They would run like shit. So they added lead to gasoline. And they poisoned the whole world. Do you know that the IQ levels of people who were born between a specific time when they were using leaded gas are lower, like statistically lower than people who weren't 
fucking lead poisoned. Hmm. Did you know that? I had no idea. That's why you have unleaded gas. When you go to the, you're like, why, would, why do they have to tell me it's unleaded? What the fuck does that mean? They used to have lead in the fucking gas. And that was in the air, everywhere. And everyone was getting lead poisoning. In fact, there's certain plots of land, like a friend of mine was trying to do uh, a garden. He he lived in New York. And he got his his grass tested and got his soil tested. It's like it was filled with lead poison. Because it's the same dirt that was there in like 1968 when they had leaded gas. Pull pull up leaded gas, because this is something that people don't know about. Like probably you and me are dumber. Lead from gasoline blunted the IQ of about half the U.S. population. Leaded gas was banned in 1996, but exposure to the poison cost people born before then several IQ points on average, researchers estimate. Are you sure it wasn't the music? (laughs) (laughs) Or the TV? Bro, it's Growing pains? Remember the TV TV in the 80s, dude? (laughs) <laughs> growing. I used to watch Growing Pains. <laughs> I, I still, the dumbest shows made you feel ever. better. They, like everything was going to work out. <laughs> oh, yeah. They always worked it out the last five minutes. Well, how, about, oh. how about Law and Order? Never watched it. They always tied it up nice and yeah. neat at the end. Yeah. The bad guy goes yeah. to jail. Chips. Remember that? Oh, yeah. S- uh, California Highway Patrolmen, yeah. traffic cops. Oh, every episode, they get involved in some kind of cartel, drug running shit. Yeah, <laughs> Eric Estrada, and then Hilarious. who was the, the what was guy. the white guy's name? I don't remember. Who was the white guy? Larry Ponch and Larry. You remember something? Starsky and Hutch? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my cousin, I remember my cousin loved Starsky and Hutch, and he had one of them Starsky and Hutch cars with the stupid stripe on the side of it. Yeah. That was like the ugliest car. Like, go, go to the Starsky and Hutch car. Look, you know I love, like, classic muscle cars. I would never want one of these pieces of shit. And that no? was like, no, look at this terrible Starsky and Hutch that car. That red and white one? Yeah, piece I like of shit. It. That thing's a hunk Come of on, shit, man. bro. That's a hunk of shit. That's their car. Look, the fucking stupid stripe on the side of it. That thing's such a clown mobile. That thing's terrible. Uh, I thought you would dig it. Get the fuck out look of here. Look at that. Listen, that, looks, well, that doesn't look too bad. Actually, that one doesn't look too bad. I like with the dual exhaust out the back. I like those tires and wheels, too. But still, that's a hunk of shit. Now, look at that. Oh, that's for sale somewhere? Cut to me driving one next week. <laughs> I'm an asshole. <laughs> now you got to get one, dude. Fuck it. No, but cut. go to 1970s Chevelle SS, black with white stripes. Go to that. Let me show you what was also available during this time period. The fuck out of here with that Starsky and Hutch car when you could be driving a real American muscle car. Show me Whatever happened shit. to your Cuda? You know oh, who has I still it? got it. Still oh, got you still got it? it? Look, yeah, look at that motherfucker right there. That's now, what I'm talking the about. The one that sounded so. like a dragon? Yeah. You still have that? I thought you sold it. No, no, no. I bought you, it back. You bought it back? Yes. You know who bought it? Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush was oh, driving shit. it around. Yeah, Reggie, Reggie Bush had it. And then how did you and, get it back? Uh, he sold it back to the, uh, the the folks that I got it to, that I gave it to. Oh. I, I, so I traded it for a GT3. From my friends at uh, Fusion Motorsports. Okay. Fusion Motorsports is the dopest fucking car sales place in Los Angeles. Okay. They have like all these like cool old hot rods and go to Fusion Motorsports website. They have the dopest cars, man. Like dope Lamborghinis and like crazy like 1970 Broncos that are all fixed up. Like they 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 specialize in those kind of cars. So Yoel contacted me. He goes, Hey, we got your Barracuda back. 
because um, Reggie Bush got tired. Cause those things fucking break down all the time. A dude like Reggie Bush is out there balling. He, he have time for that. Look at these fucking cars this place has, though. So there's a lot of shit like Ford GTs, but look at that custom Roadster Shop Fastback 1965 yeah. Mustang. That's my shit. That's what I like. That kind of shit. Click when, on that, Jamie. That, yeah, go, go to that. Yeah, look at that. That's the kind of shit I like. Yeah. So they sell a lot of those kind of things. Dude, so they had it, so I bought it back. And then I sent it to Roadster Shop, the same people that built this car. I sent it to Roadster Shop, and they're in the middle of fixing it. Damn. The the you know I don't remember a lot of shit, but there's certain shit I'll never forget, and I'll never forget you picking me up. Uh, you, you know, you're in the valley. You're driving your Cuda to pick me up in in Hollywood to drive to the comedy store and hang out. You you, you know while you do your sets and shit, and I'm just chilling. Being able to hear that car from like a mile away, dude. You drop me off, and when you would drop me off, and you'd you would fucking step on the gas, and I could hear you when you're like on La Brea and Sunset, and I could still. <gasps> it sounded like a goddamn Tyrannosaurus Rex. It did sound like a dragon. Dude, it's that's an American. I'll never car. forget that. Going, damn, you're just like. <sighs> American muscle cars have such a specific sound. That's what people are going to miss. And I'm really happy and really lucky. I feel real lucky that I grew up during a time that those cars were popular and that they fixed a lot of the bullshit in them. Like what I like about like that car that we were looking at, the 1965 Mustang, the Roadster Shop one. Yeah. They fixed it. So it's got all like really high-tech brakes, high-tech suspension components. Everything handles well. It steers well. It brakes really quick. You know, the engine runs on fuel injection so it doesn't stall out all the time. They're, they're like the shit now. They make them like you're driving a regular normal new car, but it's a 1965 Mustang or it's a 1970 uh, Barracuda, which is what mine is. So they do that. How many cars you got now? I got a few cars. And where do you keep them? Can I go see them? Yeah, I'll tell you later. (laughs) We'll talk about it later. (laughs) That's my Uh, number one addiction is uh, old muscle cars. But they're an investment too. They're worth things. Like those cars are all worth money. Like they, they don't lose money. Like, if you have a 1970 Barracuda, that's not worth less money next year. It's yeah. worth the same amount or more. Like, they hold their value because they're so valuable. And they only made a certain amount of 1970 Barracudas. If you go to, like, the real ones, the the, 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 the guys are into the numbers matching shit. And I get it. I get it. They want, like, exactly from the factory. To, to me, that's nonsense. I don't understand that. When you want it to drive better, do you like the fucking thing or not? Then you should be using it. If you use it, why are you using it with those shitty-ass brakes? It's terrible. So they're driving like an antique relic that can't handle, it doesn't break well. Those are worth millions. Hmm. Millions. The numbers matching ones. If you get like a numbers matching Hemi Cuda from like 1971, I guarantee you those are worth a million dollars plus. Hmm. Those are so expensive. And they cost like 30 grand when they came out. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's like probably less than 30 grand. Like in today's dollars, probably like 40 grand. They weren't like expensive cars. There's probably a bunch of old people out there that have no idea that they're sitting on a million dollars. That's a barn find. They find them all the time. They find, oh, I got this car my son-in-law left in my garage and I never did anything. I just covered it with this tarp. And you go out there and you lift the tarp up and it's a fucking half a million dollar car sitting there covered in dust. Holy shit. They find those all the time, all over the country. Those, but there's only so many of them. You know, like if they only, every year the production only made a certain amount of these old cars. Look at that. Numbers matching, thoroughly documented, award-winning 1971 Plymouth Hemi Cuda. Oh, it's a bargain. Only half a million dollars. 
I know they've sold them for a lot more than that. I don't know why. Maybe it's like specific. Look how good that looks, though. Go back to that thing again. Look how good that looks. God damn, that's a good looking car. That is a fucking good looking car. Yeah. I mean, shit. There's just something about that part of American history to me that's the most fascinating because that's the that part of American history is the part of American history where rock and roll exploded. Jimi Hendrix exploded. The Beatles exploded. That was just this wild Led Zeppelin time. Yeah. It was just a wild time in American culture. And you see it in the cars. But in the 80s, those cars sucked. Yeah, because of the right? gas crisis. And, and just because they were, ah, they're, they're old. No, it was the gas crisis. And there was also uh, protection. Like, those things are terrible in accidents. No, but I, I just mean because they, were, they weren't that old. You know, it's just like a decade old. Oh, they represented, I see like, what you're saying. Oh, those are sh- Poor people have those cars. Yeah. Those are shitty cars. But then after 30 years, like, holy shit. Yeah, I thought you meant the cars yeah. in the 80s. Do you think, like, cars from the 2000s will ever be like that in, like, 40 years? I don't think we're making cars that are going to be the same. Then they, they don't, like, if you get a 1973 Porsche and you get into it, like, that motherfucker's built good. You shut the door, it's solid as fuck. Everything feels like really well put together and made. You know, if you could, in 1999 Camaro, you drive it around today, it's fucking the doors falling off, the seats are all eroded, they're all falling apart, the fucking shifter sticks. There's all sorts of things wrong with those. They don't make them to last. Those old cars, they made those motherfuckers to last. They didn't have the sense, like now they, they do what's called planned obsolescence. Right, so they make something, and they they figure you're gonna use it for a couple of years. Like if you buy like a new Android phone, Samsung was only gonna say we'll update it for like three years. That's it. So you got you better get a new phone in three years, or you're gonna be running some old software and the apps won't work on it right. They planned for it. Yeah, they planned to have to give you. Back then they didn't plan for that shit. They made Toyota Land Cruisers in 1970. They're still on the road. Those motherfuckers, they just run forever. They have like 400,000 miles on them. They yeah. just run forever. Keep changing the oil. Keep fucking changing the spark plugs, do the right thing. That shit will last forever. They made stuff that lasted forever. Yeah, there's a lot of buildings like that, too. Oh, yeah. Do you know who, uh, have you ever heard of John Levi? Yes, where have I heard that name? He's got a YouTube channel, and <clears throat> you know you got a bit, you're, we were talking about earlier where uh, you was like, I think people used to be really smart. But and the then dumb they, people just outfuck the yeah. smart people. Yeah. Well, um, this guy... John Levi, he's just got a, amazing videos of uh, a, like a bunch of structures all over the world, and, and United States included, where uh, we can't even build it today. It, there's a lot of crazy shit. Have you heard the Tartarian? Uh, yeah, Sam Tripoli brought that up. Yeah, there's many yeah. levels to it. There's, there's the, uh, one of them is there was a, there's evidence that there was a great mud flood. There's a lot of shit, a lot of shit, structures underground. There was a great mud flood. And then there's evidence that there was a, like some kind of electromagnetic cataclysm that, um, did you know bricks uh, conduct electricity? Bricks do? Yeah. How so? I don't know, but apparently they conduct electricity. Well, don't they use ceramic on electrical components? They do. I don't know. They use ceramic and some, don't they? Yeah, I could be wrong about that. This is just. This is just all this stuff that. And um, here it is. Bricks can be charged up to ten thousand times, says scientists. Yeah, isn't that that crazy? It's crazy. The red pigment of bricks converted into a plastic compound can be used to conduct and store electricity. 
a study published by Nature Communications found. Whoa, so your fucking house could be a battery? Yeah, so that's what that's what this conspiracy theory is. There's a mud flood side, there's the electromagnetic, uh, 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 we, dude, it's, it's what I'm into the most, dude. John Levi videos. I'm into that. The f you get addicted. Everybody that I get into it, they go, dude, I can't stop watching him. Curtis yeah. from uh, from 10th Planet Austin, he goes, I can't stop watching. You just start, there's so he made so many of them. This guy's this guy is he doesn't say he knows anything. He's just he gets on Google Maps and goes to places like, look in Utah, look at this. What the hell is that? And you know that city, Turkmenistan. There's yeah. a city, Turkmenistan. Okay. You have you heard of this one? I think so. Dude, there's a, a city. It's like a ghost city in the middle of the middle Middle East. That's in has insane structures. Pull that up, Jamie. And I think the I think the city is called uh, Abistan or Abstan or something, but it's Turkmenistan, and they got some insane structures. Whoa, what is that? Like you see those those antennas? Mm. People are theorizing that that. Those antennas are, are taking energy out of the air, like the way Tesla wanted to do it. Like all that shit's just, it's just, it's free energy. And those are antennas? That's who, what he thinks who, those are? Who knows? Who knows what they are? But that's what but he's theorizing. <laughs> that's what he's theorizing. Um, like anyways, you see those structures? Yeah. Um, there's structures like that all over the United States. And there's, there's structures. All, so the, the theory is these structures were already here before us what these structures this is this is the, the the theory is great resets happen all the time it doesn't you know because according to mainstream history we were horse and buggy from the year one to 100 200 to the year 1000 1200 1300 the year 1500 1600 1700 and then 1910 we figured it out Oh, we figured out electricity. We figured out cars. This guy, based on what he his research, is saying, dude, humans figured this shit out like in 150 years, and they keep doing it over and over again. And there's there was a he's saying that there was he thinks that there was a great reset in the 1800s. That free energy was already discovered. There was already free energy in the 1800s. At, in the 1800s, Where? and they shut it down. They shut it. Who's they? The, the the same right, the same the, the same linear okay, go watch it on your own dude it's fascinating okay fascinating I'll so so real quick let me end, let me okay. end the, so he's saying he's, this was he's theorizing you don't know he's saying that <laughs> that Nikola Tesla was a distraction they already figured out all that Nikola Tesla shit Nikola Tesla was like oh they they, they got people to focus on the guy who really knew everything. He had 300 inventions and patents and all that, and he was battling with, with uh, Thomas Edison, and then he stole all this shit, and then Westinghouse, boom. He's saying, that's a distraction. They already had free energy. So, so he's saying, horse and buggy, all that, like, um, he's thinking, like, the Wild West and all that shit was rewritten history. Like, we had to start over with the horse and buggy. They figured it all out destroyed it well there's a lot of theories about civilization being reset but yes. to me the most interesting one is the younger driest impact theory because that has a lot of evidence and that's the one that randall carlson and graham hancock proposed that somewhere around twelve thousand years ago we were hit 
all over the world with asteroid impacts. And that's what ended the Ice Age and caused a destruction that we couldn't even imagine. And then yeah. civilization was forced to relearn everything. Yeah, this this guy's saying resets happen way more often. Like, we weren't horse and buggy for 2,000 years. You don't we think figured, so? That's what he's saying. That, and all this evidence of all this shit, all, you know, he's, it, it seems like... The pyramids, they blow the pyramids up so much. Like, who built those? Did aliens build them or did the slaves build them? Like, they got everybody on the pyramids of 10,000 years. Is it 10,000? Is it 20,000? They got everybody on the boom, like the 10,000, 20,000. But really, it looks, there's a theory that that's just a distraction for the re- for the, the structures that are on in our cities. Yeah, that we got the, structures and we got structures in our cities all over the United States that we can't build today. But like, they wait a minute, wait a minute. That's because they don't understand the construction methods. Exactly. But it's not because they're physically incapable of building it. Like the pyramids, the problem with the pyramids is they're almost physically incapable of building yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what's so crazy about yeah. the pyramids. Like somehow or another, five thousand plus years ago, they had the technology to make some stuff yes. that blows your fucking mind today. Totally, totally, I believe that, and I'm with you with that. But there's levels. It isn't just uh, ten thousand so years it's old. Multiple there's times like, this is there's happened. buildings. There, this guy's saying there's every city has got buildings that no one knows how they built them. They've been here when they were been here, they were they were here before we got here. What? Yes, but crazy. There's, but there's no, like Lewis crazy. and Clark don't have any fucking stories about finding cities. They who found knows? Who knows? Bears and shit. And when it comes native. to history, man, I'm like, I'm all of mainstream history to me is sus. When you got writings and journals, anybody could have wrote that. There was no video or, right. or you know. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's just fascinating. Of course, oh. but, but here's the thing, though. Why is it so fascinating? Why because is it so interesting to find like secrets? Because things that because the people about. that are running shit, all they do is shove lies down our throats from the day we're born. So it's fascinating finding out what the react what what the truth is. Yeah, and that's what it is. Try that's all to just. Could be wrong, but we're trying to find the truth. And there's a lot of shit. When you when you get into a couple John Levi videos, dude, you're gonna be fucking stuck, dude. He breaks it all, dude. He he goes to the places. You you look at these structures. What is his what? background? Uh he's not. I don't think he's a scientist or anything. He's just he's just Someone a regular dude. Oh, a small that. business owner who sold his uh, COVID fucked his business up. So he ends up living in like in like uh, parts of like a small town in Utah. So he's saying, goes, he goes like Utah, he's, he knows a lot about Utah. He goes, dude, the mainstream story is wild west, everybody's coming, there's nobody here but Indians. And then we, they get to U, uh, Utah and the Mormons start up the religion or whatever. And he goes, and then you see all these old pictures and he's thinking, they're like, it's all like cowboys and Indians, like everything wood structure. Like, that's what you would think, horse and buggy, you're in a wagon, all your buildings are gonna be out of wood. Right, but then all of a sudden, where did this fucking structure come? From? You guys just got here and you built some shit, some ca- like castles, castles. Like, what are these? Like, show me these places. Show me. Pull, the, if you if you go if you go to, if, I've never heard of any structures in North America that people can't explain. They're everywhere, dude. Everywhere. They're everywhere. Dude. Okay. So this is 1913. Is this a John Levi video? Yeah. So this is a bunch of buildings. So you just got to It's you know you got to listen to him talk, and he goes through a bunch of shit. So this is uh, look like this, like shit, like that. Like, how did that happen? Like in San Francisco, there's structures in San Francisco. There was supposed to be nobody there. There's structures like it was supposed to be coal miners or gold miners, but there's structures in San Francisco that were already there. What do you They're mean like, already there though? Like when? Don't they, they know when these fucking things were built? 
That's the question. Do they really? Well, what structures? Or, or are, are they re- are they rewriting history? That's the question. That's the question. So, so you'd you... have to sit down and watch it. You can't like you're not gonna. Okay. You have to sit down and watch it. But but uh, what he found is like there's all these old castles all over the United States that they turn into in- insane asylums. Cast <laughs> yes, insane asylums. They turn old castles that turn into insane asylums. So that was one that they built in 1893. But they did know how to build these buildings. There's even photos of these people making these buildings back then. Like old- he thinks a lot of those photos are staged. <laughs> you said they're. As you're bringing it up, I was going to ask some I heard recently. It's not a conspiracy, but like, do you know how fast the uh, Empire State Building was made? No, how fast? One year and forty-five days, t- twenty months it took them to make they a hundred and two-story building. They hold ass. Downtown Austin, you know, I mean, they're doing one at a time, but it's not that fast. Yeah, why do you think that is? Desire, honestly, is probably it. They probably paid people and they were breaking rules and. They probably didn't have rules. Like those dudes that are walk, walking on those beams, eating lunch, just sitting up there. Yeah. You see those photos? Those photos freak me dudes the Dudes fall fuck all out. the time. Even with the safety shit they got going on now, my cousin builds skyscrapers in downtown LA. He's up. He loves it. He's, he loves getting up at 530 in the morning and hanging out on welding skyscrapers. Jeez. He says, oh, you hear someone fell off? Boom. Every now and then people fall. Fuck. Can you imagine what that looks like? Fuck. Can you imagine Can the splatter? Can you imagine being that guy? You're making 15 bucks an hour? They make a lot. They make uh, way more than 15. They're like in the $40 range an hour or something oh, like that. Okay. Yeah, they make good money. Still, 40 but bucks sti- an hour? I would not, dude, fall off a fucking dude if I see a video of heights, I'm I scared of heights. Sweaty. Like just on video, yeah. it scares the shit out of me. I've I had, did the uh, VR, you know, where you're on oh, that. Oh, yeah. The, I'm like, oh! I'm that I had guy. Alex Honnold on a couple of times. You know who he is? No. He's that guy that free solo climbs. He climbed oh, yeah, yeah, El yeah, Capitan. Yeah, yeah. He's just digging his hand into cracks, and they they film him with the drones. So they got like drones around him, filming him, and he's literally what if a drone hit him, dude? Up. What's this guy? <gasps> oh, this guy see, gets that even, paid like that fucks me up <laughs> every day, <laughs> six months, and works twenty earns twenty thousand dollars a time. Change a light bulb at the top of this tower. He has to change a light bulb up there. Oh, oh my God. Every six I'm already getting chills. Every it. six months he does this. Yeah. What? In the, and he gets 20k. Yeah, that's his, pretty good. Each time he does it. Oh, that's not bad, but still, because <gasps> nobody wants to do it. Right. Fuck so that, bro. Fuck. 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 <sighs> fuck. That's hard to fuck, watch. Fuck, Is that fuck. normal? That it's hard to watch for some of people. Of course it's hard Probably, to watch. Yeah. It's fucking hard to watch, man. This is terrifying. Look how he keeps doing it. And look how they set it up for him. They didn't even set it up good. They didn't make it where, why, if you know that someone's going to have to change that oh. fucking light bulb, oh. wouldn't you have oh. like some sort of normal staircase up there? <laughs> that, that makes it too easy for anyone to get Dude, up there. Dude, my legs are, guess, are is that like. What it is? Bro, it's that is. I'm getting chilled that up is and down my body. fucking wild. Look, he has to reach into his bag and pull out a light bulb and change it. <gasps> and he's probably counting the money right now. He's probably going to get one of them Starsky and Hutch cars. Do you think the drone is fucking with him? Because oh, they're geez. filming it. That's hard to look at, right? <laughs> oh, look, is he's that, taking a selfie. Being afraid of heights, is that like a natural yes, thing you think? It's got to yes, be, right? It's survival. Yeah, stay away from that shit. Survival. <laughs> it's a survival skill. It's like it's a natural mechanism to prevent you from fucking going near the edge of cliffs. Yeah, I wonder if it's, it's programmed. Because, you know, like, for me, um, I'm programmed to be scared shitless of swimming in the like deep in the ocean yeah. i would think that right away a shark's gonna eat me oh, yeah. you know what i mean and that comes from jaws yeah 
you know, Jaws did that to me. And, and all stories in the news. Yeah, yeah, totally. Surfers getting their legs bit off. So that's kind of like, um, you know, a mind fuck right there. Of course I wonder, I wonder if there was things we saw on TV that, that made us f- afraid of heights. No, was, no, it's just, it's just natural. natural. You think natural. natural. You fall, you fucking die. Everybody yeah. knows it. It's like you're yeah. looking at possible. It's like watching a video of someone like staring into a gun. Yeah. Like, don't fucking do it. Your finger's on the trigger and you're staring into the gun. Like, duh. It's yeah. the same kind of thing. It's yeah. like you could fuck up. You know, it was a trip that you had Mark Zuckerberg on this podcast. Trip. That was a crazy. That was a crazy podcast, and and the fact that he was all into jujitsu that was a shock. He loves it. That was a shock. He trains almost every day. It's crazy, right? He loves it. He's a super smart guy. It makes yeah, sense. Yeah, smart people get into jujitsu. It's like it becomes a puzzle. And he said that he, when he was running all the time, he said he thought too much. He said, because you're thinking about your life and all your distractions and all your shit. He goes, when I'm doing jujitsu, I'm only You can't only think thinking, about nothing. can't think about can't nothing. can't think about shit. And that's in that way, I think it's one of the reasons why people become so addicted to jujitsu Because it's like medicine for you. It's med- yeah. medicine for your brain. Yeah. yeah. And you're practicing killing. That's medicine for your brain, yeah. too. Yeah. That's medicine you for know. your brain, too. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also like the exertion that you have is so thorough that you leave there, you're so peaceful. You're like, you're like all my fucking aggressions are gone. They're you're gonna go to Abu Dhabi? Out. I'm thinking about Dude, it. Dude, go, I, I it's have, gonna be insane. Yeah, I'm, I may be able to. I'm trying to move something around to see it. You know? Dude, you should go. Also in October 23rd, we're having EBI Absolutes. So Ooh, you're gonna get to that? see, where's that's that? gonna be in El Paso, Texas at Ooh. the Speaking Rock Entertainment Center. How far is El Paso I, from here? Uh, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. You should go, dog. Um, we'll hook it up. It's a it's a great place. They have concerts there. Uh, Cypress Hill was just there. When is that? September. It's a whole weekend. Uh, we're gonna have Medusa, which is our all female event. September twenty. 20- I like that name. Let me see. Yeah, it's all all females. How far is El Paso, Jamie? I think it's Dallas. It's above Dallas. Oh, so September twenty fourth is Medusa three, dude. Medusa's awesome. It's it's, it's uh, girls doing combat jujitsu. Sorry, what? It's on the uh, border. It's on the border. Oh, so it's way the fuck down there. Oh, it's right near right near Juarez. Quick uh, private jet, boom. You know what I mean? But the the twenty third or the twenty fourth climate, Eddie. You shouldn't fly private. It's terrible. You should take a bus. <laughs> I saw people saying that, that uh, Mark Wahlberg could have taken a bus. I literally said, saw them say that. They're complaining. Yeah. That he yeah. took his jet and he only flew for 19 minutes. They're like he could have taken a bus. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? If you if you if you're on private jets all the time, you probably you, you shouldn't be like. Uh, uh, Giving speeches on climate how, change. Yeah, you should probably shut the fuck up. <laughs> you should probably shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. This is amazing. Those guys are all flying <laughs> private, schooling yeah. around their yachts. Please, and they're talking yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'd be awesome to see fucking Greta Thunberg in a private jet partying, uh, partying, and boom. You know what I mean? You know she's on private jets. You, you know that. So? <laughs> they probably shh. Yeah, keep this on a DL. No Instagram pictures. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to take them so bad. <laughs> she wants it so bad. Here to save the world. <laughs> Kissy face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is a wild thing because they do not ever want to give up those private jets, but yet they will fly private jets to a conference to talk about climate change. <laughs> it's kind of crazy because it's the ultimate trap. Because the really rich people never want to give up private jets and yachts. Hell no. Why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you become a billionaire if you couldn't get your own jet and a yacht? Can you imagine if their guards had to give up their guns? Oh, my God. Oh, they'd freak the fuck out. They would freak the fuck out. That's what's hilarious, right? Well, I was talking about this the other day about Hollywood. 
It's like, who is more anti-gun than Hollywood? Nobody. Who promotes guns more than Hollywood? Nobody. They're the exactly. greatest promoter of guns yeah. ever. Yeah. In every fucking good movie, the guy uses a gun and kills the bad guy. Yeah. He uses a gun and kills yeah. the monster. Yeah. If if you're making movies, you need to shut the fuck up shut about, the about fuck gun up. control. Please. Shut the fuck up. What you're, the fuck are you talking you're about? You're causing people to want to go get guns. Yeah. Also, all the movies like The Purge and shit like that. Tell me yeah. those don't gun sales don't jack up every time. The fu- how about how about um, uh, what would sports look like? If sports were uh, run in a socialist way, oh god! Like every go, everybody got paid the same. Oh god! Nobody gets cut. Oh, like god. you could have as many people on the team as possible. Everyone gets paid the same, and you had to have uh, Mexicans play basketball. You had to have <laughs> at least three Mexicans <laughs> play basketball. You know what I mean? And a couple East Indians. You know, you had to mix it all in. A couple Asians. What do you think? What would happen to sports if, if it went socialist? It would fall apart. You think so? I think if you didn't let everybody that's really the best play the most. That's not what socialism is. I know. That's what's ridiculous. Everyone about gets it. paid the same. Well, sports is like the that's the fucking where the rubber meets the road with that shit. Yeah. Because it's a meritocracy. The yeah. best players play the best. Yeah. And they're the number one people. Like yeah. the best fighter wins. I he- want I want some Mexicans in football. <laughs> we had like two. <laughs> We had two. Anthony Munoz in 1978. He was a big Mexican uh, offensive lineman for the Bengals. And then I think uh, uh, Sanchez from the Jets. Wasn't he a quarterback, Jamie? Was He's half Mexican. We need more Mexicans. I want like a little paisita Mexican fucking playing cornerback. That would Imagine be awesome. Imagine if there was, uh, you had to have, that was the mandate. It didn't matter how good you were. We had to have a certain amount of trans people, a certain amount of lesbians, a certain amount of Asians, yep. East Asians. Girls and everything. Of, Females yep. playing football. Mix yep, them all everything. in. We got female refs. Why not throw them in, you know, as players too? Make it all equal. It would be ridiculous. It would be the greatest sports league of all time, dude. <laughs> <laughs> who, would be, who would be pissed off the most? The fans or the players, the good players? The good players. The good players, right? And the fans, because the playing would suck. Uh, you know what? Can you It'd imagine be... if like, you had LeBron James where you couldn't use him? <laughs> you, had to rota- you had to rotate everybody in yeah. equally. Yeah. You know, LeBron James making $120,000 a year. <laughs> He'd make all his money in sneakers. I wonder... If the, it would, it could be super entertaining to watch. It could be awesome. <laughs> Dude, it could be awesome. If you like bad sports? Hey. Uh, if you like the folly of come it. Come on. You, you, yeah. If you like the folly of it, of just like making I'm spots not saying available thr- to okay, anybody, take- regardless of how good they play. Yeah. You're gonna have bad sports. They gotta have some skill. You're right. They gotta but, have some like, skill. There's some sports you could never do that to. Like what? A race. Like it's an individual enters into the race, okay. you know. Like if you have a marathon, okay. Like the best people who run the fastest are going to win. It's a pure meritocracy. Because hmm. how do you fix women that? How do you fix race. that? Everybody gets to race. You know what? You know what you do. What do you do? Is you decide the winner before the race, and you say you're going to win, bro. <laughs> and you tell everybody, you tell your first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. You guys ready? Boom. We want to have a quality of outcomes. So we're yeah. going to let old yeah. people. And they pull a number. They'll put yeah. the name out of the hat. Boom. Boom. <laughs> and you bet on. <laughs> what name gets pulled yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. But you don't find out to the end of the race. So you, you kind of think it's real. That's the only way to fix the world, dude. Equality. <laughs> equality of outcome. Yeah. And the only way to enforce equality of outcome is violence. 
That's what's crazy. That's what people don't realize. If you want to enforce a quality of outcome, you're going to have to have, you want coffee? No, I want, you want some that. weed? Yeah. You want, um, you're going to have to have someone enforce those laws. You're going to have to, like, I, when I, one thing that I said that kind of scares me, if they really said that the way to fix America's problems is a total redistribution of all income, if they said, we're going to, we're going to vote on this, and the majority of people don't make much money, but the small percentage of people have most, I'll take some the small percentage of people have most of the money. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna evenly distribute that to everyone, we're gonna cure all poverty in this country. You just have to vote on it. People, I, people would do that. People would vote on that. Yeah. They would say that this is an in, unjust, in, unequal system. They didn't give a fuck if you started your business from the bottom, you ate ramen for fucking six years and figured out some invention and became a millionaire. They don't give a fuck about that. That, that You have too no. much money. It's not yeah. fair. You should give it to the, the greater good of the world. And then they spread it equally amongst the people. That's something that some people believe in. Yeah. And that would be terrifying because the only way to get those people to give up their money so if you're a person that did, you know, start some business and ate ramen for five years and did did bust your ass and made a real working sustainable business, someone comes along and says the only way you have this is because you've ripped somebody else off. That's There's what a, happened in Cuba. Yep. Oh, the people with money in Cuba, yep. they were they wanted to kill Fidel Castro. They were trying to murder that dude, mm -hmm. and then they find they were fleeing the country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ask uh, go to Florida and ask them Cubans how they feel about those uh, are all Republicans. Yeah. Ask them. Look at them. But that's what we're talking about. And that's something that people in this country would say yes to. There's yeah. a lot of people that would say yes yeah. to if it was proposed. That is terrifying. Because yeah. the only way to enforce that is violence. Yeah. <coughs> that's how you get a dictator like Castro. That's the only way you can enforce yeah. it. It's the only way you're yeah. going to get people to it give up. It sounds around. good, though. Yeah, it, it sounds, sounds good. good. Because, so dude, I was like, hey, what's Fidel? Like, look what he's saying. It sounds good. I'm going to, we're going to uh, give land to the poor. We're going to redistribute the wealth, free education, free medical. It sounds like, oh, sounds shit, perfect. okay. It's, it, it, it's, a, it's a utopian basically a dream. trick. Yeah. It's just a trick. Well, it sounds great on paper until you realize the only way to enforce it is to have a dictator that yeah. that tells you that you can't have what whatever you earn. Yeah. That someone has to come along and take it. One of my students uh, um, <clears throat> fled from Venezuela by himself, man. He trains every day. He tried to tell him <laughs> what, what socialist is like. Yeah. Um, a socialism, rather. Uh, I, I was in a, I did a, a seminar in Colombia and a guy was living in Colombia. He was a doctor in Argent or uh, uh, Venezuela, and he said the guy sweeping up his office got the same pay as he did. Oh Jesus! It's it's he so goes there's the, no the incentive. The, the problem with socialism, he said, and you hear this from many people who've experienced it, is uh, the system sounds great. Everyone gets a, you know equal. Uh, yeah, but the incentive is gone. Every, nobody works. Everyone just sits on their ass and they just rot. You know, that's the problem. That's no one, horrible. Nobody does shit. There's no incentive to do anything. That's the fucking you know? problem with human nature, right? Yeah, like, totally. Human nature, there's like a competitive drive that some people have to succeed. And the reward they get for that success is they get extraordinary wealth or they get fame or they get recognition. They, they get something out of it. Yeah. If you don't give them something, 
They, they, they don't want, why are they working then? They're working just for the greater good of people. Some yeah. people want to do that. Some yeah. people want to work yeah. just for the greater good of people. Yeah. Most people want some sort of compensation. Yeah. And if they work extraordinary hours and they dedicate themselves to something, which we know people do. We know people throw themselves into their work and become very successful. Yeah. They, I would, I mean, for sure, capitalism breeds corruption and breeds a lot of negative shit. For sure. Greed. Ca- for sure, capitalism yeah. does a lot of crazy shit. But for sure, socialism it, it is fucking it sucks. For sure, right? So, what would you rather live in? Uh, uh, both governments are corrupt, but in capitalism, if you work your ass off, you can you know you you can make money, and you can. Isn't there a way to do like capitalism, but have an ethical form of capitalism, where a certain amount of you know, tax dollars go to things that could actually help the community. And that's what comes out of making a certain amount of money is that you know that you're going to be contributing to the community. You're yeah. going to be helping. Yeah. So capitalism, you're you're still incentivized. You're still making a lot of money. But these companies decide on their own that they're going to generate income specific, like this Mr. Beast guy's doing. Makes all this money, generates a specific amount of it just for... Yeah, I think good causes. The big problem, or one of the big biggest problems in government, is there's nobody auditing where the tax money's going. There's nobody on it. People are just stealing tax money, and ta- you know why are they stealing the tax money? Because it's the only money you can steal where no one's going to come and kill you. Tax money, no one's going to come to get you. You steal someone's money. Shit, if he finds out where you live, he's going to come after your ass. You steal a corporation's money, they're going to fucking put you in prison. You steal tax money, no one, that's everybody's money. So being a politician is all about pulling on heartstrings, trying to pass these bills, these humanitarian bills, where we're aid here, aid over there, and then they steal the money. So nobody's keeping track. So how, how are they stealing the money? Are they stealing the money by virtue of, like, they develop these charities and most of the money goes to the bureaucracy and very little of it goes to the charity is that what you mean i don't know how money laundering works exactly but uh for sure there's loopholes yeah i don't I, I, for sure they're stealing money you know what i mean like uh like people forget that the wall you know uh that uh, they think that building a wall uh is like trump's idea and that it's it's racist to build a wall a border wall but there's plenty of video of obama and the clintons and everyone's like we got to build a secure borders are very important it's common sense shit secure yeah. borders are common sense you just yes we want to let you know if you're a, a mother you have kids and you're fleeing oppression hell yeah i want you here anybody like legit oppressed trying to find a better life hell yeah my grandma and grandpa did the same thing i'm all for that but we just can't let everybody unvetted we just got to make sure that we filter out the criminals and all the criminal activity that's going on with open borders it's common sense the democrats were all for that plenty of video oh yeah plenty, plenty of, video. of video and th- what end they pass bills to build the wall but they never finish it there's a documentary called the fence watch that shit so do you think they do that on purpose what they do is they do that say hey we need a wall common sense everybody's on it we need a wall we can't just have criminals coming through yes we're gonna let the yeah, people who are legit looking for a new life yes of course we of course who doesn't want that but uh so they there's a documentary called The Fence, and it's all about yeah they they pass the bill to build the wall, but they run out of money. 
and then mm. they disappear and then I'll talk about it again. And then they bring it up again. But when Trump did it, they're like, damn, this motherfucker really wants to build a wall. I go, dude, we just say we're going to build one because it's common sense and every, everyone agrees with common sense, but we don't actually do it. You mother- this motherfucker's really going to do it. Damn, okay, walls are racist. Walls are racist. Look at this racist. That's, that's what went down. But isn't Biden still building the wall? I think Biden went back. Didn't aren't they? They started construction on the wall again. But how come? Like all of a sudden, it's just all of a sudden. It's just a political. They were all against the wall this whole time. It's just a political talking. Yeah, exactly. It's wild. Exactly. It's it's it's, it's money. You know what's really wild? Nobody talks about putting up a wall for Canada. (laughs) You know what? There's a part. You know the border of Canada and the United States is like a path. Yeah. It's like carved out of the forest. There's a line. Biden administration to close border wall gaps in Arizona. Oh, Look at that. Finally. Biden administration said Thursday wow. it had authorized U.S. Customs and Border Protection to close gaps in a border wall. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Yay, Biden. Trump administration authorized completion. Excuse me. The Biden administration authorized completion of the Trump-funded U.S.-Mexico border wall in an open area of southern Arizona near Yuma. So Biden's racist now? It's just they say they just do it and they don't say anything about it. <laughs> just fucking, they just go, well, yeah, we were wrong. We need a wall. But the crazy thing is, like, go to the wall, go to the border of Canada. This is what's nuts. You go to the border of Canada and it's hilarious. It's like this field. It's like real easy. Like it's a good place to like but, know, know you're crossing the border. But when you cross in a car and you go through their little ports, yeah. They're hardcore, dude. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Canadian border patrol agents? Dude. And American I, border patrol agents I, at Canada are the same thing. Like they, they want to check everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's they're hardcore in Canada. And if you have a DUI, good luck. You oh, can't you can't get into Canada. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard. You in. It's hard to get into Canada. Yeah. Canada's no joke. So that's the look at the fucking pathway. Click on that one in the middle. Yeah, anyone. Is any that, one of those where you so see are that's people the coming border. in or co- leaving? No, where are they going? no one's doing nothing. I mean, it's probably some criminal elements that are using it and that are that are using the woods and going. Where is that? In Washington or Mexico. something? What state is that? Uh, yeah, it's probably Washington. Washington, Washington State, Canada. So it's like right where. Vancouver. So there's a trail that you could just walk into Canada. It's woods. Yeah, you just walk through the woods. Like yeah. this, is like so much of it is just woods. But why? Why don't they seal it off? No, no one, no one wants to go to Canada. <laughs> it's neither or. Like. It's not that much different. The slash 20-foot clearing stretches 5,525 miles across the world's longest border. So the thing is, it's like the quality of life in Canada is pretty high. It's a nice place to live. Like, yeah. can, you know, there's some great places in Canada. Vancouver's amazing. Toronto, Montreal, great places. Mexico is right there, connected to the United States, and it's dire poverty at the border. The difference between the border of Canada in like Vancouver and the border of Mexico and Tijuana, that's or or Juarez, that's a stark contrast. Why do you think that is? The drug war. Okay, that's a big part of it. Big part of it, they were the bad government, corrupt government. They're fucked. Yeah. You know, we, we, when the cops are one hundred percent corrupt, your country's fucked. And the problem with it is there's so much drug money. The yeah. drug money is so prevalent over there, and the cartels are so strong that, and you know, the United States has goofy fucking laws, and so people want illegal drugs. The only way you buy them is from criminals. 
what the would, criminals are making fucking billions of dollars. They don't pay a, a penny in taxes, and the same amount of drugs get used. What kind of work would the cartels get into if they decriminalize drugs? That's a good question. They'd what do probably, you think it would be? They'd probably sell them legitimately. Open up pharmaceutical companies. They're in the drug business. Why wouldn't they stay in the drug business? So, so if opiates become legal, okay. right? Say if heroin is legal, okay, and you could just buy heroin anywhere at Seven Eleven, okay, they would just start selling heroin. They would make their own heroin, and okay. They would sell it there, but then they would have to like it would have to be tested and have to be legitimized. Mm -hmm. You'd have to get someone to make sure that it's uh, some sort of government-accredited agency that inspects the place. Apparently. You know, there's so many levels of um, uh, criminals coming through the border. They're, and they're, uh, of course. Child smugglers. Um, of course. Uh, human trafficking. Of course. Uh, guns. Oh, dr yeah. Drugs. A lot of shit. A lot of levels, right? And one is organ harvesting. Oh, Jesus Christ. I just saw this report. It was on... It was on, uh, I don't know what news program it was, but so they had people over to harvest had, their organs. They had this, it could be fake, I don't know. Like, you don't know, but it was a, car a cartel whistleblower. His voice was totally uh, distorted. He was all in black. You couldn't see him. You could, And he was saying, they were asking him, like, what's up with all the kids? What are you guys doing with the kids? He was saying that, yes, most of them are in the... Human trafficking. Um, Human trafficker says cartels harvest children's organs and stuff drugs in their corpses. What the fuck? Yeah. And this is from the Daily Caller. Yeah, this, this is the one. So I was they're talking just interviewing about. this guy. Do they? they he said know he's the kids. The kids are mostly. They make more money off their organs than they do like selling them to some like pimp. Oh Jesus Christ! Isn't that crazy? Oh my God. They're so, looking for so they're using like these the orphan kids. children and getting black market organs from them. That's some real shit. Like Tourista, that movie Tourista, remember that from Brazil? I didn't see that movie, but I heard about it. Yeah, you don't want to see it. It's it'll give yeah, you nightmares. I'm not into that. We were talking about that. Yeah, I don't like absorbing bad feelings in movies anymore. But, but is isn't that crazy? Yeah, that that's, that's what's going on. That's crazy, and that that that's that's a real issue. And that when you have a porous border, that kind of shit can take place. Yeah. I wonder if but like, if politicians are getting paid by these criminal elements to not build shit. Don't build shit. You make sure he doesn't build shit. What's well, also you know it's what I mean? You think popular with their constituents? It's, it's unpopular with a lot of liberals because they made it since Trump ran for they made office. Racist. They made it racist. Yeah, the the border's racist. now racist. Yeah, it's racist. Yeah. So you know that's that's power. The media's powerful. They were all about it. They were all about secure borders, and everybody was with it. Everybody, Mexicans were with it. Everybody, Mexicans on the border on the American side, they want a wall. They're like, damn, yeah, put a wall up. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of criminals are coming through. Uh, not all of them. Again, the legit families coming through. Hell yeah, we got a spot for you for sure. But we got to vet people, common sense, and everybody was with the common sense. But as soon as Trump says, I'm actually going to build it, they go, no, no, you can't actually build it. You just got to pretend like you are so you get the money, but you don't actually do it. And you're like, I'm actually going to do it. Fuck it. Let's make it racist. And they did it. They made it racist. Everybody thinks everybody thinks Trump is a, a Russian agent. They got him right away, day one, Russian agent. Everybody believed that. People were losing their minds. Like, oh my God, Russia has infiltrated the White House. Trump is a Russian agent. All these intelligence officers are signing off on it. People believe that. They think, I have friends that think Trump is a, 
a psychopath. Like he's a psychopath. And you think Trump's a psychopath? A psychopath, a, tr- a Russian agent psychopath. Like, damn, they did a really good job on well, There's him. a lot of people that they did just a good buy, job. They just buy narratives. They did Whatever a really good job. They the liked Trump before. People were like fans of Trump before. No one hated him. Well, he wasn't yeah. trying to run for president. Yeah. yeah. And then he felt the full force of the machine after. Yeah. It's you know, wild. You know, people, there's people um, waking up now, you know, uh, like... Uh, you learn a lot, like all the stuff Bill Maher saying, like, whoa. Isn't that you, wild? You would think Bill Maher would be like on Teen Demon because he's like so famous and HBO. You would just yeah, automatically. But you know what? He's a comic. Yeah. And comics recognize bullshit. And, and he's a comic that's been, you know, doing clubs and fucking arenas and shit for decades. That guy's been doing stand up forever. And he's been in the machine for so long. He knows how it works. You would think, like, exactly. You would think that even if he's smart enough to figure that out, like, maybe he had, they had like, some kind, like, he was, like, he can't say shit because they're going to uh, fire him. control. First of all, he's on HBO, which helps a lot because HBO is not going to censor him. Yeah. And he's got a longstanding reputation of being a, an inquisitive, interesting, yeah. funny, intelligent guy. Yeah. That's what he does. But he's also, like, an old school liberal. He's like, I'll stay out of your life, you stay out of mine. Yeah. Like that's that's yeah. like the old school. Yeah. Live and let live. He's like, where the fuck did all that go? Yeah. And so he's calling it out. And yeah. I'm I really appreciate that he's doing it. I'm not liberal. I've never voted. I'm not liberal. I'm not uh a Republican. I'm a fucking common sense And that's I grew up thinking I, if I had to choose one, gun to my head, I'm like, I'm a liberal because I want to party and have sex. And like, I was growing up a while, motherfucker, wanted to be a rock star. How could you be a Republican when I was growing up or a conservative was Foggy like, oh my old. God, they wear, they wear suits. Like if you see like an 18 year old Republican, what is he going to wear a suit? Yeah, and be a business, swear. he's going to be a businessman and go to church. Fuck that. Right. Yeah, You're like, that. and then also George Bush Sr. and George Bush Jr.? You're like, fuck, Republicans. Are you out of your mind? Of course. Right. Of course. I'm like on that other side. But then you find out about the Clintons and you're like, damn, they're both fucked. (laughs) In the 2000s, I'm like, dude, for sure. For sure, I was like, fuck Republicans. George Sr. and George W., fuck that. There's no way I'm going to go to that side. I'm a Democrat. I like to party. Right? Yeah. You know, we like to go to Vegas. Democrats go to <laughs> Vegas. Republicans go to fucking... Uh, Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> now they do. Now they now do. They do. Um, and again, I never voted. They go I've to never, Pebble Beach. I've never voted. I've never voted. But, um, you know, many people, they're starting to go, wait a minute, what the, has the left been infiltrated? Or are they really that dumb? Like, what's going on? And like a Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore is like... Dude, he goes hard in the paint, dude. He's a he former. He calls it like he sees it with everything. Yes, with he's everything. a comedian too. He's a comedian. He's a co- yeah. So he's another guy who is like on the left side yeah. more than the right side. I mean, you could consider him like a democratic uh, co- comedian. Like, oh, he's definitely a progressive. Yeah, for sure. He's, he's like a legitimate. But he's calling though. them all out yeah. now, and so is Bill Maher. Whoa. Yeah. Well, Jimmy's always done that. Whoa. Jimmy's always done that. But not like not like the last two years, dude. Well, he's the just last getting year. better at it. Yeah, yeah. he's and it's easier because. Yeah. They keep doing the dumbest shit ever. At yeah. what point are you going to say, I've had enough too? He's actually well-informed too. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy's very very well-informed about that stuff. And then you hear, you know, you hear like the shit Elon Musk is saying. He's saying like, uh, vote Republican. 
He's like, and then you said that too. You know how huge that is? You're saying the only way we're going to fix this is, I, I think you said it with Aaron Rodgers. You're like, oh, we got to vote Republican at this point. That's- well, we were, well, I was saying if you don't want your state to get locked down COVID style, like the way they did it in the blue states, that's where Hell yeah. Hell yeah. 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 Same thing, though. They but, were the only states that were willing. Like, Ron DeSantis had the best policy about it. And people criticized the shit out of him. And they came up with all these statistics. One of the ones I, I got in this conversation with Billy Corbin about, we was talking about how many cops are dying in Miami. You know, they're, they're dying from COVID more than they're dying from crime. And uh, Who said that? Billy Corbin. Because I, I think at one point in time. Billy Corrigan? Corbin. Said, Corbin. Oh. He's the guy who produced uh, Cocaine Cowboys. Dude, I thought you were talking about Billy Corgan. Uh, I'm like, oh my God, that's, my, that's one of my favorite bands. No. no, 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 no. Dude, when these, when these huge bands go, go super woke. woke so that's weird. Just, it's hard to listen to the music. It's weird. Like, I go back. I'm like, I don't even want to listen to this shit no more. You're going to make people fucking get shot up to go to your concert? Yeah. To go to your... What happened? What's what's going on here? Yeah. I thought it was you know fight the machine. What happened to that? People lost their fucking minds, man. They yeah, got scared. yeah. But then every now and then you got a fucking rock star like Kid Rock. You know, yeah. I wasn't. A, I never had a Kid Rock CD. You know what I mean? I did play a couple of the songs at the strip club when I used to DJ. I ain't gonna lie. And you know that bum diddy bong da bang dang the boogie diggy dong. Okay, okay. You know that's a good stripper song. Um, <laughs> There was a couple other ones, you know what I mean? Handsome anthem. But dude, that guy is, dude, he's my hero. I love, I like, I'm a big fan of fucking Kid Rock. And, and uh, Pitbull, Pitbull coming out. Dude, I'm like, damn, there's, not all celebrities are captured. Not all of them. Mm. Some of them, they see it. Some of them uh, are awake, you know? And I, I, I don't have, I don't know a Pitbull song. I don't know anything about Pitbull, but I'm a huge fan of Pitbull. That takes big balls, man. Well, to he's come Cuban. Out. Cubans yeah. don't want to have any part of that socialist yeah. bullshit. Yeah. They're little by little. Yeah. We're, we're in the middle. Of the, we're in the middle of some strange fucking shit because when they finally said, okay, you don't have to wear a fucking mask anymore at airports and in planes. People were like, fuck, yeah, there's all these videos of the stewardess were happy as fuck. Everybody's like, everybody was just so happy about it. But then LA says, fuck that shit. Not LAX, dog. We're going to keep the mask going. And it's still going at LAX. It's still going. You have to wear a mask at LAX? Dude, let, me, let me finish. They got fucking big screens where gotta wear your mask please wear your mask every five minutes someone's saying please wear your mask really and cover your face and nose still to this day but the crazy thing is this is the crazy thing is you don't have to wear a mask if you don't want to half the people don't have masks half of them do no what we're finding out is nobody's enforcing shit tsa you go right up to a tsa guy they still have to wear a mask and they're all pissed off tsa guys have their nose hanging out <laughs> tsa guys they just haven't they used to yell at us for having our nose out and now they got the, some guys say fuck it and they just pull it down and walk around with a bottle of water nobody says shit but if you're uh just a customer at the airport in lax no matter what Everywhere you look, you gotta wear your mask, but nobody, half the people aren't wearing masks. No one says shit. All guests traveling through LAX ages two and older are required to continue wearing masks in all terminals in accordance to the health officer order issued by the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health July, June 29th, 2022. That's fucking bonkers. Yeah, so what's, what's crazy is we're like in the middle. So you know that, crazy. remember that one documentary we saw on, uh, on the Congo where, they, where they, uh, they were showing how usually, usually you'd think there was, there was a jungle once, it was lush, and then slowly it turned into desert. 
But in this part of the Congo, it was reverse. It was desert, but it was slowly turning into jungle. And that's why, like, antelope were getting caught in the jungle. And they adapted, and they learned how to swim in lagoons and shit. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Remember Tigers, that shit? Those little tiny it's, antelopes. That, and that you see the edge, like, damn, it's turning into jungle. Mm-hmm. That, it, it, it just reminds me of that. We're at LAX. Half the people don't have masks, but half of them do. And it's like, uh, and as time goes on. So they don't enforce it at no, all? No, nobody enforces shit. Not one person. They don't say when you get on the plane? They don't say shit. No one says no shit. No one says shit. So in LAX, you're supposed to wear the mask until you get on the plane. Then when you're on the plane, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. So it's only LA. It's only LA. That is but nobody shit. wears masks. That is the not, not, not nobody. No one's enforcing not wearing masks. Because still, you still still it's see like people half and half. with the mask. Yeah, half and half. But as time goes on, you're going to see less and less masks. And then you, the, the, you're going to see the ones that just hold on. They just hold on to they're it. They're not even they're just... forcing people to wear those N95 masks. It's not yeah. like they're wearing those those masks that yeah. are supposed to actually kind of be effective at stopping viral transmissions. Yeah. You can wear a fucking bandana yeah. and people think that's a mask. People, people wear those face gaiters. People I, you know wearing what? face gaiters. You breathe right through those you things. You know what? If, if, if you're wearing a mask because you're just too lazy to put on your fucking makeup for the day <laughs> and you just rather wear a mask, God bless you. Okay, I get it. If You, you know what I mean? Or, you know, you're old. You're old and you look like shit. Put on a fucking N98. Cover Isn't the whole fucking thing. Maybe you're maybe you're better looking with the mask. Isn't it weird that wearing a mask in all these horror movies and in any scenario if you're out at night, someone's wearing a mask, like you're going to get robbed. Some terrible thing's going to happen. Yeah. That's a bad person. Yeah. And then it became wearing a mask means you're a good person. Yeah. Which is really weird because we, no matter what, I know why they did it. I know they thought they were doing it to stop the spread of a virus. But you're still, you're doing this weird thing where you're covering your face up and you're going out. We've yeah. never had that before in our yeah. lifetime, where everybody's got their face covered up when you go out. And for kids that are like developing, for little kids, that had to be really fucking weird. Because they're not going out and seeing all these people's faces. Yeah. They're not seeing people talking. They're not hearing their voice. Like, kids are like, their speech patterns are delayed. Yeah, like there's like way many more people that are taking their children as speech therapists. The that one Chinese CNN medical um, advisor, you know, you know, you know. What you're oh talking yeah, about? I know who that lady is. Yeah, she did. There's an article that just got released that now she's saying that uh, the mask uh, uh, slowed the development of her son. She's saying it. She, That's crazy. She's saying that shit. That's crazy. Yeah. So they I didn't what, know. They had never done that before. They should have known. There should have been some sort of a study to try to figure out what the impact was. Yeah. And then should be also a study to fi- try to figure out whether or not these fucking things actually stop a transmission. Yeah. You know? And it's just, we, we got accustomed to putting a fucking mask on, which is really weird. Yeah. It's really weird. The Chinese, weird. it's not weird for them. They do it all the time. They have, pa- they have pandemics all the time. They do it all the time. They, they got that shit on lock, dude. They go every six months, hey, guess what? New variant. Put your fucking mask on. They got that shit on lock. They're like, you guys are just learning masks. We've been doing this shit forever. That is a creepy thing, man. The, That's all they got to the do. Hey, guess what? Of New variant. Face. The yeah. normalization of only being able to see yeah. your eyes when you go out like a ski mask. You can wear a ski mask. Yeah. That's real. Like people, I'm sure, went out with ski masks on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like when the early days when, you know, like there was no specific kind of mask. Like and the guys who really weren't into it just wear a, like a fucking bank robber bandana. Yeah. You know, and they would take it down that you'd always have around their neck. That's what Elon had on. 
He had a bank robber fucking bandana on his yeah. face. I used to, in the beginning I'd wear a bandana just like have it like, yeah. like stiff and it wasn't even covering my face. I'm like I'm not I'm not gonna breathe my own <sighs> CO2. It's just so complicated, man. You know, viruses like respiratory viruses, they just fucking spread. They just fucking spread. And if you talk to real doctors that, you know, d didn't have their ass on the line and you asked them about that at the beginning of the pandemic, they would have told you that. Yeah. Fauci said it. Remember these early videos of Fauci talking about masks? They're like, no, no. Like, no. where he says, don't take care of your health, lose weight. Yeah, and then Remember he goes, that? and then he says, oh, uh, uh, you know what? I only said that because I didn't want to run out of masks, and you know, we need them for the doctors. Like, oh, shit. But, you, but the problem <laughs> with a person like that is they're, they're normalizing that they lie. Yeah. So they're lying for your own good. Yeah. So he's normalizing one of the most dangerous lies. The da it's a, it's a, you want to talk about scientific misinformation? That's a dangerous lie. Because if those masks really do prevent people from getting it, and you lied and told people you don't have to wear a mask, and they heard that, and they never heard you correct it, they never heard anything else, they're going to always go back to that thing and say, I don't need it. So if it really did work, and you lied about it, you had a bunch of people out there that believed that lie and didn't wear a mask. How many people you think got sick because of that, if that's true? See, that's why you know they're full of shit with that. That's why, that, that makes zero sense. None of it makes sense. But that makes zero sense. Yeah. It makes much more sense yeah. that that's actually true, that what you said is actually true, because it's common sense. And what it's did logic. I say? What he actually said about oh. lose weight, yeah. don't drink totally. so much, yeah. don't smoke cigarettes, you know, take care of yourself, eat right. Yeah. Was, he, that's those. That's all real. Everybody knows that. And it turns out that's one of the big factors in whether or not people do well or don't do well with any fucking disease. Yeah. How well do you take care of your body? How good's your immune system? That should have been mandatory to go to gyms. Yeah. You know, if it was if it was really about our health and you were shutting down the world for our health. Yeah. You're shutting down our, the world. And then it, it wasn't our health. It's for old people. Remember, they shifted. It goes. Turns out when they got the initial data, like, oh shit, average age of death is 81 with four comorbidities. Yeah. And you're like, okay, okay, let's make it about old people. Boom. You have an ant. You don't care about old people? It all became about old. Like, you think these people running the show care about old people so much that they're going to wreck the world economy. They care about old people that fucking much. They're like, we're shut everything down. Let's just kill everything. Destroy economies. Destroy businesses. Destroy people's lives. Yeah. <laughs> Take away their beach. Couldn't go to the beach. Can't go to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> I just think people yeah. like power. Yeah. I think it's a normal yeah. human thing. It had nothing thing. to do with health. None of this had anything to do with health. I think it's a normal yeah. human thing to want power. And I think when people get power, they want more of it. And when they get control, they want more of it. And then when they say something initially, and it turns out to not be true, they want to cover that for as long as they can. Yeah. They want to keep that bullshit going on for as long as they can because they don't want to ever admit they were at fault. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what you – that happens with every society where, where someone's running things. People are running things. They make mistakes, and then they try to pretend they didn't make a mistake, and they double down, and they triple down, and they, they try to keep people scared, and they try to keep people in control, and they try to keep – if they admit that they're, they had a fault, then that's bad because it empowers their political opponents, so they never do. Because if someone comes out and says, that's, my, that's on me, I fucked up. Like, I caused 75% of Los Angeles restaurants to go under. It was my decision. And it didn't have to be that way. All those businesses could have been open. And the same amount of people, it turns out, would have died from COVID probably. 
that if someone came out and said that, the, there would be riots in the streets, even if it's true. That guy would never win again because then the next person would come along. He cost you 75% of your restaurants and the same amount of people would have died from COVID. If that was true and they did that, oh my God, the guy would never win again. Like people probably, probably applaud him for his honesty maybe, but he would be politically destroyed. So you just have to like pretend you didn't do it. You have to pretend it wasn't a bad decision. You have to pretend that there weren't people that opposed it. And it turns out those people that opposed it were factually correct. You have to pretend. Yeah, a lot of pretending going on. A lot of pretending. God, you got to pretend. There's a lot of pretending. Oh, my point was bringing up um, Bill Maher, Jimmy Dore, uh, yourself, and a lot of guys that, uh, you know, see right through the bullshit. Um, uh, You'd have to think like, um, like you see how the media lies, right? The media yeah. lies like a motherfucker. And you see it more now than ever, right? Yeah. It's way more clear now than ever. And and there's a lot of people, they're starting to see that like, damn, it's like a propaganda machine, the mainstream media. It's just nothing but, dude, they got like some agenda, dude. They don't care about us. They just care about one world government. That's all this shit is. Well, they, right? you, you it's know, obvious. You know they manipulate the information that so they give obvious. to people. It's so obvious. I know they do it because they yeah. did it to me. It's, you felt it. And you're yeah. like, damn. So now you you probably trust the mainstream it. media way less than ever. Well, You've... I understand what the motivation is. I understand where it's coming from. I know what they're doing. Yeah. It's like they are all funded by pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. Yeah. 75% of the television ads. So, so when you see them talking about stuff on TV, they're, they're not talking about anything they want to talk about. Yeah. They don't have opinions yeah. that they, they can say any opinion they want about anything in the economy or the world news or what we should do in Ukraine or anything. No. Like, these people are reading from teleprompters. They, you know, even the opinion people, they're getting rid of those. Yeah. There's, there's certain things that happen in the mainstream media where you see every single news reporter repeat the same line. And you've, you've seen those oh, videos? Oh, yeah. Those videos Hell are yeah. wild. Totally. Those videos are wild. Yes. Because you realize, like, what is going on? They're all and getting a script. people... Read the same script all over the country. All over the country, crazy, crazy. right? It used to be like your local news, like was legit. Like you yeah. could kind of trust your local yeah. news. But now we're seeing like, damn, they they got control of every news. Outlet. And a lot of those videos are about medical misinformation. Yes, medical all this misinformation. Anytime, I, anytime someone labels something as misinformation, like for me, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, it, it's probably real information if they're labeling it. You know, it's so Orwellian, man. It really Dude, is. we're it's in the so middle of some crazy shit, and people yeah. don't even even fucking see it look at all this shit that they're doing look at but people still got biden's back they still got his back like how how many more dumb fucking things does that guy have to do before people go okay we were fooled we bro were fooled. he he's been saying word salad lately too i mean yeah he's always been saying word salad but now it's even it's worse than i've ever seen it before yeah that poor man. guy man he shouldn't be doing that job that, guy's, that poor guy. That poor guy. I'm not, no bullshit. Like, if that was my dad, I'd be like, like Dad, this is not, you're fucking, it's, you know, we need to relax. You can't be running the world. It's too hard on you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because if, if you're a fucking 40 year old guy and you get into the White House, within four years, you got gray hair, bro. Yeah. You're exhausted. You're like, holy shit. And the weight of the world, the weight of the whole world on one person, one person's riding around a fucking bulletproof <sighs> truck. And waving to people and fucking giving stump speeches and got all these lights on you and cameras on you. You can't be real for one second of your life. 
Fuck that. Fuck that. So if you're doing that at 78, do you know how hard that must be on him? Guy's falling apart already. And then you're putting his hull under extreme re-entry pressure. Ah. Are people not seeing... uh, even, Even in those videos that... Like his Instagram, for instance. Like anything on his Instagram, man, when he gives speeches, they edit the shit out. They're constantly changing cameras. Do you think that's taking... why they made him wear glasses? Remember, there's, there was doing outdoor ones with sunglasses on? You've seen those? Yeah. And it, it, they go from different camera angles so they can edit it. Dude, there's there's a video. They go where, left and right, left and right. When he got COVID like a month ago, there's a video where he's like standing like on the, on the porch and you can see like the lawn of the White House. And right when it goes, he's got, as soon as they start the video, he, want, he wants to explain that, that uh, he's so happy that he got jabbed and that he's feeling fine. Thank God that I got jabbed because I'm feeling fine. Right when they start the video, he's got shades on. So they go, ready, go. And then he takes off his shades. He goes, hi, as most of you know, I got COVID, but I'm doing great, and I'm so happy I got vaccinated. Boom. He, dude, right when they, it starts, he takes his shades off, dog. It's fucking hysterical. <laughs> Why is that so funny that he takes his shades off? It's like so staged. Yeah. It's like, no, no, you're taking them off, dude. Keep them on. And when I say go, ready, ready, go. Boom. And you know what the craziest stage thing was? When they made Chris Cuomo pretend that he never left his basement? Yeah, they they filmed him coming up. They made all right, Chris. Now you're coming up for the first time. All right, so you're excited and let's go action. Like how many takes did they make of that? The guy has to go upstairs and pretend this is his first time (laughs) upstairs in the house. (laughs) Meanwhile, there's like he got in an argument with someone on a bike. Some guy he was like overlooking his uh, property he was building on. Some guy came by on a bike and he got an argument with the guy and the guy reported him. You're not even fucking in quarantine. And so he like it was fake. Yeah. Like him <laughs> that's the news. Dude. The news is willing to stage I mean as simple and trivial a thing as a guy coming out of his basement for the first time. Well, how about on CNN from uh like ninety one where there's that guy saying, I'm here in Baghdad and there's bombs going off and he's like pretending he's in Baghdad and there's like a blue screen. They got like the outtakes of it, it's on a blue screen and he's pretending there's you know Do you remember when they had the use of the holograms? Remember when Wolf Blitzer did the news and he had like a hologram next to him? Yeah. And we're like, oh shit. We're like getting a glimpse of what the future is going to be like. Yeah. Like you could be in London, but you'd be standing there and I'd be looking at you, you know, like uh, fucking Princess Leia uh, coming out of R2-D2. You know know what I mean? (laughs) Remember the little hologram? That's what it's like. Like they had, do you remember those? Yeah, they did it. Uh, Obama and Oprah during the, in the beginning of the scamdemic, they were they did like a show where like it looks like we're doing an interview in the same room, but I'm actually yeah yeah. That's, they, good, that's pretty good. Obama impression. That's not bad. I have no impressions. That, that was, one, I wasn't that even was, trying to be Obama. Bad. I wasn't even trying to do Any Obama. Bravo. It's not bad. <laughs> um, what was I just gonna have you look up? This is it. The holograms. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, can I pee really quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Go, go. We'll look at this hologram. I'm going to pee too. We'll be right back, folks. Yeah, and we're back. So good to hang with you, my brother. Good hell yeah. So let's see this hologram shit. So is that what it looked like? So she, was, she had like a glow around her. Stop the insanity. CNN's hologram was horrendous. CNN's decision to use a hologram during its election coverage ruined the broadcast. For one, green screens and overlay images aren't even real hologram technologies. So it's a fake hologram. Oh, I see. So they pretended they had a hologram, and they used a green screen. I thought they did. 
Maybe it was probably the same thing. I thought they did something else and like Will I Am showed up too, but How's probably it? That's How exactly dare the they bullshit? They how dare they? Can't believe they lied again. Oh Scroll God. down there, I want to see what it said, how they used it. It said, first off, let me say this wasn't even real hologram technology, which annoys me from the start. Don't say it's a hologram technology unless it really is. If CNN was truly using a hologram, it would not have employed a green screen and overlay images. Instead, it would have captured scattered light and then reconstructed it back in the studio. Oh, and it probably would would have bankrupted CNN too. But I dig. Oh, it's because it's probably super fucking expensive to make actual holograms. That's the future, bro. The future is like AR and VR, where you're gonna be, see things that like put glasses on. You're gonna see things that aren't there. I think holograms like. Or you know, some UFO sightings could be holograms if they can make holograms. I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. Can they project things in the sky? I think they can. Really? A hologram? They can I make don't... Tupac and Michael Jackson a hologram. Yeah, but they have to have a stage and they have to have cameras that are pointing. Can't be at like a it, light like, like that or something. Like projectors <laughs> rather that are pointing at. I think it has to like project off of something. I don't know how it works. Like how do they use it? Yeah, how do they use the Tupac hologram? Because it. We were talking about the other day how jacked he is. Like, he's way more jacked than the real Tupac was. Are they shooting something, or is it, like, a s surrounded by something? That's a solid question that I don't have an answer to. What is it? As I'm looking it up, I believe it comes from the ground. Huh. It's coming up. So is there something above it, like, that reflects, and it goes... Like, is it... Uh, well, they also, like, I don't know. I'm going to check. Is it a projector? I know for a while they had, like, a screen, and they could pro sort of project something on the screen, and it gave it depth, but... Were they calling it a hologram? This, yeah, the Tupac thing was called a hologram for sure. How much did the Tupac thing, let's guess, how much did that shit cost to make? Let's guess. Six million. I'm going to say two million. Okay. You know they wrote it down somewhere. That's one of the things they have to talk about in the story. Uh, they probably made taxpayers pay for it in some way. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's probably part of some hologram research. Initiative. Yeah, they just boom. <laughs> they just stuffed it in there. According somewhere. to the patent from 1999, it says the they use a trick, uh, employing an angled piece of glass. Place at the, the stage, stage to reflect a projector image onto a screen that looks invisible to the audience. Oh, it's bullshit. <laughs> so it's a projection too. So it's not really a hologram. Interesting. Okay. So it's a screen that the audience can't see, and it's something off the floor that projects that screen. That, that makes sense. I was watching an episode of Black Mirror, and uh, Miley Cyrus is on it. It's uh, an episode about a pop star, and she's got an evil aunt. Spoil, yes. Spoiler. Yes, I've seen that It's a good one. one. Yeah. It's a really good one. Oh, yeah. Black it's, Mirror. Yeah. That's... When they went with the hologram version of her, you know, after they had her in a coma. Uh, and, this, this hot, and I was like, that's not far away from what they did with Tupac. I mean, yeah. can you imagine if they can sell, I mean, I guess you'd have to give the family, Tupac family, something, right? If they have concert tours of the hologram. Yeah. Would people yeah. go to see that? Just a concert tour? Hell yeah. They would see it. They probably would. Just to hear good music. Yeah, right? And to make it even just look like it's really him doing it. Especially if it gets really good. If it gets really good. Or it's spooky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could bring back anybody. Yeah. Uh, rock stars are better to the record labels when they uh, die in their peak. 
and they're frozen in time like that. You know mm. what I mean? Like Kurt Cobain, man, that guy is just a legend. Janis Joplin. Yeah. You don't get to see them do their shitty albums and, <laughs> and start doing commercials and shit. You know what I mean? Selling <laughs> margarine. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get to see that. So that kills that legendary status. Yeah. But when you, t and you don't think record companies know that shit? Remember yeah. that movie, Ford Fairlane, with Andrew Dice Clay? Mm -hmm. That's what that yeah. movie was about. That movie was about like a record label blowing up an artist. Icing them and then boom, they they you know they get legendary money forever. Yeah, I mean think about that was a great movie, man. <laughs> Ford Fairlane, that was great. I I was a gigantic Andrew Dice Clay fan. Gigantic. Isn't Huge. it cool hanging out with him at the comedy store? Yeah, it's crazy. It's, you know, he's it's, a good dude. Yeah, he's like so normal. And then that that special he did, the day the laughter died, one of the best specials ever, because it's he didn't have any material. <laughs> He just was talking, and he recorded it all. Rick Rubin produced it. What was the premise? Let's just put out a bomb? No, well, he was at the peak of his powers. Yes. Okay, this is after Dice Rules, the HBO special. He's the fucking man. Yeah. So he decides, unannounced, to go to Dangerfields in New York City, and for a couple days, just records himself talking. Just goes on stage. Like, see, he has fake punchlines. Yeah. Get it? Back, get it? Like it's like a bunch of, like, and there's no punchline. He doesn't give a so fuck. So he purposely, purposely bombed? had no material. Uh, this guy why in put the it out though? Because he's crazy. Dice is funny. It like, had to be it's on a purpose. Prank. Like yes. yeah, like I'm gonna put 100%. out a shitty special. No, he did it on purpose. It's called the day the laughter died. Yeah, he put it out like knowing what he was doing before he put it out. Yeah, he had no jokes in it. How many of, the, of those, <laughs> what kind of reviews, dude? I want to read those reviews. And how many units did that, I mean, did they, did it get immediately put in the 99 cent bin like, at no, Zodi's? because it was like a, it was a, a smash hit with comedians. I remember Mike Donovan from uh, the Comedy Connection in Boston um, told me about it. He was crying laughing. He was talking about how, he goes, he's just fucking making things up. And he goes, there's one part he's talking about, he's doing a Nixon impression in a girl's ass. He's, he goes, I would be like Nixon in that ass. Like, I'm not a crook. <laughs> That's actually good. <laughs> funny. But he came, I'm, I guarantee he probably came up with that on the spot. Wow. Like it seemed like everything he was doing, he was just talking about stuff. And this one guy gets up, because people don't know he's going to be there, so they don't know they're going to be a part of the audience. This guy gets up and he goes, you're about as funny as a glass of milk. <laughs> <laughs> he left that in there too. I mean, it's, it's a fucking amazing fuck you to fame. That's Maybe. what it is. Sure, he's misogynistic and vulgar, but Andrew Dice Clay does have his humorous moments. However, he's not double CD funny. This release, produced by Rick Rubin, and produced as in quotes, was <laughs> recorded over two nights at Dangerfields in New York City. An edited Day, Day the Laughter Die would have probably been a great single CD. But alas, the listener has to suffer through unfunny filler, presumably for the sake of continuity. For example... <laughs> All that is heard for the first 55 seconds on the opening track is Dice breathing and making other noises. <laughs> As usual with most of his productions, Rick uses no reverb and unfortunately no editing. So he, he would go on stage and for a minute not sing nothing. <laughs> That's what he would do for like a minute. He would, he would practice in the OR see how long he could go on stage without saying anything. So he would go on stage and do like five minutes, not Crazy. say a fucking word. It was just like a test of will. 
You know, because you're this thing. You're a performer. You want people to enjoy their time, and you know, you're ready to pr- provide them with comedy. You're a famous person. You're Dice Clay. Everybody's coming. Oh my God, Dice is here. This is going to be great. He's, it's not great at all. He fucks with you. <laughs> he, he's healed up now, right? Um, I think he's better. Yeah, I think yeah. he's better. For, yeah, from, he had like, he had, a yeah. stroke or something. No, he had um, what? What is it called when you have uh, like Bell's palsy, or where part of your face doesn't work for a while? Yeah, and then it comes. Dom Herrera had that many years ago. Yeah, like seven or eight years ago, where part of your face stops working and then it comes back. And how did that happen? I don't know, man. I don't know. Mm. Um, many people who've been vaccinated have had that as a side effect. Mm. That's one of the side mm. effects some people get. But some people get it anyway. There's a certain amount of people that get it anyway, uh, like Dice. I mean, uh, like um, Dom. Dom had it like, I want to say like seven, year, seven or eight years ago he got it. It lasted like a few months, and then his, it came back. But I think it's, you know, it's not good, whatever it is. Uh, but he's, uh, I'm, he's, he was touring even when he had Bell's palsy. He'd go on stage. Yeah, he's Bell's a savage. Palsy. Still do stand-up and kill. We went to see him at the Riviera before the Riviera closed. It was me and Jim Norton and Anthony Cumia. In his prime? No, it was like uh, recently. Oh, not, recently. Not, not recently, recently, but within the last decade. Okay. You know, and uh, it was like whenever they closed the Riviera, he was like one of the last times that I had been by there because they, they, they leveled the Riviera. They turned it into something else. That was like the old school place where they filmed Casino. It was the first place I ever worked at when I worked in Vegas. I worked at the Riviera. And so we went to see Dice there. It was fucking hilarious. He was hilarious. Me and Norton were crying laughing. It was like so fun to have known this guy, like to meet him. Like when I was 19 years old, I was in my car listening to this cassette with this girl that I was dating at the time. And her and I were fucking crying laughing. Just crying laughing. Little Miss Muffin <laughs> sat on her tuffet. <laughs> I all loved that all shit. that, dude. I'd listen to that over and over. See, he was different than any other comedian because you wanted to hear the jokes over again. Yeah, yeah. You, and you would sing them along with it. Yeah. What's in the bowl, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> he needed the money. Oh! <laughs> I mean, it was different because it was different than any other kind of joke. Like, people wanted to hear the nursery rhymes. Like, he'd do all his other stuff. He'd do all his new material and shit like that. But those fucking nursery rhymes better be there at the end yeah. of the show. Yeah. yeah. It was different. Yeah, I loved it, man. Yeah, I saw was, him live at the uh, Universal Amphitheater before it closed down. Or was it the Pacific Amphitheater? I forget, but I, I think it was, it was probably in Orange County, Pacific Amphitheater. I get him confused. But I saw him live. This was like 1980. Nine or something mm. like, like at when he was he had his at his he was at his peak and then on the you know I didn't see him in his peak like he, it was still big Pe- people I mean I love he him. was the first guy to do arenas I think I, I think it was maybe Steve Martin did some maybe it was a lot, maybe he was the first but uh, Dice was the first guy to like do like these giant tours of arenas as a comp first guy that I had heard of there's more than ever now right yeah doing arenas a there's a now. lot like Gabriel Iglesias uh, Sebastian Joe Coy uh, Tom Segura's doing arenas now Dude. Burt Kreischer's doing arenas I love I love Sebastian man he's one of those he's so many there. guys from the you know the comedy store 2000 2001 2002 and I used to go just to hang out with you and uh you know, did a couple open mics and shit like that. But uh, just to see those guys blow up, like Sebastian yeah. is a 
fucking superstar. It's amazing. He's got that style, man, yeah. that just sharp Italian style. And I he's now, it. he's effortless. Like, he's yeah. gotten to the point where he's so good at comedy, he's, like, effortlessly funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's so good. He's such a good guy, And too. it's clean. He's super clean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like he's you don't, so he, good. And he can go on after someone who talks about sucking cock for 20 minutes and still yeah. kill. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. He's so funny. He's just, he's got just a way about him. And it was really interesting to watch him in the beginning because, like, he was, like, hit or miss. Like, he was trying to find his rhythm. He's trying to find that thing. And then one time, I remember I was in a hotel room in Vegas, and he and I flip it, just flipping through the channels, and his Showtime special was on. I sat there and watched it. I was like, "Oh shit, this is really good." It was really funny. I was you like, know, "Damn, he's you killing know who it." Killed me recently at the comedy store. Who? Brent Ernst. Brent Ernst is funny, dude. Have you ever seen that bit that he does about the roller skating me. rink? Yeah, that was the old one. I remember the <laughs> roller skating rink. That amazing. was beautiful. But dude, his new material—he was crushing. Really? And he's got his—he's—it's not like Sebastian. He's more like a Jersey Jersey Shore kind of comedian. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He's got that Jersey Shore side. It's fucking hysterical. Oh, that's awesome. Oh man, I'm like, good to hear, man. That's good to hear. Yeah, he's better than ever. Dude. That's great. I love it when guys like Triple better than ever. Yeah, oh, Triple out there yeah. throwing. Bombs. Oh, dude. I love it. He every night he crushes. He, when, of course, when he's fr in front of a tinfoil hat comedy crowd. Oh yeah, he crushes. And he's when he's in front of like you know like me too. That's the reason. The reason we did the tinfoil hat comedy show is because I just want you know you know you when you go uh, play uh, at, when you do a comedy show ninety nine point nine 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 percent of your audience the survival rate is. You're a fan of yours. They paid good money to see you. So you got a whole fucking arena of people that love you. And then that energy is going to get shot right into you, into your soul, and you're going to give them your best performance, right? Because that your best performance will, will for sure come uh, generally when the audience is giving you that energy where you feel like you could just say anything, right? But if half the audience hated you, and half the arena loved you, man, it would be some, you, you might catch a, like a negative, like half these motherfuckers don't even like you. It's, it's, there's no way you're gonna give your best performance uh, uh, if a lot of the audience members don't like you. So, um, when I, dude, I went out at a comedy store and I came out, I, I came out too fucking crazy. I came out and I said <laughs> something about fucking, you know, uh, they're eating babies or something like that. Something about eating babies. I tried to make a joke about like crazy shit. And do crickets, dude. I fucked, dude. And it fucked up. It fucked up the whole set. It fucked up the whole set. Because you can't get him back. And Joey was there. Yeah, I couldn't get him back. They were all like, I'm like, shit. And then Joey in the back, he gave me the best advice ever. I, you, you gave me some of the best advice that I would never forget, and Joey did too. Joey said, listen, Eddie Bravo, you can't just go out there and put it in their ass. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta play with their pussy a little bit, nibble on their ear. You can't just stick it in their ass like that, Eddie Bravo. <laughs> and then one of the best, um, and I'll never forget that. And I always remind myself: start slow, dog. Don't go out there too crazy. <laughs> I always, I, I think of Joey. You got to get to know them. Have, think about it like you're getting to know a person. Yes. Trying to tell a yes. person how you feel about yes. things. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and uh, one thing you told me that I'll never forget was. Edit your shit. I could hear your voice. Yeah. You gotta edit your shit. Oh man, that's so huge. I, I always think about that. It's very important. Yeah, when you're writing, you wanna you wanna be able to be uh, uh, funny without using a lot of extra words that aren't necessary. So yes. when I go back and I listen to my shit, I'm like, fuck. I'm always thinking about what you gotta edit. Economy this shit down. of words. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. but then you also build on stuff too. 
there's like two different things that are going on simultaneously. Like sometimes there's a premise that you haven't totally explored and you should write more about it. Like you should add more to the bit. Yeah. But in each point that you have in those bits, you've got to edit those words. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And yes. that's what comics oftentimes they don't do that. And they say it one way and it kind of works. So they keep saying it that way forever. Mm -hmm. They don't fuck with it. You got to fuck with it a little bit. You got to try to figure out. And sometimes it, it'll eat shit. Because I've, I've fucked with like killer bits before and ruined them. Where I, like a killer bit just didn't work that way. Like I tried to do it a different way and it just didn't. I was trying to like explore another way to talk about the subject. It didn't work at all. And it became too wordy. And I'm like, fuck. I, I went down a bad road. Now I got to back out. Mm. Now the bit sucks. Mm. I, I uh, learned, I learned um, recently that uh, I'd like crowd work. And you know that show, Stand Up on the Spot? Yeah. It's all crowd work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, the, the premise of the show, Jeremiah Watkins, he does it in the belly room. The premise of the show is, you know, you can't go up there and use material you've used before. That's really the rule. You got to go up there. Well, the audience puts their hand up. Yeah, yeah. And when they put their hand up or, you know, you call on them, they have a premise. Yeah, but it's really easy. if it, You could find a premise and then attach it to one of your bits. You right, know what I mean? right, right, right. So um, you get... You're not supposed to do that. If you did a bit before on stage, you're not supposed to do it or whatever. Um, so I thought, shit, this is going to be challenging. And I did it like two years ago when he first started doing it. And I kind of had like a thick mixed feeling about it. I don't, I, I don't know. I was like, damn, did I suck? I don't know. It's, that was hard going up there with no material. Fuck, the odds you bombing. That was like 50%. You know what I mean? At least. So the last time I did it, like a month ago, god damn. You know what the, the key was? Because I generally yeah, don't go on fuck. stage. Exactly, but I don't go on stage high. <laughs> yeah, but that's General. a different gig. Yes, totally, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. So I was about to go up, and then some dude had a pen, and I go, dude, let me have that. And then as he was introducing me, I got high, and I walked up. Man, I had so much fun. Yeah, it that's was a show fun. to do high. Oh, hell that's yeah. a show to do high. Totally. Do you still get high when you go on stage? Oh, yeah. I mean, every time. Yeah, most times. Sometimes you don't. Occasionally, I don't. And just for the fuck and of you it. still crush. Yeah, yeah, it's still the same. You I don't know feel? what to do. Yeah, you know, it's just like what I like about pot is that it opens up other possibilities. Yes. Like sometimes when I'm talking about something, I'll go, but what about this thing? And a lot of the taglines that I have are just riffs where I came up with something on the spot, and because I was just talking shit and having fun, and then that thing became another bit. That that's like that happens all the time. Do you ever have a bit that you were working on years ago and then you kind of let it go or whatever and you couldn't didn't know where to go with it But then you got this new bit and that plugs into it, right? That hundred percent. Yeah, right. That's why it's important to write right Yeah, like you know everybody has their own way of doing it and not, some of the greats don't write they don't sit down That's another write. thing. I remember for you. I write I write I at least write I don't write everything out But I write out all my ideas and if there's a funny line that I know that's it's like a, a line that it works. Um, I'll write that down. Remember that line. That's 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 important. But uh, I write every idea down. Do yeah. on my phone, dude. My my yeah. comedy notes. Yeah, I write a lot, and that's because of you. Because yeah. I don't know how many times I heard you. Um, uh, Tell other comedians like dude you got to write new shit dog. You got to write new well, shit. We would take guys on the yeah. road Yeah, and I would do a whole hour Right, and they would do 20 minutes and then I'd come back to the town two years later because I had a new special out Yeah, 
with a whole new hour. Yeah. And these motherfuckers would have the same 20 minutes. Yeah. And they'd be like, hey, man, you are never going to get out of this opening spot with the same 20 minutes for yeah. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. You got to fucking put out a special and you got to abandon all this shit and start yeah. from scratch. You have yeah. to. Oh, yeah. I've heard you say that many times. I remember that shit. But that's just like the guys who just, they got stuck in this old way of doing things where you're just trying to get on television. There was a yeah. bunch of guys that came out to Hollywood, and all they really wanted to do was get on a TV show. So t get a 20-minute, 30-minute uh -huh. set and, and get, just keep, get yourself cast get on a sitcom, yeah. and whoo, yeah. you'd be killing it. That shit's over. Yeah. Sitcoms, sitcoms, sitcoms are over. Sitcoms are, are over. fucking over. I mean, they're totally over, right? Doesn't it seem like, There's do they even exist? Netflix has some. I have, I have a friend in... Miss Pat has a great one. I have a producer friend in Hollywood, and he's telling me, like, recently, he's like, dude, movie production is at, like... 20%. He goes, nobody's making shit right now, dude. Nobody. That's wild. And like movie theaters. You go to movie theaters, like, there's no movies. Like, where's this new, where are the new movies at? Every weekend. Remember there was like three, four, five new movies? Every weekend. There was like all these, everyone would go to the right. movies. Dude, the, the, uh, this guy, he's telling me that he, he thinks that like whatever's running, like whatever's pushing the one world government narrative, they, at some point they figured out, okay, movie theaters are not good for the one world government. We got to stream everything, keep everybody, it keeps people at home. We got to do everything we can to keep people at home. We just want to keep them at home. And he thinks that, dude, the movie business is fucking tanking. Yeah, but dude. isn't that, that's because of the pandemic, they shut down all the but movie theaters. But that's over though, but that's right, over but though. it took two fucking years. And the movies are just starting to go out in the movie okay, theaters now. Okay. And I, also, like, the, when things go to streaming, like, the actors are pissed. Who was that one big actor? Was it Scarlett Johansson that sued because she put out a film and it was supposed to be released in the movie theaters? That was part of the contract, and they released it on streaming. And I guess when an actor, like, then you don't get the box office money. Mm. And then... They you need know, new, new deals. Yeah, and like, who the fuck? I don't know what, what their accounting's <laughs> like in terms of like how many streams, how many, how much they have to pay you for streams. Yeah. Like if you're on Apple TV and you know you you they put a movie up and it costs uh, sixteen bucks or whatever, what? How much does the actor get? Is it just like a box office? Is it like a ticket thing? Is yeah. it the same amount of money? Like how much do they get? Because that's where the money comes in, like, we see these big box office gates, right? Yeah. When you say, oh, my God, Terminator 3, look at all the numbers. Yeah. And everybody sees the numbers like, whoa, the number one movie in the box office is Terminator 3. Weekend. Whoa. And everybody hears about it. It's like the one piece of business that seems to be, like, everybody's public opinion. Everybody wants to know about it. It's every, it's public information. How much money did that make? How much money did that movie it's make? It's all about how much money did that how movie How much make? money did Sylvester Stallone get for that new movie, right? Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? The money's very important. Matt Damon praised for his perfect explanation of why movies aren't being made like they used to be. The DVD was a big part of our business. So that's part of it too, I'm sure, right? Because there's no DVD sales. So let's see what he says. I want to I hear what he says. Okay. Um, click, hit that click. is sitting on the couch on a Friday night, going through the streaming services, cycling through the movies and, and thinking to themselves, they're not making movies for me anymore. As somebody who's been intimately involved in movie making for 30 years, what are the macro Hollywood conditions behind that sentiment? Well, so what happened was um, the DVD was a huge part of our business, of our revenue stream. And technology has just made that uh, obsolete. And so the movies that, that we used to make, you could afford to not make all of your money when it played in the theater, 
because you knew you had the DVD coming behind the release, and six months later you'd get all, you know, a whole another chunk. It would be like reopening the movie almost. And when that went away, that changed the type of movies that we could make. I did this movie behind the candelabra, and I talked to a studio executive who explained it was a $25 million movie. I would have to put that much into print and advertising, right, to, to market it. Um, who we call PNA, so I'd have to put that in PNA. So now I'm in $50 million. I have to split everything I get with the exhibitor, right, the people who own the movie theaters. So I would have to make $100 million before I got into profit. And, and the idea of making $100 million on a story about like this love affair between these two people, yeah, I love everyone in the movie, but I, it's a, that's, a, that's suddenly a massive gamble in a way that it wasn't in the 1990s when they were making all those kind of movies, the kind of movies that I loved and, and the kind of movies that were my bread and butter. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Makes sense. Does make sense. Yeah. yeah. But DVDs were obsolete, you know, 15 years ago or 10 years ago, kind of already. Was it 10 years? I'd say like 10 years. 10 years? Yeah. yeah. No one, like, yeah, no one who, who even has the DVD player? No. Everything... You find a DVD, like, you know somebody with a DVD player? Once like, the internet started Red picking up? Redbox is still popular, but I mean, I don't, you play them through like a PlayStation or Xbox, I guess. But aren't they uh, just streaming? No, Redbox. Like the you go to the grocery store, oh, you pay a dollar, and you're right. like, I still do right, that. Right. I've yeah, never yeah, done yeah, that yeah. ever. I've never done that. I don't think I've ever done that either. You know, I hear someone told me that the way they make money that Redbox is like the ones that, uh, like, w when they send a DVD out you uh, to you to rent, and then they're relying on the, your laziness to return <laughs> it in time. So they're they, they're relying on those late fees. Yeah. That's that's what they're really making. They're like, keep it, break it. I'm do sure. It, do whatever you want with it. Lose it. We're going to charge your credit card. Remember that used to be Netflix? Netflix used to send you a DVD. Yeah. That was Netflix. They Isn't want you to wild? lose it so they could charge your credit card. Isn't that wild that that's what they used to be and now they're just streaming. Everything's streaming and they have a fucking universe of shows. There's, you could never leave your house and you'd always watch something. It's like it's a weird time for like entertainment. Like you can always be entertained. Yeah, there's the time slot means nothing, nothing. now. Zero. That's nothing. Zero. When shit comes out, you still kind of feel it a little bit with like, you know, like the House of Dragons, you know, yeah. the Game of Thrones. You still like Sunday, but everyone's gonna watch it at a different time. They're not gonna yeah. watch it right when it gets released, but it's kind of close. At least they got everybody together on Sunday when it drops. Cause I was I was watching that shit. Yeah. What'd you think of House of Dragons? You I watch? saw the first episode i didn't watch the second one i haven't either I put it off i'm gonna watch it soon I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch, watch i'm gonna watch it but that first one it's, you didn't it like it how dare you it seems like um uh, you're gonna break my heart like Bravo. a lower budget game you of can talk about lizard people you can talk about buildings that existed here before the Indians. you better leave the fucking house of the dragon alone okay okay <laughs> <laughs> i loved it Okay, I thought it was okay. fucking great. I'm excited. I they did, set it up good. I thought it, they set it up good. I did like that they, because uh, generally in movies, if like you you have a scene where someone's given birth and the mother or the baby is gonna die when they have like a, a dramatic scene like that, usually Spoiler one lives. Alert. Usually one lives. Spoiler alert. Oh, sorry, bro. We can't talk about shit like that. You're spoiling it for the people that haven't watched. It. Okay, okay. That's I won't a spoil. dramatic moment. Okay. <laughs> But I like the where How, they went. What with a wild that. idea that this one fucking weird group of people that can control dragons. What? <laughs> <laughs> that why? Shit, like that, why? That shit why could really them? happen. Oh my god! Could you imagine? I mean, if it's just a robot instead of a dragon. <laughs> but if there's one group of people that can control dragons, of course they're gonna be running everything. 
What a ridiculous arrangement. How does that? There's no logic to that. Yeah. They don't have any other kind of magic. They just, yeah. you can't burn them and they control dragons. Yeah. Right? They couldn't burn them either, right? They didn't, they weren't, susceptible. didn't she like walk right out of the fire? I think the only way to kill them is with that uh, ice, that uh, oh, special no, ice. Isn't that dragons though? That's dragons and white walkers. What are you talking about? The Targaryens. How do you kill them? Yeah, the Targaryens are just regular people. Yeah. But they control dragons. Yes. How come? I think they're going to explain that if you just be patient. Just gonna. be patient. Dog. I think they're just going to leave that out. They left it out of the whole first 10 seasons of the Game of that's, Thrones. That's why they're doing the prequel. Get the fuck out of here. They're going to Come tell on, you man. Shit. They're already controlling the dragons. They're going to tell you how they control mm. the dragons. I think we need to. No, we don't have to. Just ignore it. They're going to ignore I know. it. I think we need to. No. No, they're going to leave They're arguing in the, in the writing rooms. I fucking love Game of Thrones. Oh, I'm hell yeah. I'm so excited this Game of Thrones show is awesome. back. Yeah. I thought the new show looked great. There's going to be another one with Jon Snow, right? Is there? Yeah, like his prequel. The Jon Snow, there's another one. Is it one. him? As him? I don't know. That would be a good Have movie. you heard of that, Jamie? There's Grand, there's going to be another one? That it, guy was the shit. It's going to be about the White Walkers and Ooh. something like that. That's what Ooh. I heard, unless, unless I was on fucking... My favorite was the zombie dragon. When they had the dragon White Walker? There it is. Game yeah. of Thrones Jon Snow sequel all but confirmed. Oh, it's a sequel. All but confirmed is eagle-eyed fans spot clue. Oh, eagle-eyed fans. Game of Thrones fans spot major clue hinting that Jon Snow spinoff is underway, plus a few key details. Okay, so it's not a prequel. It's a sequel. Okay. Continual, right after the first one ends. Jon Snow goes off on his own. That should be pretty cool. Jon Snow's a zombie. I like I like uh, I like I like the White Walkers. Oh yeah, I was, I was cool with that. Oh yeah, that's I love that. The kind big mother, the giant motherfucker. I love that they killed everybody too. Like people that you loved, dead. You know, oh you just I'm really getting into this guy's character. You watch his head get mushed by the mountain. You're like fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That first episode, I didn't start watching Game of Thrones till like ten seasons in. I refused. I just refused. And then you finally said, dude, trust me. Watch it. And anytime you're passionate about something, like a movie or a TV series, you're generally right if you say, dude, just fucking watch one episode. Well, I don't recommend on the fence shit to you. Yeah, you just come with the good shit. So, And I know that. So I watched the first episode, and that's the one where, you know, like, what? This brothers fucking the sister yeah. and then the dude fall and then they push the, the little kid out the window yep. I'm like dude this is gangster gangster <laughs> yeah they yeah. chop the fucking kings you gotta off. come strong oh. with that first episode you gotta you, you know you could you could uh, take a couple episodes off sometimes they take a couple episodes off yeah. where they're like dude I didn't see nobody die in this one <laughs> I wanna see someone fucking have their head chopped off or something First Some kind episode of, of Game of Thrones, they came out guns blazing. Yeah. Guns yeah. blazing. Yeah. I love those kind of shows, man. I love those kind of shows. It's pure fantasy. Nice escape. I like a nice escape. Yeah. Yeah. Ozark, nice yeah. escape. You know? I also like knowing that even though, even though there's dragons and fucking magic and all kinds of crazy shit that's not real, the savagery that you see was real. That's how people really did battle back then. They yeah. hacked each other to pieces. Yeah. They literally did ride at each other with, on horses with armor and a fucking stick and try to knock each other off. Yeah. Those people were fucking horrible. Like 300? Oh my God, dude. Could you imagine being alive during the Spartan days? Imagine going to war with Dude. bows and arrows and swords and shit, and people would just hack into giant swarms. They were of fucking people. everybody up, right? <sighs> yeah. And then you, then you know, they the Spartans, 
those are the Greeks, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't there like a? Didn't they say yeah they had they they took little boys with them and stuff like that? Isn't isn't that part of like their? Uh, I uh, think there was a lot of that going lot of, on back then. Or maybe they just bullshitted. Like people who hated the Spartans, so. the haters. They, they were writing wrote, the history books. Like yes, they always had little boys with them. No, because people wrote about it back then. They wrote about like boy lovers back then. They, there's a there's a lot Spartans. of documents, not just them. Not just the Spartans, but even fucking like Socrates, like a lot of those like ancient philosophers, like a lot hmm. of them were having sex with boys. Hmm. I think well, maybe they were lying. Maybe dude, they were lying. I, I think that until people realized it was bad, they were doing that a lot. I think pedophilia is is look as gross as it is. If you go and look at chimpanzees, they do it all the time. I think humans probably did it all the time too. I, pro- I think it wasn't until like modern civilization where people realize how horrific it is to victimize someone as a child like that and that people who have it done to them oftentimes do it again to someone else. I think that was like a normal part of, of humans back in the early days. As gross and scary as that sounds, but if you think about the Romans and the Greeks and like you, you keep hearing about like all these ancient cultures where they fuck boys. Yeah, you do. You know about that tribe in New Guinea? Which There's one? a tribe in New Guinea where they all take the boys away from their mothers when they're seven, and uh, they think that the way they grow and mature to be strong is by consuming sperm of the warriors. So the warriors have anal and oral sex with them when they're like little kids. I'm reading this about the Spartans. Isn't that almost what this says right here? Yeah. The state of Sparta made homosexuality relationships mandatory in the military totalitarian city state of Sparta, every aspect of life was fully prescribed by the state. All Spartan males underwent full military training from the age of seven years. At the age of 12 or 13, this included taking an Erastes? Mm. What is that word? That's what I feel like. Erastes from among the older men. The older lover was seen as much as a mentor and a role model for the Spartan boy as a lover and the performance of the boy in battle was now the responsibility of his mentor. Thus, it was an educational as much as a sexual role. Isn't that similar to that? wild as fuck. There was no doubt that some of the relationships between Spartan men and their protégés in the army were sexual. They did not have to be. Two of the most well-known sources of our knowledge about Sparta, Plutarch and Xenophon, stressed... I hope they said those names right stress that the relationship should consist of ideal friendship and that to sexually consummate it would be an abomination. Nonetheless, any man who refused to take on a young boy as his protege would be punished, as it was seen as a duty to raise another Spartan boy to be as good a fighter as yourself. The homoerotic element cannot be entirely ignored. The Spartan king, Agesilaus, how do you say that? Agesilaus, Agesilaus? sorry, was mocked by his friends because he drew back from the offered kiss of a very beautiful boy, Megabats. Megabates? Megabates. They called him a coward for being afraid of a boy's caresses. But Agesilas eventually said he would rather remain above such things and keep his liberty. Doesn't it seem like like this is kind of, like, I don't know. I think... I think that's like uh, propaganda, like CRT type shit. You know what I mean? They're just like trying to make it. They're trying to normalize it. I don't think I don't they're know. normalizing it. I think they're just saying it was normal back then. Yeah. I don't think they're trying to normalize it for today. 
I don't think anybody's saying that you should fuck boys. No, today. I mean, if you read that, it's he's like, hey, the Spartans did it. You know what I mean? Well, and they, they also, were like trying to have a real relationship. It wasn't all about sex. They, were, they had, they, you know, it was important to be their friends too. It sounds like they're they're normalizing. It oh, here. here it is. Erastus is an adult man in ancient Greece who courted or was in a pederastic relationship with an adolescent boy. So it was so normal. But they had a fucking term for it. Or they're or they're trying to make it normal. Or maybe all that's bullshit. Like, come on, man. That's what, why they would lie you about think they lie about history. I, but why I'm would like, they lie about that? That seems like because aren't they aren't they pretty, promoting that? Aren't they already that's not doing what that? They're trying to do no, no, right? I know. They're trying to describe a culture that they don't understand. Yeah. They're trying to examine this bizarre warrior culture that also happened to have a lot of homosexual relationships. They're not like promoting it. No one's saying you should go be a Sparta. A Spartan. No, I, but what I'm saying but is, I don't funny. know shit, dude. I don't know nothing. But to me, that seems like they're trying to say, hey, look, the Spartans did it. And they were like, they're friends with the boys, too. They just didn't, like, have sex. So it sounds like they're they're normalizing it, using, sp like, Spartans were fucking savages. Or they're telling the truth about how they, they viewed the be. relationship. They could be. It's a it's a tricky thing, man. I mean, it's uh, you're talking about people that lived a long fucking time ago. I think... The, the rule of law is uh, it's different all the time, right? Like things change things yeah. change like what what people get accustomed to what's normal this fucking tribe in um, um, uh, what, what was I saying it was uh, New Guinea Papua New Guinea that uh, has sex with the boys like they've been doing this forever And this is like a normal part of their culture It's the creepiest shit ever. Mm. They, they take these boys away from their parents when they're seven years old and the boys live with these men, and they think that the way to get them stronger and bigger is they got to drink cum, and they got to take it up the ass. And that's what they do to them. And that's their whole That's how, uh, you know, you know, isn't that how monkeypox started? You know what I mean? Like, um, what is it about, what is it about a male asshole that, what's in a male asshole that's not in a female asshole that gives you monkeypox. Monkey How come a girl's asshole don't give you monkeypox? I think a girl could get it, but she has to have sex with a guy who's got it. So the guy has to have sex with a guy who's got it. Like it's coming mostly through unprotected gay sex for whatever reason. But that doesn't mean that a girl can't get it. Like some people have gotten it, but it's like only like 2%. It's like 98% guys having sex with guys. I don't understand it either. It doesn't make any sense to me. To me, to me, I think my my conspiracy mind tells me that that's how they get you to believe it. They make it, they present something that has nothing to do with you. You're not gay. You don't have to worry about it. It's the gay people. And then you're like, damn, you know, shit. Thank God I'm not gay. They're getting all these fucking, these blisters all over their dick. God damn. God, don't worry. It's just the gays. It's just, you don't have to worry about it. You go on by your daily life. And then all of a sudden you hear, oh, dude, it's spreading into uh, women's assholes too and damn now everyone's gonna get it they're like oh because that's how AIDS was in the beginning AIDS was just a uh, gay disease that's what they said that's what they said then all of a sudden little by little like dude you can get it from chicks now too you're like what about blowjobs I guess like oh shit you know at first there was so mm -hmm. you believe it you buy it you know those those um that, have you ever seen that video of like a guy he's like uh, in, in, in a <clears throat> running on a sidewalk and he goes around a curve and he's running and then there's a raptor behind him. Yes. Have you seen that? Yes. And then the raptor comes around and everyone just fucking loses their shit, right? Yeah. Why was that guy necessary, the guy running? Because at first they're running, like that guy, why, why are they trying to trick me? This guy's running, I have nothing to do with this. I'm just, why? yeah, I have nothing to do with this. I'm just running by. So 
they believe whatever he's running. So when they see the Raptor, boom, they believe it. They're already ready to run. But if the guy ran around the block and went right up to him, because there's a Raptor after me, please help me. And then the Raptor comes, dudes will be like, what is this shit? Right. You know, but since the victim wasn't involved initially, the victim wasn't involved. That's how you prank people. You create a situation. You know who the victim is. You don't, you just have them hearing shit, but it has nothing to do with them. That's how you sell it first. And then after they sell it, because why would they, why would he, they be lying to him? Because he's not even involved in it. Then boom, they focus on him and he totally believes it. That's I look at punk, look at everything. You have to involve the victim or, or not involve the victim, have him just witness it. So that's what I think, that's what I think is probably going to happen with monkeypox. It's going to be, uh, if they, if they don't pull the plug on it, they might just pull the plug on it. But if they d- continue to go with it, they're, they're, it's going to be uh, a disease. It's not going to be just a gay disease. Everyone's going to be able I to get it. I love that you find conspiracies in everything. <laughs> You're always looking for Everything coming from everything. Ma- mainstream media, I it's sus. Big time. Anything coming through mainstream media, I'm like, let me dissect that. I'm not going to believe whatever they said. Like, if you if you knew somebody and you were friends with them for a few years and then you find out everything he told you was a lie, he's a big fraudster. Everything was a lie. Anything he would tell you from that point on, you'd, 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 a, a smart person yeah. would, a dumb person would go, yeah, just because he lied about his whole life doesn't mean he's lying about that. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that. No. A smart person would go, I don't believe shit you say until you show me Irrefutable evidence. And otherwise, I don't, I don't know what you're saying. Doc. Here's my take on monkeypox. There's so much going on in the world. I see monkeypox and I go, okay, what is it? What happens? Oh, I don't have to worry about that. That's it. And then I'm done. Like, exactly. literally, I'm done. I don't have any more thoughts on monkeypox. Zero. Exactly. I'm like, nobody's dying. No one's dying. They have a vaccine for it. And you're not gay. And uh, we're good. Yeah. And we're good. I don't have to think about it. So I, I don't think about monkeypox even a little bit. It's oh. out of my mind. Yeah. So I see it on the news. It's just like it's like when I scroll through Instagram and some shit that I'm not interested in. I just keep <laughs> scrolling. I'm not paying attention to it. Yeah. But I've gotten better at that. Yeah. Like when I was younger, I would start like, what? What is going on with this? What the fuck? What's the, huh? And I'd start digging deep into it. But now I'm like, there's too much shit to pay attention. Yeah. yeah. Monkeypox doesn't seem to be a big deal. Yeah. 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 I have zero theories on monkeypox. But there was uh, this crazy uh, series of photos that this, this gay porn star put up. He put up like that he was uh, like having this great gangbang, and then the next post he has, he's got monkeypox. He's got monkeypox all over his face. He's like eating some guy's ass, and he's got monkeypox everywhere. It's like, should have stuck to the taint. He would have. He would have got credit for it. <laughs> I think he just. I mean, I don't know what specifically. Like, who's patient zero? Like who's patient yeah, zero in the monkeypox yeah. epidemic? Who's the first guy who got it? Exactly. And didn't tell anybody. Where are you getting all this information from? Yeah, where are you getting MSM? It? Yeah. <laughs> do you know they're trying all you to do rename is lie. it? They're huh? trying to rename it. The what? Mon- monkeypox oh, yeah, yeah. has a bad stigma in the gay community. That's so huge. we're going to rename it. We're going to call it N965. Well, you know what AIDS was called before AIDS? HTLV1? No, it was it? called GRID, Gay Related Immune Deficiency. That's was, what they called it, and then the gay community was like, change the name, change the name. So then they changed it to AIDS, Acquired mm-hmm. Immune Deficiency Syndrome. But there was a, like a, there was a, la- they had a label of it, too. It was like, I forget what the initial, there was like a, you know, they COVID 19 you know, they used that. Yeah. There was like a label for what they called uh, HIV back then, or what they called AIDS. Dude, AIDS was scary, dude. I thought I had I AIDS a couple times. Fuck. I, I was like, oh, shit. I got a couple tests. I got a test there was girls was that wouldn't have sex down. with you unless you had an AIDS test. Oh, yeah. There was, dude, remember those days? Everybody was scared. Yeah. 
Yeah, everybody. You thought you could get AIDS from someone just from sex? You'd be scared too. Dude, they thought people were dying from butt fucking each other. That's what they thought. Everybody thought people were dying from sex. That's crazy, right? Oh. Damn, they got people good. The thing is, some diseases can kill you that come from sex. Like syphilis is a scary one. You ever see those old photos of people dying of syphilis? Their fucking scalp would cave in. They have big holes in their faces and shit. Holes that, like you'd see their teeth through their fucking cheek, their cheeks. Yeah. You ever see that shit? Yeah. That's how Al Capone died. Died of syphilis. That's a bad way to die, dude. Yeah. That, you get that from fucking. That's the, the evilest fuck disease. Because he's just like rot. Like You ever seen it? You ever oh, seen no, those people still dying of syphilis? No. They no? They penicillin now. Okay. Now they give so that was before penic- penicillin cures uh, I think syphilis? it's penicillin that cures yeah. syphilis. I'm okay. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it does. Is that correct? You never hear of anybody die of, of syphilis ever. Somebody invented penicillin. Yeah. And they figured out how to use it on syphilis, I think. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. <clears throat> Single injection of long-acting act- ben- benzathine penicillin G can cure the early stages of syphilis. This includes primary, secondary, and latent syphilis. CDC recommends three doses of long-acting benzathine penicillin G at weekly interviews for the latent syphilis or latent syphilis of unknown duration. So, yeah, penicillin. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a horrible one, though, man. Yeah. Do you know that's where the term bigwig came from? Did you know that? Mm-mm. Sorry to bring this up again, folks, if you heard me talk about it before. There was these uh, brothers or uh, these royal people in, uh, I believe it was France, and they had syphilis, and they were losing their fucking hair because, like, syphilis makes your hair fall out in clumps, and you have, like, big raw patches of fucking meat on your head. And so these guys started wearing wigs. And so the richer you were, the more wig you had. So you became a bigwig. So these really wealthy guys had these extravagant, crazy wigs, and that's how they would floss. And everybody had fucking syphilis, because all those people back then were having orgies. If you had syphilis, I had syphilis. He has syphilis. Everybody's fucking everybody. Dude, how cool would it be if it was if it was okay for men to wear wigs? That would be <laughs> fucking so cool. Look what they look like. Like if you got like girls were attracted to dudes with wigs. You know what I mean? Like if you didn't have a wig, you had shitty wigs. You got shitty chicks. You know what I mean? Like the better your wig was. Could you imagine? Remember that John Saxon back? wig? Remember from Enter the Dragon, John oh, Saxon? Yeah. 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 I was talking about that on my podcast the other day. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was some, uh, you know, preposterous wigs throughout history, but nothing like back then because everybody knew it was a wig. Like people have had hair pieces, but hair pieces are kind of a lie. Like you're pretending it's your piece. It's yeah. pre- pretending it's your hair, but it's it's like this cleverly glued on wig. Yeah. But that's not a lie. Like everybody knew it was a wig, and everybody knew that everybody else bought one too. You know, who's pulling it off the wigs is Maynard. He wears wigs, and it's cool because it's like part of his pussifer like right. kind of persona. There's a lot of like sketch comedy, so like yeah. he pulled it off. He could wear a wig, and he looks cool with wigs. Yeah, he could pull it off, and that'd be a good move for him to go places too. Yeah. Just wear a wig. Yeah. God, bring wigs back. <laughs> that would be so fucking Find cool. Find some images oh of what, my God. Of what we're, so the time cool. period that we're talking about. Where I would get an Edgar. Wearing wigs. You, know those, you know those Edgar cuts? So look at that. That's what they would wear, Eddie. Look how wild that is. Hell yeah. They were like rock stars. They look like winger. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, they, look at he had a hole in his face from syphilis. These people had holes in their faces, Eddie. Damn. I mean, the, the images of people cool dying from ever. syphilis. Go to images of people dying from syphilis. Bring back wigs. Syphilis wig. The images of these fucking people that uh, have like giant holes in their heads. Like look at that guy up there with the mustache. 
That one right there. Look at his fucking head, dude. Oh, shit. That's syphilis. It's like eating his scalp apart, right down into his fucking brain. It that, looks fake, though, doesn't it? Doesn't it look like like one of those bald wigs? Like he's got a bald wig on? Bro, it's, it's real. That's, that's okay. what would happen to people. Their faces would fall off. They would Damn. lose their nose and shit. Look at that. Jesus Christ, that lady's rotten apart. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. That's in 1910. Oh, my God. Look at her face. That is a crazy photograph. Holy shit, man. You see her cheekbone. Look at her cheekbone. That is fucking wild. That's a scary-ass disease. Oh, look at oh, that kid's face. Shit. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. I feel like this one. It's fake? I don't know. What's the X through it? I'm trying to find that out. It almost looked like it was like a, a Hollywood makeup zombie photo and just got filtered out. Oh, my more, God. But, but that child with his yeah. fucking teeth. Oh, my God. That's horrific. Just his poor face is rotting off. What if What if it was like some kind of medical experiment where they shot people up and then they just blamed it on pussy? I can't believe you're going to a conspiracy. <laughs> even on dude, I don't list. trust shit, dude. I don't trust. I look at anything, any old history, and I'm like, are these, are, is that fake? Is that real? I don't know. It's a real disease. Or, or, or maybe it's a real disease, but maybe the government caused it, mm. and and they're blaming it on pussy. Okay, well, where where do they think syphilis came from? What I was the know. first I, ever I'm just talking shit. I don't I know, know nothing. I, know I don't know nothing. But what are the first, let's find out, what's the first ever case of syphilis, if you had a guess, that, like diagnosed people having syphilis? 1892. Well, they had it way earlier than that, because those people with the big wigs, that was in oh, what shit, year that's was right. that? that? That looked like 16... 87. <laughs> Further back. Further back? Damn. 1500? No, yeah. It, it, that article said that uh, ravaged uh, Europe worse than, or it was like the next worst thing after the Black Death in 1580. STD. 1580. That's right around. 1580. Everybody got killed from fucking. That's real. That's uh, terrifying, dude. What? You imagine? Because everyone's going to keep fucking. They get horny. They're gross. Yeah. People are gross. They're going to find a way to fuck, even if it's <laughs> killing people. 1400, 1494, oh, Naples. What a way to oh, go, shit. too. Your face just falls apart. Your nose falls off. Fuck. And you can't stand that hmm. chick no more. It so wasn't <laughs> worth it. You're like, damn. I hate that chick. Interesting. Check this out. So this has <laughs> a theory. Not, you're like, what did I do? It's a theory that Columbus brought it back from America. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Of course he did. And that's the first, cause that's the first time they have... Uh, like two years after he returned. <gasps> no wonder well, no, they gave him smallpox. Just a theory, just a theory, but... Oh, it's a good theory. I yeah. like that theory. Let's run with it. The origin <laughs> of syphilis is disputed. Syphilis was present in the Americas before European contact. Indians were getting it. Yup. May have been carried from the Americans to Europe by returning crewmen from Christopher Columbus's voyage to America. Of course. Or it may have existed in Europe previously but gone unrecognized until shortly after Columbus's return. Huh. This is why they took down all those buildings to hide it. <laughs> it makes sense that it was already here. You know, we were, we've been we've been having orgies in castles for millennia. They probably had all sorts of kind of uh, different strains of syphilis. <laughs> Crazy shit. Wow, we should wrap this up. It's already we've been doing it like three hours. Can I plug us. my book real yes. quick? Well, it's not my book. Um, one of my students, Zach Moore. He's he's um. He's written other stuff too. Uh, he wrote a a book about 
my musical journey and how it uh, turned into jujitsu. Mm. And a big part of that is James Watson, my best friend growing up. You know, the story of him moving from Arkansas to, to Hollywood and, and, or to L.A. in 86. I, he puts an ad out in, in the recycler, guitar player into Slayer, Destruction, and Razor looking for a band. I'm 16 years old. I answer the recycler ad. And then that was it. We, we moved to Hollywood. We followed our rock star dreams. And he was the one who told me the, about the UFC. He's the one that's—because uh, UFC 1 came out, and we were big boxing fans. We watched every pay-per-view, every Mike Tyson. Tuesday Night Fights and ABC Wide World Sports. We were boxing fanatics. And then we see a, a commercial about UFC 1. They, it was the first one, so they didn't have any B-roll. And to me, I looked at that. I'm like, this is probably going to be like WWF. It's going to be like wrestling. This ain't going to be real. Like the yeah. first commercial of the UFC, dude, it's, 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 like high, it's like a high school production. Yeah. And um, so we miss UFC 1. And then he comes, he, he comes up. We're living together. He shows up and he says, dude, I was at Guitar Center. And someone said that Ultimate Challenge shit was real. It was real. I go, it was real? He goes, yeah, it was a bunch of different styles and they all fought each other. I'm like, what? And I was doing karate at the time. I go, was there a karate guy? He said, yeah, but they all lost to this one, uh, this Iranian guy, I think. It was, and he was just choking everybody. He was just grabbing everybody by the trachea. I go, what? The karate guy, too? He goes, yeah. James was telling me this. He Because he just mixed up the story. He goes, yeah, he choked everybody out. Yeah. So I guess he was just, I go, karate, go, fuck. So then when UFC 2, uh, UFC two was going to come out, I'm like, Tape that shit. So uh, his girlfriend had a cable. This was 1994, and she taped it. And then he left the tape um, on, by my door in our apartment. And man, UFC fucking two. That was the only 16 man tournament at that point because there were eight man tournaments, but UFC two was 16 man tournaments. So Hoist fought four times. And I couldn't stand Hoist. <laughs> He's beating my karate guys, Minoki Ichihara. Oh, damn. He beat uh, Jason Delucia. I'm like, ah, I was like all about karate. And I hated him. But by the time he got to the finals and he went against Pat Smith, Dude, I was sold. I go, dude, I got to do this shit. I got to do this shit. And then he beats him. It was um, amazing. It was, yeah. People yeah. don't appreciate how revolutionary that moment was yeah. for martial arts. Yeah. Because you and I had both practiced martial arts before that. Like, we did different stuff. But we had both done some martial arts. Yeah. And we all had an idea how a fight would go down. Yeah. And then you see that, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm so yeah. wrong. Oh, my God. I was... I I couldn't stand Hoist for those first three fights. You, talk, you also realize like this that was the first time I ever saw a martial art that worked as advertised. Because yeah. every martial art was supposed to be a smaller, skilled man can beat a larger, more powerful attacker. Yeah. But you never saw that. You big guys always beat the fuck out of small guys in a, like, yeah. a fist fight. Yeah. But then all of a sudden there's this dude who's doing something with technique that's allowing a 175-pound man to kill everybody. Like, this is wild. It was wild to see, man. Revolutionary for us. Yeah, Yeah, so uh, James was a big part of, like, my evolution and the story of jiu-jitsu. So the book is called Mastering the Metal. It's available for pre-order now on Amazon. And it actually comes out uh, probably February. But um, it's pretty much done. And uh, I got a new podcast on Rockfin called Look Into It. <laughs> dude, on Rockfin, dude, crazy. I go off, dude. We nice. can say anything on Rockfin, dog. I don't say shit on YouTube. YouTube, I know if I say anything, yeah. if I say election fraud, they're going to fucking give me a strike or something. So I keep YouTube clean. 
I just, it's all business. It's all 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. Let's just keep it all business. But Rockfin. You go, like, dude, you go hard with the conspiracy. Dude, everybody that it, at the top of Rockfin, fucking awesome people, fully red-pilled. And not red-pilled like Republican, red-pilled like Matrix, you know, awake. All the guys at the top, they, they, I can say, they've never told me not to say shit. They never beautiful. censored me. So beautiful. it's a beautiful thing. So that's on Rockfin, yeah. and uh, you are, you're on Instagram, and that's what you use mostly, right? Uh, yeah, I cut my Twitter out. I cut my Facebook out. I'm just on Instagram, at Eddie Bravo, 10P, but I'm super shadow banned, so it's very hard to find me, and I can't add anybody. I can't add anybody. I had 750,000 followers a year ago. I have 630 now. They keep deleting my shit. Really? Yeah, and dude, now they make it so I can't, I can't, I usually, if I see a cool video, I'll go, let me take that link and make a video out of it now they won't give me the link now now really? yeah they got me in some chat though dude everyone tells me all the time dude i can't find you i'm trying i never see your feed they always say i never see your feed so uh i'm i'll probably get deleted from instagram pretty soon I'll, they'll probably just cut me loose wow because i'm on my stories i'm always posting um truth <laughs> You're the man, Eddie. We're going to have some fun tonight, too. We're going to Vulcan tonight. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm going to talk about cow farts. <laughs> All right, All right man. brother. I love, love you. you. See you. Bye, everybody.